All right, duck. What are you doing? Hey, old shug. Where are you going? Who's that lad? Who's that lad? Voice notes, lad. Voice notes, lad. It's Liam. Hi there guys, welcome to another episode of the Voice Notes podcast presented by me, your host, Liam South. How's it going guys? Hope you're all well. Um, This is the first part of a two-part episode, um, a compilation of the best of the guests podcast. You guessed it, it's a compilation of the best of the guests uh, we've had on this year on the podcast. Had some really, um, really grateful for all the guests we've had this we've had this year i think um done quite well to get um a few of these people on well just any of them on actually just um really giving up their time and you know coming on the podcast and being really forthcoming and being able to chat about um various things so really interesting set of guests so i'm really looking forward to sort of you know bringing these back a bit of a throwback and also you know may catch something that you didn't quite catch the first time around so it'll be good for you guys um as well as for me so but part one is uh, ladies first, so we're going to have the girls on, um, the female po- the female um, guests we had this year, featuring Georgina Wilding, my good friend Gabby Kenny, and Emily Catherine also. So really, really enjoyed these guys um, coming on. They were just really, like I said, like all guests were, they were really forthcoming about what we can and cannot speak, speak about. Nothing was really off the cards um, with regards to these girls, like they were just fantastic, really fun to be around. And, you know, even though Gabby was over zoom or over the phone, even, um, just we, we were very good friends. So hopefully that sort of translated, um, whilst you guys were listening, um, Georgina and Emily as well, they came over my house where I was living at the time, did it in my kitchen, the studio. So it was, um, but yeah, it was, it was really, really good to, you know, chat to those guys and, you know, their interesting careers as well. Like Georgina's a poet laureate and um, Emily is a illustrator slash muralist. So, you know, two professions you don't hear about on a daily basis. So really, really interesting. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys can, um, uh, you know, well, gives you a chance to revisit and just have a nice time of it. It's, I think they're just really nice, easy listens, really, um, uh, I really enjoyed doing every single one of them. So, uh, not that I've mentioned that before, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, um, uh, the first episode, the first um, uh, compilation, the first revisiting episode I will give you is with Poet Laureate, Nottingham's first young Poet Laureate, Georgina Wilding. <laughs> it's a great pleasure to introduce my next guest. She is Nottingham's first young Poet Laureate, founding editor of Mud Press, this podcast's first official female guest straight out of Arnold Nottingham. Georgina Wilding, welcome to the Voice Notes podcast. Woo-hoo. How are you doing? How's it? Like, thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. Pleasure. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's been it's, it's like because we've been it's been like a bit of a long process because I messaged you I don't know how it's been like ages ago and then like because it's always in like because if say if you don't follow anyone on Instagram, yes, it's in those little DMs where yes. like it's saved for kind of sex workers and stuff. Yeah. It's like you know yes. you want you want this dick. So, <laughs> so I thought like but because I I only clocked that once I messaged you. And I thought like she's just gonna think I'm another fucking pervert. Like, <laughs> just like just thinking just fuck's sake. But no, once I went into that inbox and saw yours, I was like, okay, this is a normal person. I get so many of those weird spam accounts that are like. 
please DM so and so to sponsor, no, to be a brand ambassador. Yeah. And it's like random like <laughs> clothing lines or like just weird shops. I've I've gotten that quite a lot recently. Like, just oh, we're looking for brand ambassadors <laughs> for, uh, you know, mainly forex traders. Yeah. And um, just like people who like, coffee ambassadors and all that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Forex. You get like a discount, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I thought like because kind of eyes open like oh my god for the podcast <laughs> but then I think like that's oh, a scam it's ridiculous it's just it's just low shit. So disappointing. But no, welcome to welcome to the podcast. Yeah, but Nottingham's first young um, poet laureate. Like yeah. obviously. Congratulations! That's been a while, but yeah, <laughs> it's it like was a joy. but yeah, no, it's uh, having a like poetry. So like, mm. wagwan, what's going, what's, it, what's going on? Like, <laughs> the big question poetry. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let's smash it. Poetry. What's going on? Oh my God, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot my anthology book from uh, from secondary school. Oh, that was damn. that was. Um, did you ever have a? Because everyone seemed to hated those. Yes. In school. AQA wasn't it? AQA, yeah. yeah. And anthology was like Simon Armitage, Caroline Duffy, yeah. all those guys. The greats. The greats. Uh, was it Jonathan Agard as well? Yeah. Jonathan Agard, yeah. Yes. So um, he was. We actually saw a live. But we did anthology live <gasps> at the Cambridge Corn Exchange. We were in school. Yeah. And it was like Jonathan Agard, Caroline Duffy. She was pissed. She's amazing. She didn't give a. But she was pissed. She's as a like player. that level of talent. She yeah. doesn't have to yeah. guide to any rules. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> In right. my opinion, anyway, I'm not saying she said that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? A couple of years ago, I got an email from this bookshop, and I, I'm going to forget where it is. But it begins with L, and it's near us. It's not Leicester. It's like hmm. Lenton. Oh, no, not Lenton. <laughs> no, Lenton. Yeah, there's a lot of coming out of Lenton. Yeah, yeah. But um, they said, oh. Like we we know of you, um, we've got an opportunity to put you away. Mm. Caroline Duffy is doing her um, tour. Yeah, it's called the Shore to Shore tour of the UK. She's performing here, and her people have asked for a support act, and we've put you forward. Oh wow, that's so cool. That's sick. I got to perform with not only Caroline Duffy. Yeah. But Jackie Kay. Yeah. Gillian Clark. I'm nodding like I know these people, yeah. Sick, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackie, Jackie Kate. Basically, anthology. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was just, it was the most mind-boggling experience because they're people, like you say, you've read and studied in, mm. at, back at GCSE or even yeah. before that, and then suddenly you're on a stage with them. And how old were you then? How old were you when that happened? God, I must have been maybe like 20... Six, twenty-seven. Yeah, so a couple of years ago. So, was, yeah, yeah. Was that the first kind of big time when you thought like, wow, this is like sort of pinch me moment? Yes, I think so. I think in terms of like who I've been booked against. I've been, you know what, I've been fortunate enough to be booked against some pretty sick names. Yeah. Um, and so I, you, can, you kind of try not to take it for granted, but when it starts to become a part of your career, you're sort of like buzzing. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. And you enjoy it and you feel mm. proud of it, but that was a moment that was like Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. These are like the people that you aspire to write. Like. There's still like you've still got to kind of keep a professional head on, but there's yeah. still that little kind of girl like that's still, that's little like kind of oh my god, this is like this yeah. is this is Caroline Duffy. This is you know absolutely. This is this Jackie, is the one. After I performed, Jackie Kay was like, oh, um, what was the title of that one poem where you mentioned this, that, and the other? And I said, oh, it, uh, it was called Perspectives. And she sort of went quiet. She nodded, and then she said, "Very good." Oh wow! Like, yeah, Yo! you must have felt ten foot, t- <laughs> yeah. ten foot tall after that. You kind of like, really thanks, then, not a big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah. Put it on my bio, like. 
bragging about Text it, all your friends. Text, it text your parents. Like, yeah, she said it was good. She said it was pretty good. made it. Fuck all the public shit. This is all She said it was sick. Fuck you. Just call everyone who never doubted you. Like, fuck Yeah, it was. It was really one of those moments. But when was, like, poetry sort of, because it's never really, because I remember when when I was in school, it was always when we were kind of learning about poetry, someone like men utters the word poetry. Yeah. It's always greeted with like a sigh, like, oh, like groans. I've experienced it. Like, what was the, like, what made it kind of, because I always appreciated it, but I didn't appreciate it enough to really like just yeah. really want it because it was just always a kind of compulsory thing. Yeah. Um, I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't sit and lie to you. I think I had always had a passion for poetry. But, um, but it was, well, yeah. But so. what was the thing that sort of caught like your attention and thought like, I could, I really like, I, I loved, I loved it. I loved doing this. I love writing my own yeah. poems. And like, when did you realize like, these poems are actually quite good. Like, yeah. I'm actually pretty good at this. Well, those two moments were definitely worlds apart, I tell you, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so, when I was at school, same as you, like, I, I wasn't particularly obsessed with poetry in any way. I do mm. remember a particular poem that st- stands out to studying. Um, I can't even remember what it was called now, but it was comparing, it was about the war, and it was comparing vultures to the people that have to work in, like, the concentration camps. Mm. And how bizarre it is that, for example, the vultures going around and picking dead bodies and like surrounded by death, and then it comes home and cradles its babies. And the comparison was the people that are you know policing these Nazi camps going home and picking up a bag of sweets for their kid on the way home. Yeah, yeah, like it's part of the day job. Yeah. 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 So that memory really sticks out for me. But I in school enjoyed English and enjoyed creative writing mm. so whenever the teacher would be like right we've got a session today we want you to I don't know, describe your house or whatever I loved it really yeah. really enjoyed it but never made the connection at all I mm. actually went to uni first time round in uh, what 2010-2011 to do forensic science wow I know I've right. done it as an A level loved it big U-turn yeah, <laughs> yeah. fucking huge huge U-turn <laughs> but you know You'd be surprised some of the similarities, I'll tell you that. Hey. Um, but yes, yeah, so I went to do forensic science, and whilst so I went to Liverpool, um, which, it was which yes, one? John Wallace. There's about 10. <laughs> I remember like looking at the options for Liverpool, I was like, Plastic, yeah, yeah, there's so many. So I've got family there, and I was thinking like I could go there and like just ah, live with like because my mum's from Liverpool, sick city. So, oh yeah. my god, yeah, so yeah, you just, just get to run free over there, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, so yeah. jealous. Mm. I adore it, it's like my favorite place when I. So I did my first year there and realised, okay, this I can't do it, this isn't for me. I was like really struggling mm. in the forensics side of things, which is like the policing, the evidence, how you collect mm. evidence, blood spatter, I was getting like 70%. Yeah. But in the actual science, like biochemistry, I was getting like 41%. So the practical, you were blood like yeah. smashing it and then the, the theory yes, was just a bit the like scientific yeah, yeah. knowledge and anything yeah. to do with math I was absolutely terrible yeah um, and so whilst I was there do you know obviously I don't know I'm saying do you know everybody knows the Cavern Club yes yeah yeah right so Liverpool's got a history of amazing spoken word poets beat poets mm. um, so there's kind of like a bit of a thriving scene there anyway um, and we we sort of rolled into this Cavern Club one night and there were people there that were doing spoken word mm-hmm. and I'd not really come across it before but I thought this is sick oh my god and I really enjoyed it didn't think anything of it again and then a friend bought me an anthology as a present um, by Laura Dockwell it's called Mistakes in the Background mm-hmm. and I loved it and I was like do you know what I would really really love to do 
something with like poetry this, and yeah. writing. Anyway, the year went on and I decided that's it, I've got to drop out. But I was first of my family to go to uni. So I was like, I really can't fuck this up. Same here. Right? Yeah. The pressure. Well done us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheers to us. Yeah, yeah. Cheers to us. Fucking brain box over here, yeah. <laughs> oh no, my god. No, it's a big feat though, because yeah, there's a lot of pressure to and I don't know about you, but I didn't even think about going to uni until I was doing my A levels. Neither did I. I I purely did I'm not not sure about you, but I purely did it because I didn't want to miss out. Mm. I was kind of sick and tired of where I was living, where mm. I'm from. Because it's like just it's like it's Cambridgeshire, so it's like the countryside. Yeah. So it's quite like I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Fens. It's quite a flat place, mm-hmm. and it's just really it can become quite isolating and quite mm-hmm. if you're just not like I don't know. It's just you're kind of desperate for more, yeah. and that's why I wanted to move away and like because I got kicked out of because we mentioned before I got kicked out of sixth form in the <laughs> first year, and then I went to a vocational college yeah. to do radio. Mm-hmm. I've sorry, I've, hij- I've hijacked this, but, no, <laughs> but like, I went, then I went to did radio for two years, yeah. and then in the last year of that radio course, my mates were starting to go to university, and wow. I thought like, I saw how much of a good time they were having, and yes. I was like, I want a bit of that. Yes. I don't really, I didn't really know what I was going to, I thought, I'll yeah. just do radio. Yeah. But I just, I didn't go for like, I went for the wrong reasons, pretty much. <laughs> like, I just. I think a lot of people do. That's yeah. how you fall on your feet for the most part, isn't it? Yeah. You get enticed in and then you come out with a, a degree and an amazing kind of, you know, tool just ex- to be about. Just experience as well. You've like, not only for the educational part, but like, you've always got that in your back, your back pocket. Yeah. But just life experience as well. Oh my God, 100%. It changed yeah. me, definitely. Like, you get definitely. to, you, you're living away from home, like, yeah. you're fending for yourself. New people, new exactly. Practice. Yeah. It, it all counts, it really does. I don't think I'd have, I don't think I'd have come on as much in my life. Mm. I don't know, I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm putting people down that haven't been to uni because that's not the case at all. But from, from my background, you know, first one to go to uni, everyone had pretty much lived in the same little town. Mm. You know, I think going to uni for me just expanded my thinking. Yeah. I went with some ideas that were challenged, you know. And yeah, came exactly. out, I think, better for it. I think it reiterates as well, like, the importance of, like, getting out of where you're from. Yeah. Just not forever, but just for a certain period of time. Yeah. Because I think that did, like... Even though I went to Staffordshire in Stoke, which is not like the, no offence to people from Stoke, but it's, just, it's not like the greatest place in the world. But like, it was like, it was a shithole, but it was our shithole. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. Tribal. Yeah, for like you, for Liverpool, like Liverpool's a, like, a really cosmopolitan city now. So yeah. it's like, um, it's just, I don't know, I just reiterated that for me because I look at certain people when I go back home yeah. and they've, ne- and they're happy. They're perfectly happy. Like, I don't want to knock anyone, but mm-hmm. I always look, I always think like, just people I went to school with. Mm-hmm. I remember because there's a there's a pub called the Townhouse mm-hmm. where everyone goes in our local town yeah. on a Friday night, yeah. and it's literally like a school reunion every yeah, single time. And it. it's like everyone's like, "Oh, how's, how's it going?" I remember like I remember going there one night, and everyone was saying, like, "I heard you doing radio." I was like, "I'm only like doing uni. Like, oh. I'm not like on radio one mate. Like it was, oh. but it was like everyone. And I thought like uh, that. I'm not gonna say like it had a profound effect on me. It's like they're impressed by that. Like I'm only at uni, yeah. and I was like. And I'm I'm thinking like would I be like that as well because yeah but it like we were saying earlier it depends on like what you want like what you Definitely. want like in, like fulfillment because yeah like what's your idea of success might not be someone else exactly yeah. but having these experiences where you come out of what is your norm definitely opens your world up mm. and kind of like opens you up to what's possible as well exactly it? yeah because I'm not being funny but like at school 
or like my family, none of them would have said, oh, do you know you could have a career as a poet? Yeah. <laughs> career, career, our career advisor was, it was either, it was like mechanics or like, if you're, if you're a girl, nursing. Yeah. If you're oh a girl, it was God, only nursing. I, was, I remember yeah, thinking like, yeah. so, so, you couldn't say like, I actually really want to be a um, uh, scientist. I really want to be like criminologist. It's like, yeah. oh, I've got some really good um, leaflets on nursing. <laughs> but actually, we've got some, yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. What was that career advisor? It was just this woman who was being like, Incredibly enthusiastic yeah. about shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, I remember, so like, nice. you're a careers advisor and you're like, I suppose it's a tough gig looking back. Oh like, my God, just look at, like, I would, I would be a bit, because you have to, especially with teenagers, yes, like girls and boys, you, you, you're, you've got a tough, you've got a tough crowd anyway, and everyone's just like, oh, this is shit, this is go, this is, yeah. this is, this, this, that, and the other. So it's a bit of a tough looking back, you know. Yeah. Shout out to the career advisors, yeah. <laughs> but like yeah, at the same time, had to same time, yeah, you know, <laughs> just think of something more than like a kid, like a year group full of like two hundred kids, like either nursing or mechanics. Yeah, <laughs> there are two routes and two routes only. It was like yeah. the nineteen fifties. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's changed. I hope it has. I hope it has. Yeah. Whenever I teach in schools, I always say like I list the jobs that I've had as a poet and list the yeah. things that I've done and then say to them, so if you enjoy this, mm. there are so many career opportunities mm. for you. You just have to go out and find them. They're yeah. not brought to you. Yeah, yeah. you have to, um, you've, you've still got to work for it. Like say, mm. well, you said, you mentioned creative writing. You loved creative writing. Exactly. And that's sort of like giving you this, this sort of platform in yeah, the end, isn't it? So definitely. That's 100% that's where the seed started, yeah. Mm. But so when I decided I was dropping out of uni, I knew that it wouldn't be to not get a degree because I was sort of like I just felt like I had something to prove even if it was just to myself like you know all right I had a bit of a rough start growing up or whatever and but I can do it like it doesn't mean it's yeah. not for me mm. so when I decided to leave I came back to Nottingham and I was like right I've done John Moore's I'm going to see if I can go to a red brick yeah see if I can get in because you know what it's like this yeah, prestigious yeah, yeah. kind of vibe about them and people think they're a little bit kind of gatekeepery so I thought fuck it I'm gonna see if I can get through the gate yeah. <laughs> and um smash the gate open yeah exactly so um I was at college I went back to college to do another A level because I thought to get into a red brick I'm gonna need more than what I've got mm. and whilst I was there a tutor directed me to this group he's like oh if you enjoy writing and you're thinking of going to uni for creative writing which mm. is what I, I went to second time around you should join this collective. They're called the Mouthy Poets. They meet every Friday and not in Playhouse. They put on two shows a year. Mm-hmm. And not only do you get a space to write, but you've also got education. They teach you and, you know, you get different shoes in. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go. <laughs> and literally session one, I was like, oh my God, this Hooked. is it. Yeah, yeah. this is it. Hooked. I was terrible. Everything I wrote rhymed because I didn't know how to do anything else. <laughs> so, like, I look back and it's so embarrassing. But it's the journey we all go on. Yeah. Um, it was but, like the, the first is the worst all the yes, time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Yeah. Is the exactly. Yeah. To live by, yeah. Just listen back to the first podcast of this. <laughs> <laughs> Just, and yeah, that's... Uh, oh, we've all been there. should change the episode to that. <laughs> the title to that. The, ep- the episode is called Staggered Intro. <laughs> oh, so I knew it was going to be shit, but yeah. yeah. Just, but the, yeah, the first time... Up. The first time you ever do is anything, but like you had that sort of like... That's when it sort of clicked almost. Yeah, 100%. Because, because the people in the group had completely varying 
levels of like talent and developed writing and also like so such different voices yeah you had people that were writing stuff that was very spoken word performance they were writing in metaphor and images that you could get in a second because you were yeah. saying it in that second you know people had to get it and land and run with you and mm. follow you through this journey and then you had other people that were writing really short meticulous um, knife edge sharp pieces of page poetry that, that mm. you could stay with, with the image and absorb it and think Jesus how the hell did they come up with that and yeah. and also like you're working with um, the layout of poetry which is something that I'd never even considered and people were saying oh yeah, I suppose this is so, a past yeah. poem so I've done really choppy lines and it's just it's a whole kind of world opening up and it was great for me because it had the rules and the kind of direction and guidance to follow much like forensic science had it was like if you want to do this here's a formula to do it yeah but equally it had that rule breaking aspect Mm. of the arts and of creativity and creative writing so it was a perfect kind of marrying of going all right if i want to learn to write a a sonnet here's the rules to do it but you can't just rely on that yeah have your creativity to plug it together because a sonnet is completely different to like say just a standard like yeah. regular poem yeah, like I remember because re- remember reading sonnets like in, in the anthology like yeah. this is like I can't remember it was like sonnet 141 or something like that yeah Shakespeare. Shakespeare that's the one yeah, 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 yeah. so <laughs> see <laughs> it did stick <laughs> if one of my teachers are listening it did stick yeah. <laughs> but um, that was like completely because that was with the style of it was kind of like boxed in yeah. almost because when you look at it it kind of looks intimidating to read almost because yeah. it's just like you know a single a single column like mm-hmm. just like one thing there yeah Whereas everything else, like say if you're reading Simon Armitage, I remember like I really liked his poems because yes. it was just very like, and he was great in the live reading as well. Yeah, because he was I just I remember he like He's sassy, he made a reference to like um something like vodka and like in a shower yeah. with a girl or something. Yeah, yeah. It was just because, and then everyone was like, and he was like, <laughs> he knows how to live. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was um yeah like sonnets. Where was it? What was I saying? Like sonnets just looked intimidating, and I yeah. suppose if you're writing one as like from. The, from your standpoint at that time, you're yes. like, this, yeah. Like, it feels formal. It does. Yeah, yeah. And you, using the description box yeah. is right because there's a discussion around like when to use form and when not to use form because it does box you in. Mm. And that's great if you've got like an idea that you're struggling to execute. People say force it through a form yeah. and see what happens because quite often you would have to condense your idea or if you're using a rhyme scheme you'll have to try and get it to, to rhyme so you use words that you wouldn't normally use and kind of something new is born that you wouldn't have thought of mm. however the other argument is is you're not free to express yourself in the way that you want to yeah. because you've got to adhere to those rules yeah. so you kind of pick and choose like a form or free verse or whatever depending on what you're trying to do so there's a real doing. method to the whole like well, the structure of it, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I personally don't really enjoy form. Um, it's not something I write in very much. Mm. I've tried um, multiple different... There's a form called a villanelle, which is like... I couldn't even explain to you the rules of how you do it. Cause a, I vill- a villanelle? Yes. Is that the cat? Is that yes. the name of uh, your one from Killing Eve? Killing Eve, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is all the more. Villanelle, yeah. I loved her. Yeah, yeah. Badass bitch from badass form. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch? You watched that, obviously. I, yes. I didn't. I didn't. I never finished that. I watched the, the bit where you can spoil it if you like. I'm not. I'm, no, I won't, I won't. But like, I watched. I but I watched the bit because I loved the first season. Yeah. Do you know what I loved? I loved the chase. I loved yes. the chase because the mystery of her, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is like because Eve, the character, was brilliant. And like, the, who's the bloke from? 
Oh, he got man. stabbed in the nightclub. Oh, what was his name? Bald fellow with a moustache. Yeah. He was in four weddings. Oh, God damn it. Bernard in four weddings, but okay, like, yeah. he was, call him Bernard. But he yeah. was, I remember he got stabbed and she like looked and she looked like, they made eye contact. I was like, fuck, this is fucking. Oh, I know. But, that, I the, but the chase, and I was almost disappointed when yeah. she was found. I was like, fuck. I was and like, do you know how that season ended? The first season? Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I, I, I came up to, I think I finished the second season because yeah. they were in Russia yes. and she was in Russian jail yeah. and then she had a kind of hoo-ha and stuff and she was, I, I'm trying to, it's all mixed up. You know I, she met her mum and she went to live at her mum's house? No. You didn't get that far? I didn't get that far. Okay. I, she, I I, she, met, she met um, uh, Howard Moon from, uh, she stayed in his house. Remember the weird guy in the, so- yes. the shopping centre, the shopping yes, market? Yes, yes, yes. And you know what yeah, happened yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So, yeah, she, yeah, it was like... <laughs> you got it to the end, definitely. I just think it must be still on iPlayer, player, mustn't it? Yeah, oh my yeah, God, yeah, surely. Yeah, 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 surely. But that was... It's on Netflix as well, you know. Everything else. Yeah, it's probably like on my fucking list. Like, it's, just, yeah. it's literally like the list is never ending. I was saying to people at work the other day, like, spend half the time fucking looking for something. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it's like, no, no, no. no so I might be able to try something new. Now no, I'll watch, watch again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that meme of that girl. I was like, nah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, the comfort of rewatching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm like the king of I feel like I'm the king of rewatching stuff, but I just I've just rewatched all this bit. You know what I'm rewatching at the minute? Game of Thrones. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. I watched that I rewatched that at the start of the first lockdown. Yeah. The first, the original start lockdown. The original lockdown. The yeah. OG. Yeah, the OG, yeah. <laughs> when everyone was just kind of confused, like everyone thought the army was gonna be on the fucking streets. That was a mad time. What is what like as a creative and mm-hmm. someone who's worked who works in the arts and very active in the arts, like mm-hmm. what was that like that whole time period be, for you because for a lot of people like just in regular circumstances that it's very like it was just, just a scary situation like yeah. uh, you know uh, my situation I was put on third I was made redundant mm-hmm. and like but there was always like every now and again like people talking about the arts and like so I've got yeah. friends who have um who are, uh, who are aspiring actors mm-hmm. and my, my friend we spoke about earlier his brother is um an aspiring actor as well mm-hmm. like that must have been and they're sort of like airing their grievances on Instagram and oh stuff like that. Yeah. For someone who's actively in the creative arts, like mm-hmm. how mad was that? Like, was that kind of, because I know you mentioned yeah. your schedule before COVID. It's really weird referring to time as before COVID. Because <laughs> oh, no. it just feels like a world away now. Does yeah. it feel like a weird life that we used to live? But yeah. like, it, 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 you reminisce about lockdown one. It feels like a kind of, I feel like a nostalgic old man talking about like our life before. Yeah. This is going to be us when we're old. You yeah, know, yeah. Our parents are like, when I walked to school, I had yeah. one shoe and it yeah. took me 20 hours. Yeah, and it costs We're going to be like, you fishing... don't know what it is to be bored. Do you know what I mean? Lockdown. Add fish and chip, it costs 20 pence, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's going to yeah. be us. No, it was, a, it was a horrible time. I'm freelance as well. So I yeah, exactly. So that was that must have been like just terrifying for you. and like. You know what? Let me just say, right? So the start of that year, the start of 2020, yeah. January, mm-hmm. more or less, my partner, who I lived with of four years, broke up with me. Oh, shit, yeah. And it was really messy. Mm. We also, so I'm freelance, and one arm of my life is my corporate job, which I like to call it. Yeah. Because I'm a learning designer, which yeah. basically just means that I create learning assets online for mm-hmm. other companies, whatever, um, alongside all of my poetry and teaching, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so we worked at the same place. Which was great. Ah, uh, so it's always going to be a bit... Yeah. yeah. Luckily, we went in the same room, but I went through a phase of, like, if he came in my room, 
I would know that I was winning if I managed to not make eye contact with him. Yeah, it was yeah. So ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, so obviously I couldn't live with him anymore, and for one reason or another, I moved in with my auntie, uncle, and two cousins, and it was the best time ever. Yeah. It was great. I was still busy. You know, I was. At the time, I was still in my role as creative director of Nottingham Poetry Festival. Yes, so I've, I've buried that in the intro. I should have, no I should have mentioned time. it. Yeah, sorry. And that turns it on. The, they've <laughs> got a new director now, so. Oh, pff, yeah. they're probably shit. Turns on, <laughs> they're, <fine. laughs> they're probably shit, yeah. Um, so I was busy, and, uh, you know, as it was sort of January, February by this point, the festival was supposed to have been delivered May time. Mm. So we were really knee deep in figuring everything out and planning and booking and all that. Yeah. And then. So I was moving with my auntie and suddenly lockdown became more and more apparent that it was going to come. Yeah, yeah. So we were like the last business to shut down at, at my corporate job, BYG. Um, and it we thought like, oh, six weeks we'll be out, six weeks we'll be out. But then mm. people started to be laid off. And then I got called in and they basically said, we have to cut your hours. We're going to keep you on, but we have to cut your hours, your contracted hours. And it meant that I was 500 quid short a month, Duh. which was massive, right? Yeah. Then it becomes apparent that events can't go ahead. So poetry festival bosses were like, we can't deliver the festival, so it's cancelled. So that's my yearly wage from that job gone, <sighs> which is was around 10k. Yeah, that's massive. So in the space of a week, I was living, you know, living with my auntie. Mm. And I'd just lost 15k in the first month, not to mention all the commissions that I would normally be doing, exactly. the teaching, the gigs and little bars that you get paid for, yeah. all gone. So, and you know, living with my auntie was supposed to just be an interim before then moving and finding a flat and exactly, you know, yeah. picking it up. So suddenly mm. just everything was thrown upside down and it was mental. It really was. Oh, I'm not even... You're not even finished, aren't you? I'm slow. I'm going slowly. Sorry, I was offering a beer for the, for the people <laughs> yeah. who can't see. Drinking, drinking and drinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was really difficult. And then I decided that I was going to set up an online workshop, mm -hmm. which was pay what you could afford. Yep. So every Tuesday night, I'd do like a two-hour writing session for anyone who wanted to join and mm. put my PayPal up. And people were so generous. Like yeah. some people could only afford two pounds. Some people were giving me 20 pounds. That's brilliant. You know, That's great. Amazing. So that sort of kept the wolves from the door a little. And hats off to you for like thinking, like thinking on your feet right there as well, because yeah. that's, it's a massive blow. Like that's huge. Like, I kind of because like, obviously everyone's had the different like struggle, but that is, that's huge. And like to lose that amount of money, mm -hmm. like just, it is, it is kind of, what, like your world sort of it seemed like the sky is falling down definitely. again definitely and we didn't know when it was going to be over exactly yeah so, that was that was the first one like where everyone was because it did I remember you said well you just previously mentioned like people were starting getting laid off and it yeah. just seemed like a kind of it was like a slow tide coming yeah. towards everyone yeah because where I worked it was very because I remember the night before this was the last time I was in that office yeah I remember me and my mate who were there was like oh this might be the last time we're in the office and we were like <laughs> bollocks we'll be back yeah. in a couple of weeks and then we came back like a couple of weeks later i was put on furlough yeah but it was i remember like from then it just every single week because we had a company comms every single week like mm -hmm. each each week just like more negative more negative mm -hmm. more negative it was just like yeah. and like for you like yeah like world kind of collided and yeah the gravity kind of sets in doesn't it yeah and yeah as time went on 
yeah, we, I mean, at the corporate job, we thought, you know, six weeks out of office, yeah. what we imagined. Mm. No, obviously, here we are, mm. still here. We're sat, still on, we're, we're sat here in my kitchen table, my fucking <laughs> work monitors right here. Like, it's just... Yeah, that's what my house looks like too, don't worry. I shouldn't say the kitchen no, table, we're in the studio, we're in the studio. Yeah. No, <laughs> in yeah. the studio. We're a very professional, professional studio. soundproof, yes. at the range. Yeah. Not, not tinned at all, we're not a tin can, but... No, that's oh like, well, but hats off to you for being like thinking on your feet with that because um, I think it's, it, well, it shows resilience as well at the same time, but we kind of have to. It's it like, was blind panic. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> it's just, but there's loads of things that a lot of people have kind of been resilient throughout lockdown mm-hmm. because they've kind of had to, but yeah. there's a lot of people who haven't as well at the same time. But mm. the, the creative arts just did seem to be, I mean, the government neglected quite a lot. Oh, like they, you can't really, surprise. you know, and... But the creative arts just seemed to be like, like drop kicked off the roof almost. It was, um, it was, it was an infuriating time. Did you see that the, um, because they were so worried about students um, preparing for their exams, mm. they said that if, if schools want to take poetry off the GCSE exam curriculum, they can. Oh, shit. They made poetry optional. Fuck, It was man. infuriating. And it was about a lot of decision. And actually, by this time, it was, say, August. Yeah. And the Pofest bosses were like, we think we can put something on, mm. virtual, but like studio-based for the hosts. Yeah. Let's do it in November. You've got two months, off you go. <laughs> it was horrendous. It was the most stressful time of my life. But it was fueled by this passion and frustration to say poetry is not and should not be optional. Neither should creative writing, neither should art. They mm. are the only art forms that you're taught in school mm. where you're taught the skills how to think freely. Exactly, yeah. Everything. How many people do you hear in the corporate world say, ah, university students, man, they want everything handed to them on a plate, they need to be spoon-fed at the job. Mm. Right, okay, so then in school you're going to cut out the only subjects that encourage... um, Greater thinking. Being, uh, you know, going out on your own two feet, Mm. uh, you know, political or personal analysis of what's going on around mm. you okay so we're going to cut that but you're going to tell everyone the students don't know what the fuck they're doing and without that you wouldn't have had the sort of resilience to kind of go to the sort of the playhouse do what you did there and like when obviously the shit came down like yeah. you know put those creative workshops like via skype yeah. every week like without that you wouldn't have been able to do that like it's Definitely. just it's it opens like yeah, just well, it's this government in it. We can go on and go on, yeah. go on and on, on, on sort of thing. But that's a, yeah, it's a separate. It's, it's another issue. We we'll have to go to the bar for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. no, but like it's just it's it's funny how I'm I'm fascinated how like people like cope throughout lockdown because yeah. remember the first lockdown it was very like it was the unknown because yeah. me and obviously people know Connor from this podcast we were we were here on our own mm. like we're thinking because it was like. Because this time last year it was a heat wave, wasn't it? it was lovely. Yeah. We were just in the garden. Glorious. And we're just, no. we're kind of, we're sort of like, should we go outside? Should we go? Like, because we didn't move. No one, like, it's mad that we didn't. And it's quite mind boggling that, like, everyone did this, was in the same boat. Like, because yeah. you know, when people go through certain things in their life, if they've had a death in the family, if mm-hmm. they've, you know, gone through, you know, a breakup mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. lost a job, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Everyone was in this yeah. kind of together. Yeah. That, But everyone was in this together. But I think as a, country i don't think like i'm the i'm of the opinion that we didn't really stick together as a country i don't think like i'm of the i don't think like there's not there's nothing that really brings us together except yeah. football and a royal death yeah, yeah, yeah. um and 
this sort of notion of everyone saying like, oh yeah, we the spirit, the British spirit. It's like, fuck no, off, man. It was not. absolutely bollocks. I heard somebody say a great, great saying that I think is absolutely true. It's in terms of this last year anyway, but also many, many other things. Mm. Same storm, different boats. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, same song, so different true. boats. But everyone, like, in a time where, you know, we need to look out for each other and we need to do, you know, everything. But we, well, yeah, pretty much just look out for each other. I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and spin up. I haven't got a big enough vocabulary. Like, <laughs> but everyone just sort of, it was, everyone did the opposite. Yeah, well, look at the, the whole toilet roll flower pasta. It was like every man Oh, my out. days, yeah. yeah. Like, it was just... Disappointing, it brought it, out the worst. It really did. But we went to um, a test. We went to Tesco in Beeston, like mm-hmm. the big one. Mm-hmm. And that was fucking empties. That was, there was a, yeah. there was a, um, a fucking, the toilet roll section. Yeah. There was a bouncer. Yeah. And there was a, cordoned off, it was cordoned yeah. off. Because it's like one set per family or whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. It was, it was crazy just like walking around a, a massive like big superstore like that and it's literally empty. Yeah. Like literally. It was scary. It was apocalyptic. It was. It was. It was a bit like, <laughs> and I remember that because it was weird for us because we went to Germany a, a month before mm-hmm. and we went to this carnival and we were like mm-hmm. having a fucking great time. Yeah. And when we saw this lad at the airport wearing a mask and we were like, fucking hell, what's it? Was yeah. it's because I knew I know someone who's in who was in Vietnam. Yeah. Or she's still in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and you know I was saying I'll be careful out there because obviously you know proximity close proximity to China and yeah. she was saying like. Because she was doing a TEFL course, mm-hmm. and she's like saying, "Oh, we're not being, we, we can't teach the kids. They're they're cancelling because of COVID." Yeah, and we were like, "We're like, it's Cheltenham yeah. Festival today. Yeah. Like everyone's yeah. everyone's go- everyone's going down there, and like you know, Boris Johnson's rejecting to go to Cobra meetings." But oh, for God's sake, five, you're to five. Oh my God, triggered a nerve there. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, you can tell we've had a few. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell we've had a few. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, it was just like everything was. It seemed quite early because everyone's attitude was like, "No, nah, we'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be all right. We'll yeah. be fine." Yeah. It would just, you know, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be gone in a week. Mm-hmm. It'll be gone in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now look where we are. Like it's just, yeah. it's ridiculous. I did see um uh, a, a thing. It was a Guardian USA mm-hmm. article, and it was like it was, it was you know those things where it was, it was like a Twitter thread, but people obviously commented on it. And I don't like this person. It's Gwyneth Paltrow. It oh, was. Yeah. Uh, it was. The headline was like Gwyneth Paltrow broke down and ate bread during quarantine. Oh. What was your lowest point? Oh. Someone commented, "I lost my job and my mother died." Yeah. <laughs> I just. But I don't know why I bellowed laughing. But it's just like. No, but, but that is absolutely laughable. Same storm, very different vibe. But that goes. Remember that Gal Gadot? Was it Gal Gadot who said that? Imagine like the Imagine song. Oh my imagine god! Imagine the pop, the, the, the fucking pomposity of like these celebrities. Oh. Like, but there's never been like, because there's, because people say like, oh yeah, I've stuck to, nobody's really, everyone's bent the rules to a certain degree. Yeah. But like for the uber rich though, like there's never been rules mm-hmm. because they can just do what they want. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it goes without saying, but In yeah. any situation with anything ever, I think it's always that way, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's, it's sort of like, well, this, this country especially, like we've come from poetry to this, say, but like. It is, yeah. It is. And you know, one of the things that came up in COVID times was, again, the amazing Caroline Duffy. Yeah. And Manchester University, they set up a project called Right Where We Are Now. Mm. And they emailed kind of contemporary poets to contribute to a massive writing project that they're archiving, so we'll be around forever, Mm. for poets to document this time. Yeah. So I didn't know that. That sounds sick. Check it out. It's amazing. Um, 
I will just do a humble brag and say she emailed me and I nearly died. Like, can mm. you imagine you're sitting at your like what not a big deal, or whatever, <laughs> and you look down at your phone and the email address is Cyril. Cyril drops from your mouth. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that was that was so sick. But yeah, she she messaged and, and said we're doing this and would you like to contribute? And I said, uh, yeah. That's class. Oh my god. So I wrote this this poem for them, um, celebrating green spaces. It was kind of a double edged sword because it was um. I'd just been commissioned um, through an amazing theatre in Nottingham, Lansworth Theatre, mm. um, to work with a client of theirs to celebrate the green spaces in Nottingham and how, yeah. because in lockdown one, we all flooded to the parks, didn't we? And we yeah. And walks every day. Exactly. And trying to be outside. Um, so I had this piece brewing about green spaces and how green spaces have had to like can reconsider themselves just like we have blah 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 mm. um so i i wrote that piece and, and sent a version of it off to to that project and it's just amazing to see that again in times of crisis in times of social political change and need let's face it artists are there yeah exactly artists are saying yeah what maybe you know you know the bbc can't be totally honest and brutal because they're considered biased everybody's having to be careful look at look at what happens to emily Maitlis. like look at you know when she said what she what what she said what she was thinking and yes. then uh, they took her off the air the other night yes. like the, the next night so like yeah. it's but there was an uproar about that wasn't there people, oh yeah yeah well back. quite rightly it shouldn't have happened yeah but the BBC are in the pockets of the fucking government as well. Oh. But like, but it goes go back to what you said, like yeah, real creatives, not these fucking oinks like Gal Gadot and all that stuff, yeah. like singing like, like just the pomposity of most people is just it's like, like the Uber rich is just it is fa- it, yeah. it's not fascinating. It's just like it's. Kind it's of, just how can you be so out of touch? Exactly. Yeah. Like when the internet exists, mm. when like. You can literally go anywhere and be anywhere. You yeah. choose to. But these people have been removed from like like complete like normal life and stuff. Hundred percent, yeah. Like, 100%. yeah. Which is why yeah. teaching art, teaching poetry mm-hmm. is so important because mm. it brings a perspective. Uh, it's a tool to kind of analyze and question what you're told and question, you know, what's happening around you in a way that other subjects just don't teach you. Mm. I mean, history, it's just one version of events. Yeah, exactly. You're not taught to, mm. to question or think, actually, did that happen or... Well, not mm. with your GCSEs, anyway. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So... <laughs> we learned in history and GCSE, we did um, World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. and then uh, we did the history of medicine. Uh-huh, yeah. We all felt like medical students. It was quite, it was quite, it was quite cool. So, did you hear about the, uh, the, oh the ligatures uh, and Wells Pare? Yeah, <laughs> so this was like a bit like Greek mythology as well. It was, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So, we had like just the, it was like obviously penicillin and all that stuff, yeah. like Joseph Lister. I'm probably butchering most of it now, but like I remember one like Andreas Vesalius mm-hmm. and Amboise, Amboise Pare, mm-hmm. not Ambrose. Oh, not, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm cultured, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm living near Beaver right now. Yeah. And it's spelt like Belvoir. Belvoir. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. There's, there's Mrs. Bucket lived there as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The lady bouquet, yeah. Exactly. Just, just now I'm there. Anyway. Belvoir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's quite oh good. Where'd you live, Dot? Beaver. Yeah, <laughs> just, literally. Just, the Vale of Beaver. The Vale of Beaver. It's just, it's embarrassing living in Scotland. But there you go. <laughs> but with the lockdown, obviously, like with the kind of declining of the creative arts is like did you take obviously you had to take the rough with the smooth but yeah. how like did you continue those workshops every single week or was that just kind of yes i did i did continue them every single week until the poetry festival bosses said you've got two months to do a festival 
you mm. can't do anything that you can previously off you go yeah. and then it was like I really can't do the two at the same time as well as the corporate job mm. um, so yeah I stopped them I stopped them then and, and picked the festival back up as best I could um, to deliver that which was so disappointing you know because it's a two two year turned role yeah so your first year in the role you're kind of learning the ropes a little bit and you know you're figuring out how do you contract people if what's a normal fee what's a ridiculous fee you know if somebody asks me for yeah. four grand is that normal is it not you know yeah, you're yeah. figuring out so much as well as programming and promoting and oh my god it's crazy so then when it came into planning for year two i had this huge festival planned we had so much exciting stuff to come we had like wrestlers <laughs> who were going to be dressed as poets from back in the day, like Hulk. Byron and whatever. Hulk? And as they... <laughs> and as they Let me tell you something, brother. Hulkamania with like a sonnet. <laughs> I'd imagine like one wrestler picking up another wrestler and as they hold him in the light before they smash him, they're like, you know, what light from yonder window breaks <laughs> and then they smash You're their like, heads through each other. Ave Maria. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of wires yeah, going on, exactly. yeah, yeah. So we had stuff like that programmed. We had amazing collaborations with different, you know, artists and schools, music. We had, like, big networking things where we were pairing different organisations in Nottingham, mm. poetry group. It was just, oh, I'm so heartbroken. It's going to be so good. Mm. And then it all got cancelled. And then when it came to doing an online version, I was like, what can I do? What feels important? Mm. So obviously, with everything that was happening with them making poetry optional, I was like, education, 100%, I'm yeah. doing. We're having, we're stripping back our headliners to four. Normally, you would have like double that, if not more. Oh, really? Um, and then we'll have headline educators. And we uh, just ran yeah. a whole school through the programme, which was actually, we got 100% positive feedback on every single one of those. Oh, well, well done you. That's that's, that's, that's brilliant. That's like... I'm so proud of it, honestly. I'll, yeah. I'll take it with me because I feel like it was... I think people needed it as well, you know, because by that time we'd had, what, eight months of lockdown, if not more. Yeah. And people like... wanted to try to, like, turn their creative brains on again, yeah. create something, join something that felt, like, enjoyable. Yeah. Rather than sitting, watching Netflix every And was that, was that... Was, was November the period when, like... So I remember it was like the summer was eat out to help out yeah. and then everything opened that didn't really help out anyway mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. like November was like the beginning like because everyone November hits everyone's talking about Christmas anyway yeah like that was sort of time when we weren't re- were we in lockdown but because I know not Nottingham especially was terrible like we I don't know it was yeah it wasn't November wasn't it, yeah, it because was. I remember end of October because it was Connor's birthday we went out for drinks on his birthday, we went for a meal, mm-hmm. and then I went out with my ex-girlfriend to a, like, we went for a sit-down meal the last ever night. We mm-hmm. went to, we managed to get like a place in the last mm-hmm. ever night. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like just, it was, that was from like late October mm-hmm. to, well, like a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. pubs have been, pubs and restaurants have been able to, restaurants have been open for takeaway. Yeah. But pubs especially, like in a big city like Nottingham, mm-hmm. That's a that's a that that is a big you know especially around like lead up to Christmas that's a lot of that industry's like take home like 100%. that's a like when you when you stop and think about that when, when obviously in Nottingham especially yeah. like that is huge that's a massive like you're basically chopping the right you're chopping the right leg off and it's just saying like you know yeah. run like and yeah. you're asking someone to run aren't you so mm-hmm. and when and you can tell because obviously I'm from down south but I can I can understand you know obviously 
you wouldn't class yourself as a northerner because mm. I know people from yes, the mid. Definitely not. Everyone from the Midlands is a bit, you know, a bit of a, uh, you know, I'm anything north of Birmingham. So <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's you know, you're a northerner. But yeah. I think you know, I do have a lot of sympathy for people up north because I understand their grievances about yeah. London because it is unfairly prioritised. Yes. And for but for good reasons, well, because obviously it's the it's the, the economy kind of capital of the, the, mm-hmm. country, the capital of the country, but when they're allowed to go drinking mm-hmm. and socialising, mm-hmm. you know, and spreading, mm-hmm. we're here, you know, in, you know, and we're, we're only in Nottingham. We're, it's not in like further north where yeah. it's a lot, what lot places a lot worse off. So mm-hmm. I can definitely understand. I can, I can, I can sympathise. Maybe not understand fully, but mm-hmm. I can, I can sympathise as well. And obviously we're a bunch of, you know, lefty Liverpudlians as a family. Yeah, <laughs> so, yes. you know, it's, 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 I'm with you. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think... But that's, the same, that's the same across so many different um, kind of, I don't know, genres of industry, if you like, because even years ago, I'm not quite sure how many years ago, but definitely in the last sort of 10, the Arts Council decided to create a new policy for themselves that there was too much Arts Council funding going into London. And they must oh, wow. work harder to spread it across cities further north. And that's a good thing that they've acknowledged. They've acknowledged yes. that. I mean, oh god, arts council are amazing. So many of us wouldn't even have survived lockdown if it weren't for arts council and their their funding. But I think that it goes to show you that whatever this situation is with the north south divide, yeah, yeah. or if you want to be more specific, London and then everywhere else. Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah, just, it's apparent in everything in everywhere. Do you know? I was a couple of years ago. I was doing a um, a gig. I was booked. It was actually for Penguin, which is ah, very exciting. Big up, right? But I felt really fancy. Loved it. Not the chocolate bar. Yeah, no. <laughs> although I would love that. The publisher. Also. Yeah. yeah. Imagine a gig for Penguin, the chocolate bar. <laughs> that would be right just a bunch of big wigs and the chocolate game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but of course their headquarters are in London, and they had this guy there come down, a young guy, and um, I was with my friend, an illustrator, who. She travels all over the place for her work, and the guy's like, oh, "I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've met you before. Weren't you, weren't you in Manchester for something or for something or Manchester, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And she was like, "No, no, no. I was that was Nottingham. Yeah, that was Nottingham a couple of weeks ago." And he's like, "Oh, Manchester, Nottingham, same thing." <laughs> With, oh my god! <laughs> Never want to punch someone more in my life. I met like, you, rude prick. I went when I went to you when I, before I went to you. Know, I worked on the checkouts at Tesco. Yeah. And you meet like it was like a massive Tesco, and obviously just outside of Cambridge, so you're gonna get like quite a few like you know yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So like there was this guy. And he was like, he goes, oh, what about you, young man? What do you got on right now? Oh, what's, and I was like, oh, I'm about to go to uni. Like, um, it's gonna, I'm really excited. He goes, oh, we're, we're about, we're about to go to university. I was like, I'm about to go to Staffordshire University. He goes, where about is that? It's our northwest, um, it's like northwest Midland, but it's in the Midlands. Mm-hmm. It's like very, like it literally smack bang in the middle of like Manchester and Birmingham. Yeah. And he goes, oh yeah, yeah, the Midlands. <laughs> but he said like, yeah, yeah, the Midlands. Oh god, Midlands. He's like, yeah, the Midlands, yeah. Fantastic. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's like it's, such a thing. Oh god, it's just it, oh that. Well, it's that English ignorance as well. Like it's it, because it goes back to like because I know I, you know I don't know it's just is that English. I think it is. Brexit as well has got a big thing to that because mm-hmm. I've 
I don't think we've ever been so divided ever. Like obviously yeah. in my twenty-eight years, like yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. never known such a bit. Like I think Brexit. Like some people say. Like I remember hearing this um, podcast about this guy, this Irish broadcaster called mm-hmm. Joe Brolly, and he's kind of divides opinion in Ireland mm-hmm. um, quite a lot. But I I quite like him. I think he's he's a big kind of GAA man, which mm-hmm. is the Gaelic football and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot about community mm-hmm. and the foundation. That's what's important about the GAA mm-hmm. and you know, the cornerstone of any kind of society, he says, is community. Yeah. And he goes, England is just a kind of country of, you know, fuck you. Like, you know, it's yeah. just it's every man for himself. And he yeah. said, and he mentioned like, my, my dad even says, which is kind of along like what Joe Brawley said, you know, Joe Brawley said like, the war didn't really do anything for that. Yeah. And my, my dad thinks it goes back to the empire. Wow. Which is, you've got a point there because yeah. it is pretty much because we've like, ruled the world for a while. But like, because... This is what we were talking about earlier when like it just brought out the worst in people this yeah. this pandemic because people's like, Well, why should I fucking do this? Why should I why should I wear a mask? And why should I, you know, mm-hmm. well, what's a mask do? Mm-hmm. And like, do you obviously like you must have met these people as well? Like, oh just, my god. Everyone's I met these people. Work but, with people like that, yeah. Jesus Christ. But like these I remember working this one bloke and he was just <laughs> people who don't wear especially anti maskers. Mm-hmm. Like, you could not believe it. Mm-hmm. I get that, whatever. But at least you wear it for like a kind of basic, you know, considerable of other people. Of other people. Yeah. And this guy always fucking planned out. I was like, well, I wouldn't fucking talk to my nana like that. Yeah. I was like, well, why don't you fucking put a mask on, you <laughs> stupid cunt, and yeah. fucking protect your nana? Yeah. Like, it was just, abs- I was like, that, but they think they've got it clued up. They think yeah. like, well, you don't know this, mate. Yeah. If, if they think they've got it all clued up. They think yeah, it's that whole thing like, oh, so you're, t- is this what these people say? It's like, oh, you're, so you're telling me what you're trying to say is this, yeah. that they always so regurgitate those, but. It's sickening. It is sickening. But like, yeah. go back to what like Joe Brolly said, like the cornerstone of that, like, cause he gave his kidney away to yeah. like a bloke who was, who, who was a GAA man. Uh-huh. And he goes, and that was good enough for me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he, because the whole point of GAA is like, he goes, I don't know you, but I know you. Like yeah. it's a kind of community yeah. thing, and like I know, I know a lot of people like because because in Ireland it is like a religion, it's like a kind mm-hmm. of it's like the church GAA, sort of <laughs> like, but um, I know it's just it, but he divides a lot of opinion, but that kind of struck a chord with me because it just really does because he kind of defined England mm-hmm. and described it to me as an Englishman, yeah, like as as perfectly as possible, mm-hmm. and, but but a lot of people will listen to that. Not saying I'm more refined than anyone else. I'm no, not saying that. But... I'm, not, I'm not pumping my own tires that much. But <laughs> yeah. Like I think it's just important to that we lost all sense of that mm. during the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. It, it was apparent, wasn't it? And to an extent, it still is. Uh, well, oh, yeah. I think anyway. But I remember. I mean, this Brexit conversation has been going on forever, hasn't it? But I was performing at um, a poetry festival in Poland. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation, but it's Milosh Festival, um, and one of oh the, yeah, Milosh. <laughs> Milosh. It's got like Zs in it, and you know. Um, Milosh. It was amazing. It was, amazing. was more Russian. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna try and correct the pronunciation. I know <laughs> that I get it wrong because they always try to help me get it right. Yeah. Um, but uh, we had like a performance myself and uh, another couple of writers and. It was like you read your poems and then afterwards you do like a Q&A with the audience. Mm. And I remember one of the audience members was asking how we feel as artists that do perform all over the world. Yeah. What are we going to do? Like, how is this, how are yeah. we feeling? How is it affecting us? And I remember saying, you know, obviously we didn't even know what pandemic really was then. Didn't yeah, we? yeah. This was coming. But I remember saying, I think that with anything, 
in situations like this, arts are always the most important thing to look to, not only for comfort and distraction. I mean, mm. everybody sits, sits down and watches their TV every night, yep. listens to their music, you know. Um, arts are kind of going to always be there, mm. even if they are underfunded, stripped back, we're on our knees, we're struggling, you are still going to get those artists in their bedroom painting, poets in their bedroom writing, musicians jamming, you know, making art that documents the time and questions the people in power and the decisions mm. that are being made. And I think that that's one of the most important things that I've definitely learned mm. since Brexit came up and then now obviously in the pandemic is it's so important in a society to have people artists that can speak freely yeah and can question those decisions and say mm. this is you know this is fuckery it's our it's our <laughs> recreation it's what people love to do isn't it like everyone loves going to you know even like something small like the cinema yeah like you know playing like open mic nights you yeah. know just going to see your favorite band yeah. favorite comedian it's mm. you know it's it's you know every recreational person is an escape from your normal life, 100%. you know, just the, the young lad in his bedroom, the young girl in the you know bedroom, like playing mm-hmm. guitar or whatever, mm-hmm. or doing poetry. That's their escape from the real world, yeah. And it's kind of been almost like from the government neglecting that, yeah. It's kind of taken that away. It's yeah. taken that sort of create create spark away. Well, but, the theatres really struggled, didn't they? I mean, that was just absolutely yeah. insane. You know, mm. they were saying, "How is it that the restaurants can open to eat out to help out?" But theatres can't. I know, yeah. Like it just, it just, mm. it just felt like it wasn't even considered. But then the same thing happened with the beauty industry, didn't it? There was a point where they were like, "Yeah, barbers can open, but you know, um, brow and lash bars can't." And yeah. Nail and they're the can't. they're the safest place. They always wore masks anyway. Exactly, <laughs> they, like, they were COVID proof before COVID. They were just <laughs> like it was. It was you know undercover sexism. Mm. 100% you know you don't know your own biases I'm not saying it was intentional although maybe it was Mm. Um, but those industries are predominantly female populated Mm. and also propped up by women yeah you know more or less Mm. Um, so that definitely felt like another divide another another thing to be feeling you know pushed out by and to question and to feel like god does every week have to be a new argument? Yeah, exactly. It was just kind of... It, I remember seeing... Um, it was in the middle of the pandemic. It was on Mansfield Road. Because, you know, there's like umpteen barbers on yes. Mansfield Road. Yeah. Um, and I saw this new salon. Mm-hmm. Like, it was... Obviously, this woman had like, you know... It was a big welcome party. Mm-hmm. But obviously, not a, the big one they would hope. They're like balloons and everything. Yeah. And it's called... It's called the Lady Garden, which mm-hmm. I yeah. quite, I find quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always think... When I hear the word lady, I think of like little print. Like, Lady Garden. Yeah. <laughs> And they were like all. There were. I think it was. It was a like a beauty place. Mm. Now that's completely. Cl- that was six months ago. I know. That's crazy. I know. It is a mental, mental time. Mm. Thank God it looks like we're coming out of it to an extent. Hopefully. Touch wood. Touch wood yeah. <laughs> Bang that fucking wood. You never know. <laughs> never know what's around the corner. But back a bit about poetry. And obviously, mentioned in the intro, you're Nottingham's first young poet laureate. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did that come about? Like, what and. Obviously, that opened a lot of doors for you. Like, okay. what? Like, talk to us of like the process of that. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, from the start, like you've mentioned, like you know, uh, for it, like uh, workshops in the playhouse. Obviously, mm-hmm. lit dropping out of uh, uni and stuff like that, and like mm-hmm. led you to this place. But mm-hmm. like, could you ever in your sort of while this? So when I first read that, I was like, that's that's quiet. No. That's that's very. It sounds very prestigious. Yeah. It's very like, exactly. uh, and it is. It's like it's, it's a big yeah. thing. Like, 
yeah. and what does like what does a poet laureate mean mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but what does like well just ex- describe that experience yeah. that's okay. just a, that's a crazy thing yeah so i'd already been performing for so probably 2017 so what like six years may-ish as a poet being paid going on bookings teaching a little bit that was already my life anyway yeah and i decided i was going to drop out of my day job and go freelance so that a few days a week i could put towards at the time my publishing house mm-hmm. and also my career as like a gigging poet yeah um and then in the sort of months run up to that there was a call out from Nottingham City of Literature. Yep. I don't know if you know, but we're a UNESCO City of Literature, which is very fancy. Um, and they said, um, we have decided to run this project. We want to have a Poet Laureate for Nottingham. And I saw it and I thought, Poet Laureate, fuck off. <laughs> I did. I really did. Who's you think of? Who's the Poet Laureate of Britain yeah. right now? Simon Armitage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've already written before, like Caroline Duffy. Okay, yes, I can relate to her much more. Your mates, your best pals, oh, yeah. Bezzy Maras, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I wish. You have curls in your hair, you drink wine or something. <laughs> yeah. Face packs. Right. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, oh no, poet laureate, that's like old, old, like posh white guy, isn't it? You know, mm. that's not me, that's definitely not the style of poetry I write, no. Yeah. And then friends and colleagues were, and family members even, were messaging me or bringing the flyer to me saying, you should apply for this. Like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I thought, that many people have told me to apply. Fuck it. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll do it. And the more I kind of researched the role and read about what they were trying to do with the role, I thought, you know what? I would really love to do this. And mm. suddenly it was all I could think about. And I spent weeks on this application you had to do. Yeah. You had to write about your background, what you do in poetry now, what you would like to see poetry do. It was a really kind of in-depth application. Mm. And I just I just wrote from the heart and I had friends mm. helping me edit it and, you know, move paragraphs around. And eventually I got the call to say that I'd been shortlisted. Yeah. And I'd made it to the final four. You're going to the judges' houses. Oh, my God, <laughs> that's exactly what you're, it was like. You're going to Marbella. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No, it was the <laughs> Angel Brewery. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, and so the kind of final phase of it, we weren't judged on this night, but I think it just helped, um, was then seeing you perform. Yeah. So the Angel Brewery, I've never seen it so mm. far. In oh, wow. Life. People were having to sit on the floor. People were, as you were standing reading, you were touching people's feet. Oh, wow. Cross-legged. I'll show you photos. After Old them. school. Packed. Yeah. Um, nerve-wracking. They did names out of hats which one of us would perform. Oh, my God. All my family were there. My family, trust me when I say, don't give a shit about poetry. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever I read them anything, they're like, no, no, it's gone over my head. I don't know. Yeah. But they're the most supportive people ever. Anyway, so they were there, and it was just the most nerve-wracking thing. And I got up and... Gave it my all. I mean, even like my manager was there for my corporate job, work. Oh, wow. Amazing. And then maybe like a week, two weeks later, my I was ill. I was off work ill at, on my sofa, literally like tissues everywhere. And my phone rang and I saw that it was Sandy, Sandeep Mahal, who is the director of Nottingham City of Literature. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is it. This is it. And I answered it, and she was like, Joanna, hello, I'm like, how are you? And I was like, I'm well, thank you, how are you? Like, kissing no. myself, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, like, literally, yeah. <laughs> trying to sound like I had a voice, you know. Yeah. And she was like, well, um, 
I'm just ringing to say congratulations. And the world stopped. Oh, my God. I went blind, deaf and dead all at once, really. I just sort of broke, like my body took a screenshot, you know. That's sick. And she said... You, it's you, you've done it, you've got it. You're That's a poet sick, of Nottingham. Man. I was like, yo! I, I just quit my job. I'd just gone freelance. I was just starting out and I man. fucking got it. It was Wait. the best. I'll never, I'll never forget that moment. And then once I'd finished talking to her and understanding what was coming and, you know, the contract that she'd sent through and what was required of me, I rung my grandma. Yeah. Who was in... Top shop with my auntie Diane. Yeah. And I was like, Grom? And she was like, George? <laughs> and I was like, Grom, I got it. And she sort of went, oh, and then she shouted over Top Shop, Die! She got it! <laughs> she got it! It was like you could hear them shouting in Top Shop. It was the just, oh my God. That's amazing, brilliant. Amazing moment of my life. It really, really was. And then obviously the weeks went on and I met with Sandy and the rest of the team, Leanne um, Moden and Matt Turpin, who are angels. Mm. Um, and they explained to me more about the role. Yeah. So the role itself was kind of double pronged. So really, you were you had to be an ambassador of poetry for the city. Yeah. You also had to write commissions for organisations all over the city to mm-hmm. try and give a voice to organisations, people, circumstances that might not ordinarily have a voice. Yeah. So it was so challenging. Yeah. Um. It was full. I, honestly, I didn't stop for two years. It was madness. I was teaching just, it felt like out of my arse by the end of it. <laughs> I was so exhausted. And writing to commission for all sorts of different briefs, all sorts of different people, mm. for the universities, for the radio station, for private companies. I saw one friend to you the other day on YouTube. Yeah, that was like, you really? walking through there. Because I, I, I was picking out, so I was listening, I was like, when, I wonder where she is. It sounds like it looks like proper familiar. Because like, yeah. everywhere like... But um, I saw the one for um, NTU and obviously yeah. the one for on the Nottingham website. Yes. Is, yeah. um, that is like, because obviously being from Nottingham, it's just, um, obviously you take a like, huge amount of pride being from this city. Like I think yeah. most people do like yeah. when you're from this city because like, it's just it's just a great place. Uh-huh. Like that must have made your job easier. Like because yeah. if, you're, if you're from maybe Wakefield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It what yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's unfair with people of Wakefield. <laughs> <laughs> But like that's just it must have made it easier having like this backdrop of a of a, of a really Definitely. great city like you know what I will say yes and no actually oh, wow. because if you think about it so I was being booked by lots of different organisations in Nottingham whose primary goal was to have this poetry almost as a piece of marketing to celebrate them to yeah. celebrate maybe what program they're setting up to celebrate Nottingham as a city and so. Obviously, yeah. you are only going to talk about the good. Yeah. So by the time my term was coming to an end, I started to feel frustrated having to keep write, mm. r- keep writing poems that felt like we were only discussing the good parts of Nottingham and perhaps the idealised um, goals where we would hope to be. Exactly. And I felt I feel very much like Nottingham is such a patchwork city. Mm. You know, you've got town, the city centre. Yeah. You've got St Anne's. Yeah, you've got Harrison Green, mm-hmm. you've got Mappy Park. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not all. All is all are pretty much stones throw from where we are right yeah. now. Yeah, like it is all right next to each other. Yeah, you yeah. can get everywhere within the space of you know half mm. an hour, forty five minutes. Really. Like we're we're very close to Harrison Green. Yeah. Like, it's just like in yeah. Sherwood. Well, it's I just... lived in Forest Fields for like five years, mm. all whilst I was poet laureate. So yeah. When I got the chance to write poems that were for myself, they were very much poems that were comments on. 
social living mm. life you know what was going around it felt like social journalism almost because i wanted to document two sides of the coin yeah and you know my living and in my experiences as well you know i yeah. grew up in arnold but i grew up with my grandparents from the age of about 12 yeah um because well for lots of reasons but i was living with my mum and my stepdad for the first sort of well mum and stepdad for about six years i think it was um, mm-hmm. and then my grandparents ended up taking me in because it just was a disastrous arrangement mm. um and so i kind of wanted to talk about me as well i wanted yeah, to talk yeah. about that and and Part of the laureate role, which was amazing for me and so rewarding, was getting to go into schools or work with refugees or work with kids in care Mm. and say, you know what, when I was at school doing my GCSEs, I was living with my grandparents, things were not good at home, I didn't know I liked poetry, I wasn't particularly good at school. Mm. Just because you have a start that maybe isn't like the textbook shiny polished start. Yeah doesn't mean that you can't go on to achieve something that feels not for you. Yeah, exactly. Like it's only in your head to an extent. I know we all have social barriers, of course. But, yeah. you know, when I saw that job role for Poet Laureate, I was like, that's not me. Mm. I mean, I'm not middle class even if I try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But thankfully, the people around me were like, don't be a fucking idiot. Go mm. and do it. And some kids don't have the people around them to say, don't be an idiot, go do it. So... I loved in that role being able to be the person to say, don't be an idiot, yeah, yeah, go yeah. and do it. Yeah. You know, it was really rewarding. Because I suppose like that's a good thing as well to highlight because, you know, these companies want you to highlight the, the good things about Nottingham. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're from Nottingham. You know the, you know the good as well as the bad. Yes. And that should be highlighted mm-hmm. as well as the good because, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, you know, you want to fix those problems. Mm-hmm. No, it's perfect, but, you know, yeah. Nottingham does have a lot of problems. Like, yeah. but And that should be a part of, like, you know, Mm. well what what you sort of right like, sure. and i can understand that's frustrating because mm. it just you must be thinking like I, this is not really like the fluffed up world i've you know yes. i've known all my life definitely yeah 100 percent. Mm. and of course i understand who wants no one would ever yeah no one's piece of marketing to say the negative of course they no one's going to want to hear about you know stabbings and stuff like yeah, that you know it's of course. just I mean, you wouldn't no but that's why i was so grateful that i had my personal writing and me gigging is just me you know not always as the poet laureate of nottingham but yeah just a name on a lineup mm. to be able to share the stuff that's written from me because they're worlds apart they're, mm. they're like very different um content um so it was a great lesson in learning how to write to grief yeah someone says to you like you know it's got to include this and it's got to be about this and we've got to please the stakeholders so it needs to say this and this and this ah, i see you know so, so we've, we've to... told them this this and that you have to say yeah like, yeah, yeah we yeah. have to deliver yeah but so. it'd be like you know one of the poems that i remember doing it was like we need to sell nottingham to other businesses and investors to try and get them to have the headquarters here so yeah we need to talk about the industry that's already here so you must mm. mention Boots. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, like universities and yeah, yeah. the famous dance studios and the famous you know TV workshop. Torval and Dean, all uh, those yeah, guys. Yeah, Carl exactly. Frotch gets a mention. Which is like, yeah. how do you thread all of that stuff into one coherent narrative? Yeah, it's like a real challenge. Mm. Um, so it was definitely learning on the job. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and does that like writing for? Is it writing for commission? Sorry, is it? Mm-hmm. Or, does that, in a way, obviously being a poet laureate is like a mate. Like the story sounds great. Like mm-hmm. just a real sort of like, you know. It, the, 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 it always seems like you know the good things in life comes like when you're like say 
like you said, you were full of cold and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. You're kind of like not expecting it whatsoever. You're like, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but that's, that's like a really cool story. Mm-hmm. But like, does that almost like, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because, you know, whereas you're used to creative freedom almost as a freelancer and working for other companies. Mm-hmm. Does this almost like, is it fair to say, does it zap some of the creativity away from it? If you're... No, I don't think so. Mm. And I'll tell you why. You have to think in a completely different way to what's natural to you to be able to write in metaphor, simile, beautiful imagery mm. and include the jigsaw puzzle pieces you're being told to do. Yeah. So it actually, I think it really brought me on as a writer. Mm. And once my term came to an end, obviously I was heartbroken. But straight away I was like, I'm going to write a book. I've got to write yeah. my debut collection. Hey. I want to write my my voice. my Exactly. Me as a poet, not me as a laureate. Mm. Um, so Georgina. Yeah. Much, yeah. Georgina the poet, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Like, just me who I am. So I wouldn't say that it was a double-edged sword as such, but that, that it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. Like you were saying earlier, poetry is often met with a sigh. I was getting booked by schools of all, you know, to teach kids of all ages. Obviously, teenagers were the hardest. Mm. And I remember one school I worked with in a city school, it snowed. And every other school in the city had a snow. (laughs) And who did they bring in? Me. Yeah, yeah. They make me do the assembly. Of the day. The assembly. Oh my days. Please tell me. All the kids. Oh god. The teacher said Did they just like shove you out and there you go? Oh, it felt like it to me. They step the by the fire. Goes, right everybody, today is a snow day um for every school in Nottingham except for you. And the kids go, Ugh. you can hear it. The kids are yeah. brilliant. Because you're always like, on the radio, aren't you? Because you hear on the radio, don't you? Like Nottingham schools and all that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, so get the announcements right. So the kids are like, oh, you know, disappointed to be in school. And the teacher's like, but this is very important. You're one day ahead of everybody else in education. You've got one more day than everybody else has. So I don't want to see any messing around, you know. Bollocks to that. Most of it. I know, that would have been Yeah, bollocks to that, I'd have been like, fuck off. Yeah. I want to go home and play in the snow. And then she goes, and especially, today's a great day, because we've got Georgina Wilding in to do poetry with you and the whole room went oh <laughs> louder than they did for the snow day oh my god and i had to get up thankfully at the time i was yeah. a little less shy about myself than i am now and yeah i was running up and down the hall getting the kids stamping their feet and like That's shouting cool. out words to do a collaborative poem there and then mm. i just had to hit it full speed ahead yeah, to you be got like Poetry is boring. It's not full of stiffs. You can write it. Anyone can write it. Mm. Let's fucking go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and, they, it was a good, and it was a good reaction? Yeah, it was great. Everyone it was loved great. it. We read the poem out at the end of the assembly, what we sort of made together, and they mm. loved it. And then when everyone broke up in smaller groups to come and do the workshops, we a great exercise to get people writing about home for them. Yep. So I'd show them some different examples of, of famous, quote-unquote famous poets reading poems about home and we'd show them slam poetry and show them a little bit of rap and show how the two interlink yeah. um, and then get them writing and thankfully it was great but when you're doing that week in week out and you constantly have to win people over before you can even start teaching yeah. it does get difficult I can imagine yeah because like yeah like you've met with like but that must be satisfying yeah. like having turned that around you're walking away like with a smile on your face 100%. like feeling fulfilled and like yeah. but at the same time does that does the thought come like because say like when I always use football analogy, sorry. <laughs> when like a football manager says that when they win a game, they're like, you know, we can't really celebrate this one for too long because mm-hmm. then we've got like, especially like a struggling team, 
mm-hmm. like my team Crystal Palace for example like because <laughs> you can't like you, when we win a game like we can't really celebrate it too long because yeah, then next week we're like long. but is that is that a kind of similar yeah definitely yeah. you build up then you're not down yeah, yeah yeah and it's the same as well just as a writer in general because you're constantly right, uh, submitting to jur- literary journals competitions like the name of the game is you get your name in as many we get your work in as many literary journals as possible ready for when you then want to go and publish your first book because the publisher's more likely to accept you yeah and that's full of rejections i've had two rejections this week alone also oh, they don't look at the name they look at the, the oh, work at yeah, all like 100%. say because they wouldn't they like obviously the first thing that comes up your name like georgina wilding mm-hmm. nottingham's like poet laureate like. yeah not bothered if the work doesn't suit you don't get in oh wow that's, that's incredible that's publishers yes yeah, that's incredible that's the publishing industry because you would have very... thought but you would have thought that would have worked maybe for like some the one like who is a lot more, like I don't know because being a poet laureate is a, is a big thing it's a big deal yeah and like you would have thought people would jump to, on that but like they'll give you know we're picking on Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they would give her a book within like you know yeah, like that which but she won't even write by the way no nah. ghostwriters we all know that <laughs> bitch yeah, <laughs> no. fuck off eat some bread like you're touching, you're touching on something that's so just will forever be a conversation around poetry, and that is, as a poet laureate, you're obviously performing a lot. Yeah. So some people will call you a spoken word poet or a uh-huh. performance poet. Yeah. And the publishing world, stereotypically, perhaps in the past, not so much now, mm. think spoken word poetry is a pile of steaming shit. <laughs> so they might see poet laureate and mm. think, oh, no, she's not going to be able to write on the page. Because oh, wow. people, for example, there's an incredibly famous poet called Lem Sisse. He's all over the TV. He's mm. the uh, Chancellor of Manchester Uni. He wrote the poems for the Olympic. I mean, he's just his CV is as long as like this entire road. Yeah. Um, and critics have said about him in the past, well, his poetry is a pile of shit. He's just famous and a famous poet because he's charismatic. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's not true. Mm. However, he is charismatic, so, of course, on the stage, he yeah. absolutely lights the room up. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's a real, like, topic of division and conversation. You know, some people think spoken word is, like, the entryway into poetry, mm. which, is it true? Is it offensive? I mean, both things, I think, are true. That's crazy that someone can look at like someone who writes poetry for a living. Yeah. Like that's what they do. That's what they're paid for. Mm-hmm. And they think the first thing they think of like, oh, they wouldn't be able to fucking write anything on a page. Yeah, yeah. Like that's like that's to me that's backwards. Yeah. And that's the sort of natural thing to think yeah. like that's. I mean, it's definitely that's great. Really that's skill set. Is yeah. that a kind of because of most companies like they're going to look to like how can we make more because surely mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. your man you just mentioned. Yeah. If they want a book like. Probably they don't really care about who he is. They just know that he's going to bring the people sell, in. He's yeah. going to sell and like. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 strange to me that people would just think like this is a professional poet. Yeah. For X amount of years he's done this 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 and that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, f- I can't fucking write. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, honestly, it's it's mad. It's mad yeah, and sure. it's maddening. Definitely. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's crazy, man. I know, but it is a different skill set because I think we were talking about earlier with spoken word poets. You, um, well, when you're when you're writing specifically for a performance, you kind of have to consider that if you say something that makes the audience go, "Oh, what?" and take a second to think about it, you're already three, four lines ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. And they've missed it, and now they're lost. Mm. So you have to you have to communicate not only with 
specific imagery with clear narrative yeah. with descriptions that are yes creative but also accessible yeah. to an extent you've also got to communicate with your body you've got to move around the stage yeah you know you, it's all of it it's all of it that you, that you you have to consider so that's a huge skill set and sometimes when it comes to writing on the page you can be much more abstract mm. you can you can use layer upon layer of metaphor because the reader can sit with it Mm-hmm. digest it and be like oh i wonder if this is this though and you know two different people can read it and and get a completely different meaning from it yeah and that's the beauty of page which sometimes isn't the case with stage mm-hmm. because you haven't got the luxury of time yeah you've got, got like a minute two minutes yeah you know that's funny you mentioned like because i remember what meant what i remember about jonathan agard the most was his animation he's all over the gaff yes. like he was, and he was brilliant everyone loved him mm-hmm. like just his, his motions and his movements just mm-hmm. funny yeah. so so it, it's hard to, it, like this is educational for me as well because mm-hmm. you don't like you never think of all these different things that go into poetry but when you mention them mm-hmm. it's obvious yeah. it's 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 that you feel a bit kind of ignorant for for not no, thinking about it no not yeah. at all not at all people think a poem just arrives on the page what is what the, uh, this is another question i had like what is the funniest thing or like the thing you kind of eye roll at the most when someone asks you, mm-hmm. like when when you say to, when when so, when you reply to someone like, "What do you do?" Like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a poet." Yeah. What is the funniest? What is the kind of like most eye rolling thing when people respond to that? Like, do people's eyes? But because, what's the one thing you go like? The oh, thing that people, sake, the like, thing that most gets said when you say that you're a poet is people go, "Ooh, she's a poet and she didn't know it." Just <laughs> think, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die." That was <laughs> I was gonna put in my uh, intro is that like, she's a poet. She does know it. <laughs> but then I pre-record I pre-recorded thing. did that to me, so you wouldn't be the first. Oh well, you know. You wouldn't be the first. But I I, I, I refrained from it because you know, a bit more bit more cultured than that, a bit more yeah, a bit more, you know, refrained. Of course, yeah. This is people who've listened to this podcast obviously know that. Um but like oh, this God. is it just people just say like oh, give us a rhyme. <laughs> so I just they well, just say that all the time know, as well. Yeah. on the BBC for a couple of seconds to um, help promote Nottingham Poetry Festival and without any warning they've had some weird segment on trying to find words that rhymed with orange and they asked me live on air and obviously that's I a, couldn't think of a single fucking thing that's a, it was awful that's just throwing it so and that's annoyed. also like a category yeah. in like right, the rhyme time in like Ring of Fire oh, like when oh. someone says orange it's like fuck off like yeah, game over exactly. like Oh mate, oh, like, that, they threw under the bus there. Yeah, yeah, the BBC. Mad. Yeah, mad. that's just a bit. It's just, it's just not on. Yeah. <laughs> Out of all the things the BBC's done. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. Line. Yeah. <laughs> I will stop for now and then I'll come back because I need to go for a piss. Okay, <laughs> just, we'll take a break. This is this is this is not an edited podcast. <laughs> so just, we'll be Bye. back in just a, we'll be back in just a second. We'll talk about more about poetry. <laughs> blah blah blah. And we're back. Sorry about that. That's, uh, <laughs> so I, anyone who knows me, I just uh, profusely apologise for anything. Like, oh, I think no. if you ran me over in your car, I'd apologise oh, for it. So, no. but I'd, probably write, I'd probably write it off first, but then, <laughs> then Listen, I'd apologise. I don't know why I'm acting like I'm not, because I definitely am. But we need to <laughs> own our power. We do. Yes, we do. But um, we talk, what were we talking about before and like, before the... Um, we were talking about um, the quick spoken word versus page. And it's not very, good, not very good for me saying, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what were we yeah, talking about? Breaking the flow. Okay, yeah. Get it. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, but um, that all sounds like your, your sort of journey from like sort of dropping out of university, which is like, I couldn't imagine, like it's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, you know, going to those you know, workshops at the Playhouse, yeah. you know, just... Paying your dues, mm-hmm. 
almost, mm-hmm. and then becoming poet laureate. That's a great story, and that's oh, it's, and just the whole thing. Like, I I do have another question as well. Like, um, because I know every because uh, it was twenty nineteen. It was like St George's Day, and yeah. you know, on Market Square they have the um big uh, yeah. uh St George's flag. Mm-hmm. I remember going into work that day. I already saw like just fucking skinheads all about the place. <laughs> so, like, yeah. But in t- in Market Square, I like an I like a naked Market Square when it's just empty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like it when. But when it's like say the man-made beach or like the yeah. other bars and that, it's, it's good. It's a good times. Mm-hmm. But I like to appreciate the whole view. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, but then remember, like <laughs> whoever was in charge of this, and I'm not sure if you were, no, but like, well, but like oh, it, probably Nottingham City Council. But like, so the St George's flag. There was, I remember seeing a bloke on a horse oh. dressed as St George, but. All the while, they're hanging around there in Market yeah. Square, but then there's the lady boys of Thailand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was like, that's a piece of genius, like, you know, placing for yes, like, because they're literally like, oh, like this is George. <laughs> and they say, like, a lady boy go past yeah. them, like, but you weren't anything to do with it. No, no, I can't take any credit for that. I wish I could. That piece no, of that piece of genius, me. yeah, no. <laughs> piece of clever programming. No, but that's, yeah, no. <laughs> Also, as well, because you're from Nottingham and like proudly from Nottingham, like you've, you know, I don't think even if they weren't commissioned, you'd write those poems anyway. Yeah. What is it? Because I've I've lived here for on and off for about four years and mm-hmm. fallen in love with the city. I love this place. Mm-hmm. Like I sit, I see it for what it is. It's a brilliant place. It's mm-hmm. obviously it's, it's got great, it's flawed, like we said. Yeah. I quite. What do you? What is it that people don't like get about Nottingham though? Because. Mm. In the sense that everyone always talks about Liverpool, mm-hmm. London, Manchester, Glasgow, and to right, like even places like Brighton. Mm-hmm. But no one ever mentions Nottingham. But I, I, I but it's, it's part of me, I quite like that though. Yeah, we're the underdog. Yeah, I we're quite the underdog like that. And we don't like to shout about our accomplishments. Yeah. And about our history and what we've got to celebrate. Well, if you meet a Forest fan after a few drinks, they'll oh, talk yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> they'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, that. They, the they'll, they'll talk about the Related European. About 50 <laughs> they'll talk, hell, they'll right? talk about the European yeah. coming. Yes, I know that. No, I, mean, I think I think it's that people don't hear much of, apart from when we went through that horrible stage uh, in the press where people were talking about just all the stabbings. And yeah, violence. yeah. It was horrendous. Um, but people don't hear about Nottingham because I don't think that we celebrate our heroes very much, mm. very loudly. And uh, part of my period with um, Nottingham City of Literature was also to work to celebrate and share the fact that we are part of the UNESCO cities yeah. which is an amazing title to have and not every city does yeah. that you can have cities of music cities of you know whatever. culture yeah um, explain explain that the UNESCO what is what is UNESCO sorry? so UNESCO is like um, it's like a charity almost charity a charitable board mm-hmm. and they delegate you a title based on what you've already been doing in your city. Ah. So your city already has to have a, pr- a prestigious kind of history mm. behind it um, in whatever thing that you want to apply for, say music, art, whatever, yeah. um, literature in our case. Um, and once you're delegated that title, it's not that you receive money for it, but you receive the kind of, I don't know, it's like a status yeah like a, a, a celebration that stamp of approval yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and then off the back of that you're then able as a city to get you know different kinds of funding to yeah. do different projects to support your title so literature for us obviously um 
not only that, mm-hmm. it opens you up to the network. Last time I checked, there were 36 different cities of literature. Oh, wow. Right? Across Europe. And... Across Europe, it's not just is like... Is it across Europe or is it across the world? Do you know we'll what? Say across, it might be across the world. We'll say right? across the world. It's more impressive. Yeah, not across a, the world. Not a big deal. Um, across the universe. It's <laughs> travel. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so you're, you then benefit from that partnership and mm. you've got that uh, collaboration set up between different cities. So when I was performing in Poland... Uh, a couple of years ago, I actually got to live in Poland for two months on a funded writer's residency. That's class. Because we were part of this UNESCO network. Yeah. Right? So a lot of people don't know about it, don't know that they have access to it, they don't Mm. know the opportunities that it brings to the city. So part of my um, role was to kind of celebrate that and celebrate Nottingham and try to be one of the voices that Mm. shouts about you know, some of the things that we have to celebrate. And yeah, yeah. And look at all the festivals we have. It's not just Nottingham Poetry Festival. We have Hockley Hustle. We have, I mean, off the back of that, they have the Green Hustle. They have Young Hustlers. Mm. There's Font, I think, which is another kind of literature festival. There's so much. There's, there's loads. There's the Street Art Festival. Yeah. I mean, there's so much going on here. And it's- we just... Think of wow. all the creative people that have come from this city as well, like just not just like East Midlands in general. Like mm-hmm. just you talk about Vicky McClure, obviously exactly. Line of Duty, yeah. um, Joe Dempsey, mm-hmm. who's in Game of Thrones. Yes, <laughs> clipped for like the first time. Well? Is it Bella, the young girl? She went to TV workshop. I think so. Yeah, I, Ramsey, I, is it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it is. I'm sure I but is. who was the one who was in this England? She 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 got off with the young lad. Oh, in the first one. Um, her name in This Is England was Smell. I, I walk, saw her in a club once. I walked past her the other week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of, I swear that's her. I walked yes. past Vicky McClure once. Oh my God. And I was literally like, oh, Vicky This is before I watched Line of Duty. But like, um, I've always, I've messaged her as well to get on the podcast. So Definitely yeah, yeah. go for yeah, it. Yeah, but she, she'll, she, well, she's got like, she'll, I've probably been untouched for a while. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But like, yeah, think of that. Obviously, as well, like sporting, like we've obviously talked about Carl Froch, yeah. Torvald and Dean, Lee mm-hmm. Westwood, mm-hmm. Um, Rally Bicycles as well. Mm-hmm. Is it Rally Bicycles? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boots. Yeah. You're welcome. The number seven. <laughs> Just... It's crazy. We had Byron, Ada Lovelace, who was mm-hmm. like one of the founding people, first woman, to help to make computers what they are now. I mean, yeah. She, she was the first person in kind of coding mm. that that she took computers from what they were, which was basically like a calculator. Yeah. And, you know, theorised the mm. possibilities of what they could be. And, and, and now here we are. Mm. Uh, there's, so, there's so many. There's so Batman many. lived here. He yeah, lived at Woolerton Hall. I've, <laughs> just, I've got the image just, of just, um, just. <laughs> What's his name? On the wall in Beeston, the fashion guy with the stripes. Why have I forgotten? I know the wall. I don't know the guy. What's his name? Oh, is it Paul Smith? Yes. Paul Smith, yeah. Paul Smith, tight jeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's just so many. There's so many that my mind starts to go blank. Yeah. Not to mention... The founder of Nottingham Poetry Festival is Henry Normal, who wrote the TV programme Royal Family. He wrote episodes of um, Red Dwarf. I didn't know he that. He set up the production company, company Baby Cow Productions. But, like, oh, yeah, yeah. He is a Nottingham gem. They did, like, yeah, like Mighty Boots. Yeah, yeah. Mighty Boots, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Nottingham has sick talent. It's a lot going for it. And, like, and also, like, just... In terms of like, I remember they had Matt Ford comedian as well as loads of loads of other people. But yeah. like, um, 
it's got the perfect blend of like the sort of modern and the sort of like old fashioned as well. Like you walk through town, you walk through like place like Hockley's like a real mm. like culture hub. Culture hub, yeah. Like um just everywhere you go in the city, I think it's just it's just a great place. And it like is. I love living here. I love and this the place. Bars are sick. It's a fucking great <laughs> night out. I can't wait to go back to, I can't wait to go back to Bunker. It's called right. Walrus now. Cheers. Cheers to that, Cheers yeah. To that. I'll have to get another drink in a second. Like, I can't wait to go back to Bunker, Bodega. Mm. Fucking where Rock City. Oh God, yes. I love beer keller. Oh, yeah. Even though beer keller is like a rev, revs the Cuba as well. Revs I'm a bit like kind of on and off revs the Cuba because like. I've never done it. I've never done it. Have you never done it? I've overdone it. You've overdone revs the Cuba. I've oh. done it. I've done yeah. it too much, and now I'm like, meh. Well, Connor loves it. Connor obviously on the podcast, he absolutely loves it. Yeah. But like, the, I love because I love Walrus because they literally play my sort of music like nice. banger after banger after I've banger. Been while it's Walrus, I don't think. I it's, it's pretty much the same. Okay. It's just it's they've not done anything to it. Just changed mm-hmm. the name. Mm-hmm. But like I remember, oh, this is this is a funny story. But like went in there because I'm I'm the sort of person I'm sort of lad who when like here because our mates back home when we um when Mr. Brightside came on yeah we all took our tops off. Oh, amazing! And so um <laughs> my birthday once my ex girlfriend at the time like they knew me because we used to go to bunk quite a lot mm-hmm. and it was like. A lot of people come up to Nottingham for my birthday, and I was absolutely battered, like I was absolutely smashed. Oh and like they, they said, like if he takes his top off, he's out straight away. Yeah. And that's like to me, that's hilarious. They knew me for they like, the take. And apparently, and she was like, if you "Take your top off!" Like she was like, she was like grabbing my face. You know, when like someone's really drunk, they're like, she's yeah. like, "Just listen to me now." Like if so, you, yeah. if you take your top off, yeah. they will kick you out. And I was yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." I was like, wow. I, "I was like, I love you." <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, cool." Oh, and then God. like um, get in there. Apparently, like. Woo! <laughs> I take my top straight like, yeah! But we stayed in there. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, they took pity on you. Someone must have said it was my birthday. Yeah, yeah. but it's like just like woo! Just, but the bars, yeah, the bar. It's a great night out. It's yeah. a brilliant. It's, it's going to be like that first. Like it just even on this road, like Mansfield Road, mm-hmm. like in Sherwood. Yeah. It's just a. It's, it's kind of like culture hub as well because yeah, it is. it's so many it's so many like great bars and pubs and like shops and like there's the new vegan butchers as well which is like yeah. a massive hit with people yeah, yeah. like loads of stuff rickshaw, rickshaw. Oh i've not had that yet i've not had that yet it's banging yeah so good and there's so good. just oh, it's just brilliant it's like but i love the sort of blend of like kind of scummy and like yes. it's just i, it's I love real. that it's real yeah it's, it's just it's what you want from People, yeah, from humans, like we, the best people are flawed, isn't it? Villanelle, our lo- yeah, Villanelle. <laughs> our local pub, me and where me and Connor go, um, uh, the Sherwood down the road, mm-hmm. and it's like I, I love it. It's just like because obviously everyone's drinking outside now, they've yeah. kind of converted the car park oh, cool. to like well, it's not really converted, they just put chairs out there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've um, uh, but like it's a proper old school pub, but I lo- that's what Which I love. One is it? It's on, oh, I'm trying to think, it's, it's like basically it's next to like. Well, it's, it's, it's the show, but it's on Mansfield Road. I'm trying to think of the strip, but I can't. I'm trying to think of Rapitella? like. It's up. It's basically a few mm-hmm. hundred, like say, ten yard, like twenty yards, like north of Crafty Teller. Okay, the one at the top of the hill. No, no, that's yeah, the Sherwood Manor. That's Sherwood Manor. No, other way, towards town. Towards town, so you're going down. No, 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 no. It's like basically it's opposite. Um, oh, where's it opposite? It's opposite fucking. I see, we've not been enough. It's been too long. This, this is great content for everyone. <laughs> we're literally like, yeah, 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 where is it? Where is it? Listen, anyway. we'll go and film an episode, but the record ba- an episode in that pub. But the barmaid, <laughs> she was like, this was seamless. This was perfect. Mm-hmm. And like, she took our order. She was on her phone. 
same again, lads. And we were like, yeah, 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 thank you. And so she was like, yeah, cool. She was like, just chatting away. Yeah. And like, I was thinking, that's just funny anyway. She came back and we ordered to Chris as well. Yeah. She was like, yeah, she was on, she came back out, pints in hand. She's still on the phone. Oh and she, she, she says, yeah, 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 there you go, lads. And then like, where's the Christmas? She's like, there you go. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. seamless. <laughs> I, like, on one motion, we were like, this is, this is brilliant. She's like, been working 24-7, hasn't she? Yeah. She's, yeah. But she was like, but she's a sort of barmaid, like, because like, she knows everyone. Yeah. And like, I think her mum's the landlady. Oh, cool. Her mum looks like perpetually pissed off oh. like she's enraged she's, so she's walking around like fuck yeah. bastard <laughs> just really like I but, couldn't work hosp- hospitality no way I, I couldn't say hostility then hostility Maybe that's a good that's a good slip isn't it I couldn't work I used to work but have you worked pubs and stuff no I you never worked a pub yeah, oh no, wow no oh, retail to me is like oh, that like probably pubs are like to you like yeah. just worst nightmare I mean it was bad yeah, yeah. But I just thought there's no way I can't be asked with people shouting at me because I've got yeah. too much lime in their drink oh mate bathroom, like you know? pub, pubs for me like because I remember I worked at um, the Lion in Basement oh my favourite place great spot I brilliant that spot place. that was like the best I think that's like, that was one of the best pubs in the city hands down that's dog friendly. Before, before, yeah, before COVID, there's like live music from Thursday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Open mic, band on Friday, band on Saturday, jazz club Sunday. Yeah, sick. Food sick, great beer garden, yes. great beer. It's just a brilliant place. That's what I wouldn't pick out. But wow. <laughs> like, you onion think I'm going for that? Oh my god! Onion rings. Yes, that's my. If you wanted to take me, or if somebody wanted to take me on a date, I would say pie, onion rings, <laughs> salt. So, what what's the what's the pint? What's the lager? Um, I'm not fussy, you know. I'll try anything. I don't yeah. have a favourite. No, fair enough. If it was cocktails, I'd say margarita or mojito. Margarita mojito. Yeah, hands down. Very good. But beers, lagers, no, I'll take yeah. lager. Oh, well, yeah, I will drink Moretti anyway, so yeah, it's just good. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I was saying the, but that was. I remember like working on a bar for me kind of gave you a bit of like, especially if you work like at night. Yeah. In a busy place like that, mm-hmm. or like wherever, because I worked at a local club as well back home. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you free range to be a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. Because they're being dickheads to you. Like, I remember this woman just shouting, Bass, just like, Bass, in my face. I was like, Bind to Bass. I was like, if you talk to me like that, it's like, I'm not fucking serving yeah, you. Like, and you can just, like, I think, I don't know, it just gives you free range to be a bit of a dickhead. Which is Which because I, it builds your confidence, though, to be able to stand yeah. up for yourself, which mm. is the opposite in retail. Mm. You cannot. Yeah, the customer's oh, always right. Yeah, oh You've got God. to do it. Yeah, you like... have to learn how to control your temper and say, okay, let me look at that for you. Mm. Which is a great lesson in itself, but then yeah. it, just, it strangles you for the rest of your life. You walk around like... non-confrontational. Yeah, yeah, you walk in the back. I think we've got something in the back. It's never in the yeah, back. Yeah, <laughs> in the back you're like smashing never like in the back. boxes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I heard that when I, when I went to Tesco. I worked in one of them big Tesco's. Mm-hmm. And you go in the back and oh, is there anything? It's like, yeah, I'll go in the back. Yeah, go in the back and like... Fuck. <laughs> just yeah. like where is it like yeah, it's not me. but you see you see all the weird people at the back yeah. <laughs> but um no pubs like for me like because the lion i love that place mm-hmm. and it's it, we went there a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. but it was like obviously it was everyone's outside but mm-hmm. i'd love for it to be normal again yeah because i know like my my dad especially says he says that he, he, he likes going to the pub, but like it doesn't feel normal. Yeah, it's not going to feel normal for a while, and but it, you. it does because you always like the kind of, especially if you're on a Friday night, it's like the hustle and bustle, and like especially in town, and like mm-hmm. that won't be like it for a while, would it? Mm-hmm. But yeah. well, except the thing when the Mind you, the day after day the beer garden was fucking brilliant. Yeah, the DJ outside, they had heat lamps. Mm. Obviously, you order on the app, it was really good. I love that. That was the closest thing to a night out I had felt yet. Mm. Definitely. There's times where I felt normal. We went to. We went to see Basford FC, mm. like before the whole 
big lockdown. That was in the night before lockdown. That was funny as well because we went to the club lounge afterwards. Oh, God. So mate was like refereeing or something like that. So he mm-hmm. got us free tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, not a big deal, Basewood. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this guy was running the bar. He literally just gave us curry and bread. He goes, just in case the coppers come. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we serve food just in case the coppers come, yeah. What a legend. But that was like, there was 300 people there and that mm-hmm. felt so normal. That was just really good to like a nice afternoon. Yeah. Everyone was sticking to the restrictions. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was perfect. Like those sort of, the, but they're like one and a half, but yeah. when everyone's had a few drinks. June 21st, can you see it happening? Can you no. see like... No, well, we've already got the Indian variant in oh, Nottingham. So, no. Oh, if, they don't, if they don't contain that, we won't be opening. We'll be going back to full lockdown. I'm good. Oh, fuck. Easy. Yeah. I know. I, I know. So let's enjoy the social... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we're, we're face to face. Yeah. Instead of Zoom. Yeah. But yeah. it's just... Oh, God. I, I don't think I could do it. Like, I don't think this, like... Especially this city, like, because when we said Munchen earlier, from like October yeah. to now, mm. only this month they've mm. been able to get out and go to like socialise and stuff. I know. It's, uh, but that's only a small part of it as well. Yeah. There's just like the theatres aren't open. Mm-hmm. Like, like Theatre Royale just looks like a bit of a it's like cobweb. So it is quite sad. Like, because that's like a that's iconic, iconic building in the centre oh, town as well. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that brings so many people into the city, doesn't it? That's, mm. that's what you've got to think about. <clears throat> It is, it is terrifying, but you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if June 21st didn't happen. Look Pos- at the year we've had. Positive thoughts only. I know, yeah. All yeah. Right. Except, if, you, pe- except if you're having a COVID test. Negative <laughs> thoughts only, yeah. yeah obviously. Positive thoughts yeah. for every, everything else, but if you're having a COVID yeah. test. Have you had the vaccine yet? No. Never have I. No. I don't, it's not come to our age group yet. I don't, but I, I hear people of, like, of our age group who've had it. And I was like, how? How the fuck have you had it? And they I was, care us. Yeah, yeah. If they're fake, they've got asthma. Oh, <laughs> it's just... you get asthma? I know my. Um... Oh, of course you do, idiot. Because it. Breathing. <laughs> what a stupid question. Yeah, if you've had asthma, like so I remember, like I when I heard that, I I instantly thought of like my old PE teacher yeah. who thought asthma was just an excuse for fat kids. <laughs> like, oh. You thought it was, oh yeah. You couldn't do that. Dick. You couldn't do that now. Yeah. No. You Education and science. People, like, he's just like. I don't know, you probably had it then. He was he's, just ignorant. He's proper old school. He's just, he was just like, I'm just for fucking. Oh, <laughs> I can't be arsed. Get away. No, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> These people drive me mad. No, just yeah. Just because it doesn't suit their version of reality, it yeah. is therefore not real. Yeah, exactly, right, yeah. Sure. Okay. But that was, I, well, that was like 2004, 2005 when mm-hmm. I was in school, so mm-hmm. not just those years. <laughs> Two years of school. Two years out. of school, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Of done. yeah. <laughs> but um it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Like thanks very much for coming on and this um unless you want to kind of chat about anything else. No, with, with, thanks for I feel like we I feel like we can chat for hours. So yes, it's been, it's dangerous, been, isn't it? Yeah, I know, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Like no, it's been a pleasure. A few beers you. down. But yeah, thanks very much for coming and obviously appreciate your time, obviously the circumstances. Like yeah. obviously you've got a performance tomorrow, haven't you? So Yeah. So yeah, where, where can well are people on Zoom for that or are they? Well, it's a recording, so I've got to perform to video that's going to be polished up and released soon. Yes, I don't know when that is. But uh, okay, you'll see it shortly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, and you've got obviously the exciting news about the book as well. But like, yes. well, that's that's all to come. And yeah, that... lots to come. Writing manuscript is nearly there. Mm. Nearly there. I'm for August. Mm. So we'll oh, see. Fantastic. Is the sun su- finally starting to come up? for you like after this sort of COVID nightmare in terms of your industry yeah. and like you personally as well like with... well I'm working on a commission mm-hmm. right now yeah um, my second in the last year 
which obviously compared to the years before is appalling. Yeah. But glad to be doing it. Two mm. is better than none. And I've been teaching. Oh, fantastic. So that's been great. So it's starting to open up a little now. Yeah. Which is, which is nice, yeah. So looking forward to the rest. That's good. That's brilliant. And like just, well... And where do we find you now? Obviously, like you've been through the ringer, like it's just a happy place now as well. Yeah, like in terms oh my of God. Just, definitely, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's been, I've actually moved to Grantham midway through lockdown one, and luckily it's only like 40 minutes in a straight yeah. line to Nottingham. It is, yeah. But it feels a world away. It's all countryside. It does, you know, yeah. The town centre's a bit crap, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you've been spoiled in Nottingham, you know. Yeah. You know, there's everything here, isn't there? Um, but yeah, the countryside is amazing, and that's been really nice for me to kind of just, I don't know, immerse myself in something that's slower paced. Mm. Um, so it's been, yeah, a real pleasure, thank God. Turns the volume down a lot. Yeah, like, turns off. Yeah, I had, a, I had a month back home just recently at mm. my mum's house and that's in the countryside and it was just like, the quiet, that just literally, yeah. it's so quiet and it's just, yeah. You realise that it. you're important. And yeah. Like, Everything else is less important. Yeah. And I don't mean that in an obnoxious way. I mean, like, your mental health. Yeah, you have to you have to be selfish with it a lot. Yeah, so I've, that helped me big time because yeah. I like, went for a bit of a shit patch and stuff. So, but yeah, that's, mm-hmm. but that's, that's what happens, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. it's like, um, I was surprised I didn't say sorry then. So I was like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Hold it. Hold no, it yeah. safe. No, but it's, it's like, I, I totally understand, like, the countryside thing because it's just, yeah, it turns the volume down completely. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. Well, you've seen where I live. It's just like it's Corrie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just pretty yeah. much. This wasn't that was that was me. This is this is what I moved from. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. So you know, it has its benefits, of course. But mm. it just just feels like after the year we've had, it's nice to be living somewhere that you can go on a walk for like four hours and not see the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. You can just completely switch off. Because mm. I'm sick of walking around with Port Park. Yeah. I'm absolutely sick to death of it. Yeah. It's we just need, like, yeah. yeah, we need more green spaces. Definitely. Yeah, it's just Woolerton Park is a great sort of treat. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gedling as well. Mm-hmm. Further, I cycled to Lamley. Oh, Lamley is Park? Lamley's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It's such a lovely place. It's, it's like really cottagey. Isn't yeah, it? like yeah. you'd love to live there. Like because yeah. I know Connor's nan used to live there and he used to go there when he was a kid. Mm. I was like, this must be fucking sick when Dude. you were a kid. Like it's just like because you can go to these back roads. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. Yeah, and the pubs are great. Yeah, some people have got it all. Yeah, Lamley's the dream. Yeah, Lamley's the dream. That's, that's what we're the pushing. Goal. That's where we be. That's what we're well, pushing for. We'll do another for. episode in ten years. Yeah, we're both living in Lamley. Lamley, yeah. Riches, yeah, we will be. Yeah, we'll be sitting <laughs> on our pile of money. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. In our cottage houses. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that brings it to an end. This this podcast. Obviously, thank you so much for coming. Appreciate your time. Thank um, you uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have you on again at some point as well. It's been. <laughs> Another thank you to Georgina for being on the podcast. She was absolutely fantastic for coming on and giving up her time. Really, really enjoyed that episode as well. Just like a, just a natural flowing chat. Just really good to... Yeah, and like I said, she was the first official female guest on the podcast as well. So really, um, really glad to have her on and hopefully have her on again someday. And I think just a very, really interesting person who's been on a really interesting journey. So I um, hope you guys enjoyed that one again. Um, the second... Um, also, I'd like to point out, you can definitely tell that was recorded in, in a kitchen. We couldn't really get the sound right that day. It was a bit of a faff. Um, and I probably dropped the ball of it a little bit. But you can just turn it up. It's no bloody problem, is it? But the second guest, the second female guest uh, we had on the Voice Notes podcast was my good friend, Gabby Kenny, um, former keyboardist of the Spitfires. Um, uh, she's now she's now left the band, unfortunately. 
But me and Gabby go a long way. We go back a long way even. Really good friends and, you know, still keep in touch to this day. Like like I said, she's been on the top fives before and she was on this episode as well and she was good enough to give her both time. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is just two mates having a good old chinwag about um, uh, times past and a few... She dropped a few stories about me, so um, uh, just embarrassed me a little bit. So, but that's okay. Kind of used to it. Um, but uh, without further ado, second um, episode and the second guest of the best. The guest is my good friend Gabby Kenny. It's a great pleasure to be joined by this guest today. Not only is she my good friend, but she's the brains behind Gabby Kenny Art. We won't talk about that for undisclosed reasons um go check them out regardless and she's also the keyboardist for the band for the band spitfires a very big welcome to the voice notes podcast gabby kenny hello how's it going what are you saying i'm very well thank you how are you yeah not too bad thank you not too bad it's just um it's been a while it's been a while we we speak frequently but we just said now just said a little bit um about five minutes ago it's been such a long time isn't it how you been yeah how long has it been? I think it was. I think it was like two, three years now. Because I know we saw each other in Leeds. Yeah. But I know we did see each other in London that time. Remember when I went to the football? Yes. And then I bumped. Well, we didn't bump. We sort of planned it, didn't we? We went for a drink, didn't we? Yeah, but I think the Leeds is the last time we saw each other, and that was probably like. I think that was. That was. Twenty eighteen. Yes. Mate, that was that was literally October twenty eighteen. That's kind of scary. That's like oh, that's mad. Oh my god, twenty twenty eighteen. I feel like it was COVID. We'd be we'd have seen each other more recently had COVID not been a thing. I know, probably. yeah. Because if everyone's well, we'll get to that in a bit. But now it's good because I thought I'd you know get you on because you know you're a fairly interesting person. By <laughs> thank you very much. Just you know by. Usual, usual standards, um, uh, and just to mix it up a bit as well. So, um, and you're the brains behind Gabby Kenny Art, which is which I, is which is featured yeah. heavily on this podcast. Yes, um, thank you for plugging Gabby Kenny Art. That's something I started like in lockdown actually, mm. when I was unemployed. I because I've been making cards for quite a few years, so I thought, why not start selling? Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually went really well in the first lockdown because um, obviously, obviously everywhere was closed so um, people couldn't go to the shop to buy cards and that's why I was making custom cards you know like for special occasions and stuff like that um, but yeah it's kind of taken a back venture in the last month or so since I've got a new job mm. sadly but um, yeah it was it was good. It was a good ride. It was a, it was a, it was a yeah. good, the greeting card game. It was, it was a good ride while, while, while it lasted. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed making So it. I was going to ask, like, were you going to expand it a little bit? Like, just kind of... Because you did greeting cards and little kind of... Well, just cards pretty much for all occasions. But because you've, it, done, because you've now got a job, it's taken a step back. Yeah. So expansion... Isn't a uh, expansion is cancelled. Expansion's cancelled. I made it sound really business like. Are you going to? You interested in expanding? Yeah, like I was like, gonna, <laughs> I was going to give you a fucking offer or something like that. Are you willing to invest? Um, I can give you up to five pounds for what? Yeah, I've already invested. I've, I've, I've well, already. You have, you have. Um, but no, I think, I think it's taken a back venture now, just because. Um, Work. 
work and um, the band as well, mm. as you mentioned, was a bit quiet. Mm. But we get, so, yeah. But we'll get back into that, and we'll get to, onto the band as well in a bit. Um, uh, but we go back quite a way away. Um, we do. What year was that? 2017 that we met? 2017 that we met. Um, and, yeah, it was in, it was in America. It took, we both had different experiences. Like, we had, obviously... <laughs> I was wondering whether you were going to ask me about this, to comment, because you know what I... What I think about it. Well, yeah, you can, you can. The floor is yours. That's why you're on. <laughs> like, yeah, but we met in, we met, um, uh, Gabby and I, we met in America, Camp Lacanda. Obviously, did you know I went to America for two years? Um, so Gabby was in the first year and Gabby hated every single waking moment of it. And me and the boys, we loved it. So I like to think that, I like to think that me and a few other people made your experience all the more better. But, um, yeah, 100%. I would always <laughs> say whenever I tell people about it that I met some really great people and um, had a lot of fun travelling after. Yeah. Um, but the camp itself, and I, I've said this to you before, that I think that girls had a different experience to yeah. guys um, because, largely because boys are different in general. You guys are looking after the boys and you can have banter and you can just like be stupid together and I think working with the girls teenage girls especially yeah yeah you can imagine what it was like yeah Uh, heard a few stories definitely we won't say yeah any uh, we won't go go for the graphic details but yeah no Gabby punched a girl um, um, but yeah, it, it, I just didn't <laughs> think that we got treated very well. Yeah, no, anyway. we d- it was yeah. Like I can, I what you're like because I remember like I I talk about it because I talk about it now with like you know rose tinted glasses. I I only really remember the good bits, but yeah, you you're right. We were we weren't treated that well, um, but it was still a good experience. It was like it was shit, but it was our shit almost. Yeah, and we kind of. It was a. It was like our own little world for eight or yeah, nine weeks. Exactly. We literally, yeah, barely. We didn't really properly leave the camp. No. Those days off were just like in the middle of nowhere. But it's good. Um, you, you surely you had a good time on your day off. Oh yeah. Days off. A few drinks. Fun. Yeah, exactly. Although I wasn't twenty-one at the time, I so just, I couldn't actually buy drink. I was just going to say, did we? Because I remember, because I was twenty, I was one of me and obviously Connor, who people will know, and a few other lads. We were. I was like twenty-four at the time, so I was. That wasn't even a problem for me. Was did we ever have any problems? Like, did I have to buy? So I remember having to buy people Probably. booze, which quite, which felt quite weird. Yeah. So I was twenty. Uh, I was months away, a couple months away from 2021. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I must have had people buy me these. Mm. You definitely got stuck. Like, um, just... I mean, we definitely got drunk, so. Yeah, like, we definitely got drunk. Somehow yeah. got alcohol. Yeah, and you've got and a famous. Probably you who bought it. Probably me, yeah. Just, just like, like spending all my money. I remember that first night. When we were let loose, because we stayed in the oh, same. That was such a like a good day. <laughs> that was a brilliant like because I remember it was me, 
because we were staying in the same apartment. It was me, you, um, our friends Evie and Ruby, and my and our mate Liam as well. Was Connor not there? Connor wasn't in because Connor was staying with. Um, oh, he was staying with a girl at the time, wasn't he? See? I think he was there because he was. He didn't stay in our apartment in Harlem. Oh. He definitely because I remember it was just because. Liam stayed in like a hotel and went, no, oh no, yeah, he stayed in the ho- the, the Gossip Girl Hotel. Oh, who is? I can't remember now. This is, this is going to sound bad, but I can't remember now. Was it with the girl that he'd met on camp? Um, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Molly? It was, yeah. Your name drop. It was, yeah, name drop. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, we might have cut out there a little second because the thing flashed up on my screen, but basically just if... if anyone missed anything we were just talking about when we were when we left camp and we went basically you obviously you set free into the world we go out and have a few drinks on that the first night of um like freedom and we yeah. stayed in the same this accommodation irish bar. yeah this irish this irish bar which was i remember being well obviously you've got photo evidence of it which is um uh gets brought out every single year for my birthday so yeah does so I've got this picture of Liam at the end of that night the first night we left camp and um, lying on the floor in a station in New York a train station waiting for the train literally just passed out on the floor yeah I don't know how how did that happen I don't know I don't know I'm more like how did you guys get me up because I'm quite a big person like yeah, I said I have, I have no idea I can't remember we'll have to get we'll have to release the um the photo evidence when the episode comes out but yeah like that is um, there's like a vi- I remember Ruby our friend who stayed with us as well there's a, she's got a video of like zooming on on my face and I've like I look oh dead God. I look I... <laughs> you are completely passed out oh yeah I don't know how I got maybe Connor Connor and Liam got you up they must have done because I don't know how like not saying it's it just the girls. It's, well it's just dead weight isn't it you're like you're lifting up <laughs> and I'm all, I'm, yeah. I'm already quite heavy so but that was a fun night. That was a fun night. Do you remember the... I remember that... I always talk about that day when we left and then we um, got back to that apartment. I remember taking my watch off. It was almost like a shackle. And I was like, fucking thank God. And then like, take like yeah. literally, it felt like a... Obviously, taking my bag, my big bag off, but obviously a physical weight, but like there was like an emotional weight off my shoulders. It was quite a... It was so weird. I remember getting ice cream and just eating ice cream in bed watching Friends. Yeah. <laughs> and just feeling like really weird and kind of emotional. Because it sounds... Yeah, you're in you're in New York and watching Friends as well. That's just something in itself. Well, man. Like, it um, hits blunt at the same time. Um, it? But so, we, yeah. But everyone, like, just to give a bit of context as well, like, we're away at a stay-away camp for nine weeks... We aren't allowed certain things like, I don't know, our phones. We're not allowed our phones throughout the day, yeah. only at certain times. We're not allowed snacks during the day. We've got like a free meal. It sounds like a. It sounds worse than it actually is. <laughs> it sounds worse than no, it actually is. It sounds exactly how it is. <laughs> <laughs> but we, um, but we, uh, but we oh, had. The food was awful. The food wasn't so great. Camp. But we obviously couldn't snack, and we obviously we had to always be somewhere as well. I remember this when I took my watch off at the end of it. I was just like, thank fuck. Like, I remember yeah. saying, to, I remember you girls saying, oh, when should we start going? Or when should we, when should we like go and meet everyone? Because everyone's saying, 
or we need to be here at this time. And I, I remember saying, like, we can be anywhere we fucking want right now. We, can yeah. <laughs> we have no time constraints right now. We could, exactly. we're, we're, we're literally in New York City. We can go to the bar at like 2 a.m. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was such a weird day. Mm. And then, how long did we spend in New York? A couple days. A couple days. Four days? A f- Maybe. A few, a few days, definitely. And then we went to um, Miami. Miami. Oh my god! I just remembered this, the hotel. The hotel. Yeah. Oh my god! The stress of the hotel. I've just. I've literally just remembered that. Why was it stress? Oh man, I was the first. Because okay, so we flew from. No, we flew because we went to. Because you girls went to Baltimore, didn't you? We we went yes. our separate ways for a little bit. I know. Me and some of the boys went to Boston. Went to see a Red Sox game, and then oh, we were going to yeah. meet. We were going to meet in Miami with everyone else. Yeah, um, yeah. So we met Oma Mayan, but the really weird thing was, I was with Connor. You were with Gabby. No, you're Gabby. Sorry, <laughs> you were with. <laughs> I was with Evie and Ruby. You were, but weren't. And Liam was with his girlfriend Grace. So all of us were going to meet in Miami, and we booked um, two rooms in a, like in a hotel, haven't we? Yeah. So we stayed in the same hotel, and you'd booked this hotel, hadn't you? Yeah. As I remember, and you. You'd already booked the accommodation in Harlem, which you kind of knocked out the park, which was really good. And we thought, okay, no issues with this one. But <laughs> we about to slate my hotel in Miami. You know, look, just, just hold on. To look, okay, look, I tried to look for an Airbnb. No one was helping me. I didn't have a clue. I didn't know Miami. I didn't know Miami Beach was like a separate place that other people were staying at. Yeah. Had I been told this information... Things may have been different. I mean, the information was just out there already. Everyone was saying they were staying by my South Beach. Anyway, but we're all. But this the 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 dilemma was we're all flying at separate times and like not really all getting there at the same time. I know you and Evie were flying at the same time, but our friend Ruby was flying. Like she flew at a different time to you guys. I remember I was in Boston with Connor. Oh, we did fly. We flew at the same time, the girls. Did you? Yeah. I thought there was well, a. Ma- I thought. Probably have not. I thought she. I thought Ruby like flew to a different airport and had to get a taxi from like the some random airport in Florida to Miami. I thought that was the case. No. I oh, know. Anyway, but it was. I do remember you getting there first and you pretending like. You text us being like, "No, we couldn't get in. Like, we've got nowhere to stay." Mate, they were because sa- they were saying, "Because they were saying you need to pay this amount." Because we thought we'd paid. Because I remember we, I remember paying you at, at some point for this, but they said um, you need to pay like a deposit for the room, and I was like, at this point, I'm absolutely skint because New York kind of buried me financially. Yeah, um, and I remember thinking like. They're not let, and I was like, oh, can I just go in the room and then like talk to everybody, like just contact people, so then they can maybe try. He goes, no, you can't, you can't access the room until you pay us. I was like, fuck. So, no, people aren't arriving for like another few hours. I'm absolutely skinned, so I can't pay like the because usually I would just pay the fee to get in, and then people just pay us back. But people had to pay us. Like I remember, you had to cross money over. Liam's girlfriend had to like loads of people had to just kind of cross money over, and then I remember. Because we weren't doing a usual bank transfer on like a like an English bank card, it was on those those debit cards they gave us from camp. The money they paid us on, 
Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was on the online system, and I remember thinking, like, I haven't got the app, I haven't got, I haven't got the fucking app. I'm, like, just panicking. And then I get to the room, like, finally, and just pass out with, like, just stress, and I was just, I was, <laughs> I was absolutely dead. I remember when, when you turned up, you were like, hey, oh, my God, this is, isn't this amazing? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's been great so far. It's been fantastic. <laughs> it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's been really good. No, but I remember you tricking us and being like, what? We can get in. There's nowhere to stay. Like, yeah. And we were like, oh my God, he's not, he's lying, he's lying. And you were. I don't think that was a deliberate lie, though. That must have been. No, no, you were, you were joking. I can't remember. Once you'd got in, you pretended like you couldn't get in and we like, we had nowhere to stay. I can't remember that. That sounds like, that sounds. That sounds ridiculous for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, completely outed as a dickhead. I'm sorry. Like, but, um, I mean, I think we didn't believe it anyway. No. I think I remember... I, th- I do remember now, because little things are coming back to me, when I went there and I said, oh, room, is it under my name? Like, South. And they go, no, no, no. They, they, set, they kept on saying, like, you have two rooms, but it's not under your name. And I kept on... Ha- I like, because there's, like, six of us. Had to go through every single name. I was like, "Surely it was under my name." Is it Scuds? Is it? <laughs> but then, like, I think your name was. I was like, Kenny, and he was like, "Yes." <laughs> it was like a fucking game show. Yeah, of course, because I booked it. But I was just, I was stressed, and yeah, <laughs> clearly a, a bit thick as well at the time. <laughs> it's clearly stupid, but after all that, yeah. after all that stress, we had a good time. We, we had a good yeah. time. Yeah. How many days did we spend in Miami? I think it was about five four or five days. Yeah. Topped up the tan. And, and then we went to Orlando. We did, yeah. I didn't. I can't remember seeing much of you in Orlando. No, because you didn't come to the park with us. No, because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> yeah. I stayed in the hotel um, and just got drunk by the pool. Didn't yeah. you have a good time in the hotel that day? I did have a good time in the hotel that day, yeah. <laughs> I did have a good time, yeah. I do remember that, actually. Yes, that was, you yeah. Got, you got very lucky on your uh, solo day yeah it was Orlando. yeah it was my lucky day yeah just some um, uh just sometimes just things just fall in my lap quite literally gabby so it's um it's quite a good day yeah so even though i missed out on the park i tell you um you weren't too bothered about that in the end nah i was like what it's like disney what the fuck is disney <laughs> no but that was yeah. good and then i think we because we went to, you didn't come to philadelphia with us did you or or dc we went to New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah, you, you went with Jamie, didn't you? And then. No, we didn't go with Jamie. I thought he was there with you. We went there just the girls. I don't know. I'm obviously a bit. My yeah. memory's my memory's a bit scratchy, obviously. But um, <laughs> and me telling you, oh, you went there because no, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. uh no, <laughs> but I can't remember. I don't think. I think uh, Orlando was like farewell for a little bit, wasn't it? Afterwards. It was. Yeah, oh, it was. Because wow. we went to Philadelphia and then DC and then back to New York. But when we went back to New York, because we were all flying back, we had like completely done with the trip. Like we were just hating everything because we, so, we were so skint. Uh, like me and Connor just like stuck in the hotel or the Airbnb just for like a few nights and like all we could afford is... I might as well play violin music at this point. Um, uh, but, <laughs> but, like a dollar pizza slice. Yeah, dollar pizza slice. It. Oh, we're oh poor us. We're in fucking New York. <laughs> but yeah, that is how that is how we originally met, and we've obviously stayed. In, we've 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 stayed in touch since since then. We have. 
It's been a, it's been a, it's been a beautiful yeah. friendship. It has. It has. You obviously still, you, well, you knew Connor and Liam from home, and you now live with Connor, right? I do, yes, yeah. Connor, who's previously featured on the podcast, yeah. How's so, he doing? He's doing all right, yeah. I would get him down, but he's um he's busy on, I think he's playing uh, Gears of War or something like that. He's on PlayStation. Oh, he's very, very busy. He's very, very busy. It's, it's, you know. He's a busy man. He's a busy man. He's te- he's he's planning his lessons for the you know teaching the youth for tomorrow, but he's got to play Gears of War at the, th- at the same time. <laughs> you mean he's going to teach them Gears of War? Yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just has a massive gaming session with the kids. Uh, but we said we mentioned that you're the keyboardist. Is keyboardist the right term? Yeah. Or is it just keyboard player? Keyboardist works. Keyboardist works. Okay, so the keyboard yeah. the 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 keyboardist for. The band Spitfires. The Spitfires, yeah. Not a big deal. Um, so, so well, how, how did that happen? And obviously, because you know, I know you've played piano for quite a while, did you have to audition? Did you know these guys? Because you're all from Watford, aren't you? Yes. So I played piano since I was like five, um, but never like played in a band or anything. Mm. Um, and I've got a mutual friend. Well, I know the one of the lead singer's sister and uh, they got their keyboard player left in October so they reached out to me um, and just said do you fancy joining the band uh, or like give me a go I think initially and then went to a few rehearsals and um, yeah um, yeah the rest is history and yeah, so I've not done a gig with them yet, obviously, because there have been no gigs. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shame. So just been going to rehearsals twice a week for six months, and our first gigs are in July. And that's the tour, isn't um, it? That's when the tour comes out. That's that's not the tour. That's our, like, we're doing four, like, warm-up gigs ah. in small places. And then in October, November time, is the UK tour. Okay, and where where are these four kickoff gigs, like these warm up gigs? Where are the um the preseason friendlies? Saint <laughs> um, Albans, Southend, Milton Keynes, and Guildford. Southend sounds like a cool place to play for some reason. I don't know why. Because I've just... never actually been there. You've never so been Southend. No. Southend's lovely. Is it? You'd enjoy it, yeah. So well, stuff will be open now, won't you? So you'll you'll, you'll have a good time. Yeah, I've never been to so, Saint, I've never been to St Albans or I've been to St. Milton Keynes, and that's like roundabout city. That's just roundabouts every fucking corner you go. I've never, I don't know if I've been to Milton Keynes, and I don't. I think I've been to Guildford. Guildford's a bit posh, isn't it? It's quite yeah, bit posh people. It's near Surrey. Surrey, yeah. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then the um, tour kicks off when? Is it like as soon soon afterwards or? It's October. October. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And so how long is that for? Is that a time. UK-wide tour then? Is that England, Wales and Scotland or? Um, not Wales. It's Scotland and Ireland though. Oh, wow. Whereabouts in Ireland? Uh, Dublin and Belfast. God damn. So you're yeah. going out of the EU. So it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Going so into, I, well, actually, no, into the EU. No, sorry, like, into the EU, yeah, yeah, yeah. from yeah. out to in, yeah, so, yeah. And I've never even been to Scotland or Ireland. Haven't you? No. Whereabouts in Scotland are you playing as well? Um, Edinburgh and Glasgow. 
Oh, you'll have a great. I've never been to Glasgow. You'll have. A, you'll love Edinburgh. Like it's a. It's a great place. I've heard lots of good things. You should. You should contact our friend Jamie Summers, our mutual friend, for all the kind of because he's a great. He live in London. No, he lives in London, but he's from Edinburgh, isn't he? Yes. So yeah, but should, we should you should come to London. We should all meet. Definitely, yeah. Because no, that's. that's... I saw on his Instagram story the other day. Yeah. That he was in. Well, it looked like he was in. Um. Shoreditch, like near Liverpool Street Station. He probably is because he wants to be cool. I was also there at the weekend. Oh my god. So. Yeah, I just thought... So were a lot of people. <laughs> you made it sound like you were the only two people in Shoreditch that day. Yeah, because I didn't see till after his story, otherwise I would have been like, you know, where are you? Ah, uh, so you're trying to hit him up. But yeah, no, you should, but... you, should get, you should get in contact with him because he's a gr- I've been to Edinburgh twice, obviously with him both times, and he's a great tour guide. I think even though he, won't, he most likely won't be there with you, he'll give you all the information you need to go to the best places. Yeah, is that exactly where he's from then, Edinburgh? He's he's exactly from Edinburgh, yeah. 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 And he went to uni there, right? Yeah, born. Oh, that's what I mean. Did he just go to uni there, or is he like? Yeah, born he's born, born and raised. Yeah. Okay. Born and raised Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Amazing. So he knows every know every street, every fucking crevice everywhere. <laughs> Don't know how much time we'll get to explore, though. Hopefully, you'll be. Hopefully, some. Hopefully there won't be... Well, first of all, hopefully the gigs will go ahead because I'm sure you've had like... Because well, mm. have, you, have you had... Has the band had many delays or had many... Yes. So this was supposed to be a 2020 tour um, and then it was um, supposed to be in April this year mm-hmm. and now it's October. Yeah, so it's kind of hope, fingers crossed, touch wood, that you guys can. And are you, are you travelling around our way? Are you travelling to Nottingham? We will be in Nottingham. And can we expect some uh, some free passes? Some you know. You can expect to be on the guest list. Fantastic 100%. news! Great news! We have that recorded now, so you have to live up to your word. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to. I've got to stick to that now. Yeah, you got to. Stick Let me to just it. check where I'm playing because I. Plug the tour. Yours. Plug the tour. So. Nottingham Rescue Rooms. Yeah, Rescue Rooms, yeah, we know that. Is it any good? Yeah, it's pretty good. That's a good that's a good place to have like yeah, a live band, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. So what kind of a get what kind of guest list? What can I expect? Can I expect like champagne on arrival? Can I expect, you know <laughs> You can expect to go to the door. Cocaine and hookers, all the kind of classic, you know, rock and roll stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Make them, like, I put it all in writing. Nice one. Champagne, cocaine, hookers. That's on yeah. the door. That's on the guest list. Yeah. We've got Anything that recorded. We've got that recorded. <laughs> We're there. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll be able to go out after. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, unless you know you, you guys have you know, obviously because you're rock and rollers, you'll be kind of groupied up, won't you? You've got there's be groupies everywhere. Yeah, I assume that will be the case. So <laughs> many fans, like we just won't be able to be seen in public. Yeah. That would probably be the case. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll be able to get a drink after. No, it'll be good. That won't be an issue. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward um, to that because I've seen um, your... Obviously, I'm only judging from, like, your Instagram. Um, yeah. And obviously on the Spitfire's Instagram as well. But, like, they, they look like kind of 
well, you guys look like a really good live band to see, so I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. Yeah, we did a little Insta live, no, Facebook live last week, mm. and that actually went really well. Got loads of views, lots of likes, lots of comments, so we were really happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like, we played four songs for this live, and that was the closest that I've been to like playing live with them. Yeah. So... And this is really this slightly is, different with the crowd. Yeah, and this is the first time you've ever played in a band as well. Yes, that's mad. That's that's crazy. That's, so you're gonna go yeah, like, jump like different. straight in the deep end almost. Exactly. But um, ba- I'm kind of glad that we not glad that we've had COVID, obviously, but glad that I've had time to rehearse so much with them mm. and time to learn all the songs. I um, guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that builds like trust with obviously. Well, they trust you now as well because obviously you're the new you're the newbie. Yeah, and obviously, like I didn't know these guys before, so we've just kind of been getting to know each other. That's pretty good. And what kind yeah. of um, uh, my sort of apologies? I've not done that much research, but what can we? What sort of bands like describe describe Spitfires oh, in a few words? God. Everyone asks me what the genre of music is. I, <laughs> I sound like I, I probably sound like one of like your aunties or uncles. Like, so what sort of music do you play? What's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like um, punky, rocky, poppy, like jazzy, <laughs> rappy, you know, like influences from like the jam. Oh yeah, so quite punchy yeah. punk, like punk, like poppy music then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and Have, they've um, they've supported pretty well ever before on tour. Oh, so of course they're very jammy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Well, uh, say they, you, yeah. you guys. Me now, yeah, yeah. I guess, but I don't write the tunes. No, you are one fourth, one fifth. I'm one quarter of the band. Yeah. One quarter of the band. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've got a, a, um, the first rock and roll. There's also brass section, so we've got a uh, trumpet and trombonist who play all the live gigs with us. Yeah, um, they're like session musicians, but they are at every gig. Yeah. Like, it's weird because I kind of forget because I don't play gig. I haven't played a gig yet. Yeah, and they've only been to like two rehearsals, but they're uh, going to be on tour. They're going to be there. That's quite cool. So, yeah, it's a bit mad. That's a bit mad, yeah. And that will that will probably that will probably fly by that, that by the time because I know well last year like more than most like when I remember when the first lockdown came we were like oh like I think they said like restrictions start and I no Connor was saying because they may not be going back to school in like September and we're like oh, September's ages away and then September seems to like come within five minutes. Exactly. I think I think it will probably be the same this year because there's still like some restrictions to. Obviously, by then, touch wood, they'll be all lifted and still lifted and unrestricted. So, I think October's yeah, going to sure. fly by. And we've all the band will have been vaccinated. We all had our first vaccine. Hey. So is that rock and roll privileges? Is is it? No, <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Like I, 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 I completely bit. I was like, is it? Oh my god. 
have you been no, vaccinated though? Are no you... reasons we've all had our vaccine, but it's quite good because by the time it gets to July during our first gig, we would have all had both vaccines. You, be you protected. Safe. Yeah. Was um, have you yeah, had both? I'm hoping October everything will be fine. Have you had both vaccines then? No, my second one's in June. Ah, oh, sweet. I've still not. How come you've had your first? Oh, because oh, maybe yeah. I shouldn't say on the podcast. Maybe, I'll maybe tell not. You, I'll, I'll, we'll keep it stem. We'll keep it stem. She's um, actually Boris Johnson's daughter. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's a part of the Tory cabinet, actually. She's not, yeah. She doesn't play keyboards for any band when at I all. When I speak about my work, you know. Yeah, she's a part of the problem, not is. part of the solution. Yeah, so. <laughs> Still come see the band, though, guys. Still come see the band, Spitfires. Check them out. Um, <laughs> no, I've not, I've not received... I've not, I've not got anywhere. I got a letter from the NHS the other day. Um, and I thought, oh, this is going to be the vaccine, like the notice. And then yeah. it was just like, oh, do you want to be a part of like an experiment? I was like, no, I want my vaccine. Oh, really? <laughs> Give me my vaccine. <laughs> like, <laughs> What's the experiment? I can't remember. I didn't fully read it. I just kind of scanned over it. Just, I didn't see the word vaccine or like <laughs> we are offering you the vaccine. So, so I didn't, just it up, I didn't really pay much attention. I was just like, yeah, fuck this. Like, like that. It's like a birthday card when you get a, like a birthday or Christmas card. You open, it's got no money in, so you just chuck it away. Like, fuck this. Unless it's a Gabby Kenny art card. Unless, unless it's a Gabby Kenny art. Of course, yeah. So you, you're not throwing those. One, you're not throwing them ones away. No. Do you know what? That actually makes me sad to think that people must have thrown my cards away. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they should be framing that shit, you know? Have I just crossed yeah. your dreams? Yeah, I've I just... put time and effort into drawing with my bare hands, and people put that in the bin. Yeah. That's <laughs> mental. It's like, where's the money? Where's the money? <laughs> <laughs> Don't care about Gabby Kenny, yeah, where's my money? <laughs> Who's this? Who's Gabby Kenny? Who's that? Yeah. But no, it sounds, that the tour sounds really exciting, because I remember I was in a band at one point when I was a kid... Um, yeah, a brief, brief moment. I don't think we even put, we had a few rehearsals. We never played. Um, just rock and roll. Just that just happens, doesn't it? Just you know, someone, someone died of an overdose, um, and we just never, we never, we never made it. We never made it to the show. But we had a few rehearsals in my garage. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I played, I played the drums, and then we had my mate on the bass, and then the guitarist. But I never knew you played drums. I'm sorry. I never knew you played drums. I used to once upon a time, but I think if I was to be sat by a kit now, it would sound like I've never played in my life. I think I'd have to just devote a lot of time to sounding fairly okay again. But yeah, yeah, played for about, about seven years, seven, eight years. Uh, oh, no, yeah, you could definitely get back into it. Yes. Yeah, I didn't play piano for ages before I joined the band. Mm. Piano is one of the things I'd, l- I'd love to play. Because I always like the look of... I just think it looks. I know. Just I, I don't know. It sounds like to be good at piano. It just sounds like just a, it's quite a thing. I'd brag about and be like, yeah, I play piano. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that I don't brag about it. But no, I, that, I'm talking about me. I'm just. No, <laughs> I, I know. I know. But I like. I enjoy playing, and it's. I can't lie. It's been it's taken a lot of grafting. Mm. To, I mean, it's not really reflective in what I play in the band because it's mostly just like <laughs> chords and stuff. But <laughs> before that, it was, yeah, it was yeah, a lot of work, I guess. 
it just sound it just looks when someone's playing piano and playing it well it just looks quite relaxing mm. it doesn't look like it's obviously when you're playing drums or if you're giving it some on the guitar it looks obviously it looks enjoyable but you know it looks quite stressful sometimes yeah with piano just then like it can be quite nice and zen it's like diddle-a-loo, <laughs> Yeah, no, I do like it. It's just like, have it, you? Yeah. I was just gonna say, have you booked any gigs for when things open up again? I haven't. No. Um, I want to. I want to kind of. It's weird booking things up again because. Yeah. I've booked, actually. I know. Oh, I tell her I'm going to a festival in Ooh. in Cambridge in August. What's the festival? Called We Out Here Festival. I don't okay, know. So who's playing? I don't know, and to be honest, I don't really care. I just want to go there and have a good time, <laughs> just because, yeah. because my mates were like, "Oh, who's playing?" I was like, "Who gives a fuck?" Because like we just, it'd just be a fun it's music, and it's a It would just be a good time, and hopefully in August, hopefully it'll be nice weather. But I have no when we when me and my mates booked it, everyone I was paid the money. I was like, "Okay, cool," like. I've booked something. <laughs> I've got something. Yeah. To look, I've got something to look forward to. Like I think I've said this on the podcast before. It just it was such a strange sensation to have something to look forward to again. Yeah, I was so excited booking my first gig. And which is, is your first gig your own gig? Um, yes, but that's not what I was talking <laughs> yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, my first gigs are in July, like playing. Mm. My first gig that I've booked to see is August All Points East. Oh, yeah? To see, I'm going on the day that Foles and Bombay Bicycle Club are playing. That'd be sick. That'd be good, actually. I'm very excited for that. But have you ever seen both of those bands before? I have, yeah. Good. Ex- like I've Foles. Have you? Yeah, I've seen Foles a few times. And I've seen Bombay Bicycle Club once. No, twice actually. Um, once at la- once at a festival, once at in um, in a venue. But yeah, I was yeah. Yeah, they're like, both great bands. Pretty solid bands to go and see live again. Yeah, and then I've also booked Ben Howard. Oh yeah. And um, Declan McKenna. Who's Declan McKenna? He's great. People don't know him, but he's the best. Oh yeah. I think he's so good. To be fair, he's quite like. He's indie, but he gets played on Radio One a lot. Indie bands do get played on Radio One, amongst yeah. amongst all the other shit. Yeah, you know. so he is kind of a bit mainstream, but um, is he more like kind of gets played on Radio X and Absolute Radio and stuff? Essentially, six, six music probably. No, not six music. He's not quite enough for that. He's too mainstream. He's too mainstream for six music. Yeah. Yeah. No. Sure, but you've got to listen to him. He's great. Declan, only, like Declan McKenna. Yeah. I'll give it. I'll give it a shout. I'll give it a listen. Yeah. Um. But I do. Oh, um. Next week, Royal Blood tickets are going on sale. Yes, my mates. Um. Actually, uh, I don't think. My mates said, um, don't want to see them at the moment. A bit strapped for cash, so I can't really afford to fork out for it. But I'd like. To, I'd like to see them live. They're great. Because they'd be. I remember seeing them. I remember their first album came out, and it was like you know, because the coverage of when Glastonbury was on, there was the um, coverage over the on the TV all over the weekend. Yeah, I remember catching was, them oh, so good, like yeah. a like ten minute 
bit of their set they looked sick they looked great obviously their first yeah i've not listened to much other than their first album but they're the first album for me it was, it was brilliant i loved that album yeah well they've got I think they just brought out their third album. Yeah. Yeah, they have. Um, I've seen them live before, but it was one of them ones where I was just a little bit too drunk <laughs> to remember. Yeah. That's so, the that's the thing. Next time. You want to be a little bit less. Enough. Yeah. Because that's the thing with um. Because uh, I remember being a bit too drunk. At, when I when I first saw the Stone Roses, my favorite band, I saw them at V Festival lol um and then like nice. yeah nice um and i was a bit too drunk for that i was like i've kind of sort i've just seen my favorite band and i can't really like remember much of it yeah, but then i went to see them in yeah and i went to see them in manchester um which was sick um which was great and i wasn't i kind of i only had like a couple of beers that night and then just drank afterwards but i was so glad i did that because i was able to take everything in and be a bit yeah. of a just kind of on my knees just kind of praying it was just brilliant <laughs> yeah <laughs> i went to see my favorite band um just before covid in november yeah 2019 do you know who my favorite band are i don't know i'm probably if i say if i say what i'm gonna say i'll probably insult you probably bonnevere or something I feel like you probably do like uh when i mention them <laughs> who is it vampire weekend vampire Week. oh yeah that's that i wouldn't have i wouldn't have pegged them as your favorite band but it kind really? of makes it kind of makes sense Really? Why does it make sense? I don't know. I'm not going to... I don't want to offend you. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Go on. Anyway, moving on. So Vampire Weekend are a really good live band, aren't they? Yeah, just... Okay, then. <laughs> well, um, yeah, they're amazing. I never, they, I, I've never seen them live. They don't come to the UK much at all. No, they don't, no. They literally um, haven't done a UK tour for years before then. Mm. Um, but... I'd seen them at a festival before, a day festival, and the sound was really bad. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because you know when up those outdoor festivals, the sound isn't great. Mm. Um, and then I saw them at Ali Pali, and they were just insane. That'd be so sick. good. Anything at Alexandra Palace would be good. I remember I saw Tame Impala at Ali Pali. Oh, nice. Was that good? That was sick. That was class. Um, yeah. And I went to see... I did have tickets for the Maccabees... Like last, like the the last like two gigs they had, and that was. You didn't in, go. I didn't go because I went to America instead. Oh, so yeah. Oh, but if, I wish I had been. And if I would have went yeah. to that, because that was that was in 2017. If I hadn't, if I hadn't gone to that gig, we would have never have met Gabby. We wouldn't be doing oh this podcast. Gosh. So it's kind of lucky that I didn't go to that gig as well. I know. Yeah, we would have. This was. This podcast was meant to be. It was. <laughs> it was. I would have loved to be at that back of Yeah, I've I've already said, but I remember thinking like, yeah, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth. But I am going to America for the summer, and I've already seen them like seven times. So it's not. Uh, I next I never saw them. Oh, you never saw them? No. They always came. They we always watched them at um, the Cambridge Junction, and they played at the Cornish because every year I remember for a few years when we were at school. At the Cambridge Corn Exchange, they'd have these like enemy nights, like enemy magazine. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like four or five bands would play, and they were fairly like big bands. It was quite, it was quite a cool. Like looking back, it was. I wish I was a bit older to have a better time of it, but mm. it was um, well, basically drink. But they remember there was the two years we went to them. There was this Florence the Machine played. 
She was like right. the first one out. I think um, Glass Ve- Vegas definitely played, and they had like that was pretty good. And I can't remember for the life of me, I can't remember the other ones. I've, Bombay Basketball Club. That's where I saw them as well. Oh, amazing. Yeah, they so played. Just before they were, like, big. Yeah, pretty much. Florence and the Machine was the opener for one of those shows. There was, this, I remember oh, this. Wow. Was, and this was the day after she'd won, like, a Brit Award. So she'd won a Brit Award for, like, best newcomer. Newcomer. And then wow. she was playing in... She was, like, opening for fucking Las Vegas. <laughs> like, like, which, oh, my God. And then a couple of other bands. I can't remember the other bands. Which I, yeah. if I looked them up, I, if I looked those events up, I would remember. But they was they, they were they were sick actually. I remember. Yeah, they sounded. For like 14, 15 year old young boys, you just wanted to get in the mosh pit and yeah, just, <laughs> just a big fucking curly hair and just jump around. It was it was a good laugh. I'd only have been ten at that point, Liam. Wow. What? Yeah. <laughs> this is, well, yeah. What's this? What's this what has this turned into? Like. <laughs> What are you accusing me of? I know, I just mean those, I miss those people, like, being small. Oh, I see, I see. You would have been, you would have been far too young. I would have been too young, yeah, exactly. Far too young. I I was going to see Busted at that age, at that time. Big Busted fan. Do you, like, a lot of people now, I don't think this is much of a thing anymore because Busted came back, didn't they? Didn't they do, they came back with McFly. And they, did. they did, and then they came back on their own, and I went to see them at uni. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and they were my first ever gig at Wembley Arena. Yeah. I think. Um, and then, yeah, saw them again when I was, like, 10 plus years later at a really small venue in Leeds because they were doing an album release gig. Yeah. Um which was so weird because they played all their old songs and it was just very nostalgic. Was it, was, because it was all of the members there, because remember, wasn't it Charlie who moved away? Yeah, no, but he came back. Oh, he came back, so it was all the, the, the full band back together. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was cool. And so was, cute. was it as good as, was it a, a, a nice nostalgic night? It wasn't like, say, one of those nights where you see, like, one of your favourite bands from back in the day and then it doesn't just, if it was a bit sour mm. at the end, you're like, oh, that wasn't as good as I thought it would be. No, because I wasn't like, thinking, oh my God, this music is so good. Mm. I was just more thinking like... Stop lying. Oh my God, it's busted. What a throwback. Let's go enjoy that. You'd but, stop lying. Yeah. You were definitely like, we need to get tickets it, no, straight away. Um, well, I I um, actually got on the guest list because I was reviewing the gig for the student newspaper. Mm. And so... But I was like, oh my god, I need to get that gig because it was just like very nostalgic, as I said. But did you it meet? It wasn't the best music. Did you meet the lads? I didn't. No, 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 no. Oh fuck! That would have been cool. though. That'd have been cool. I used meet. to really, really fancy uh, James. Is he the one who with? Was, like the least fanciable one now. Has he got the flat nose? I don't know. It looks like he's got a bit of a flat nose. I, want, I don't know what his surname is. Do you even know? Does he have Instagram? Most people don't. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine, except him, except him, maybe. Says um, me, like whatever. But I'm gonna Google it. Busted. Busted. The Busted Boys. I remember Busted oh, were cute looking. James Bourne. James Bourne. Yeah. What like? B O U I N. Isn't James Bourne like the Bourne Armatum films? 
Father's Day. You know those you know those films with Matt Damon? I do know them, yeah, but I didn't know. Isn't it Michael Bourne? Michael Bourne. We're gonna have to Google that now as well. Michael Bourne. We're just going around different Bourne Ultimatum. (laughs) Bourne. (laughs) Who is it? Bourne. Matthew Bourne. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> we got to every other name, but like, <laughs> is it Dave Bourne? Is it Michael Bourne? <laughs> Jason Bourne. I just miss gigs, man. Also, this, when we're talking about films, yeah. Um, cinema's opening two in weeks. Two weeks, but are there even going to be any films? I don't know. Yeah, because I know that a lot of. Um, because how did mostly? Because I spoke about the Oscars a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and it was like I remember sitting. I watched The Sound of Metal because that because that's free to watch on Amazon. But I don't know about the other films. I'm not sure if you need to like buy them on a streaming website because because they need to make money eventually, don't they? That these films, but they've yeah. But I'm not quite sure. Okay. But def- James Bond has now been like not coming out until like November. Oh no, no! I know. Fucking guys, James. I love Daniel Craig as well. You're a big Daniel Craig fan. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see an interview with him? It seemed like it was in one of those morning TV shows where all they're really because it looks like from what I am aware of. Obviously, I don't really know this, but from what these people have said, like these actors. You know when they're promoting a film, they're basically just like mm. in a room all day being interviewed by like hundreds of people. Yeah. Like each person comes in from different like say GQ or some of like the Times or some other yeah, magazine like or public. This morning. This morning and stuff. And yeah. I think they'd got like it was like the end of that that particular morning and Daniel Craig just looked like really pissed off. He was like, Oh for God's sake, like the people <laughs> from fucking this that that big woman. She was like, Hi guys, like Hi, Daniel. Oh, Alison, yeah. Alison, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and they kept Alison. on, they kept on saying like, because um, they, they they spoke about his wife, and they said like, apparently she's got like a bumper sticker saying Mrs. Daniel Craig. And he was no. like, yeah, she's, I think so. He's, she's got that, and he's, he just looked more and more pissed off. And then they gave him a bumper sticker like Mr. Rachel Weiss, and he just looked. Apparently, I think they just cut off like, oh, for fuck. <laughs> they, they cut off the interview and he was like, oh, for fuck. Like, he, just, really? he seemed a bit. I'm not sure if it was staged. It seemed like he was. Well, he's an actor, isn't he? So he could have. He probably fooled me. But he it looked. could have been staged. But I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. I've never really seen an interview with him. Really? I thought as a, as a Daniel Craig fan, as a DC fan. It's not that I just watch him. You just watch him. And in James Bond and enjoy it. Mouth, very much. you know, jaw drops, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, dribbling over. <laughs> yeah. Dribbling in the cinema, it's like, like exactly. Whoever you're with, like, you okay? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, don't speak to me right He's now. Like, what, 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 what? <laughs> He's like, what, what, what? Sort of wipe up the wipe up you the don't exist right now. Let me watch that. Like, what? Who are you? What? Sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um. But yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going to gigs again. I'm looking forward to just having. I like having the option to going back to going back to the pub. Have you taken advantage of it? Since? Have I? <laughs> have, have I? I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yes, the last few weeks, oh, I'll be honest, have just been spent drinking. You um, mad I'm bastard! Being at the pub. 
What about you? Um, on and off, like just when I seem to fancy because I, I was back home at my mum's for a little bit, and now I'm back in Nottingham, so it's just I don't know when, whenever we can, really. It's just freezing, like it's been so cold. Yeah. Like we went to one pub, like, and they had they had built this outdoor decking area with heaters, which was quite good mm. because. God, Lord knows they've all they've had is time to do this. So um, we went there. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and we were like, we had a coat and jumpers and jeans on. We were freezing, but there was these this these two women who came along and like they sat by a big table and obviously just a big party arrived. But there was this one guy who came with the party. He looked like they'd just been to Ben Nevis, and then he gave them like these women who looked like they were about to go on a night out. He like gave them all these like mountaineering stuff, and they like changed costumes straight, straight away. They were like in oh these like God. Bergen house and like just like thermal That's gear. How life is right now. It is, yeah. So bizarre. It was just like they were just they they looked like really nice and stuff, but they I thought like at the time they'll be freezing within like half an hour because it's just it was it was getting <laughs> it was getting fairly late and like. Like I'm cold and I'm. Sure they appreciated the, you know, you saw that they look nice, you recognised that, and then they put their coats on. Yeah. Someone. I didn't tell. I didn't. Able to see that. I didn't tell them that. I wasn't going to be like, oh, by the way, you guys look nice, (laughs) but have you got the? You haven't got the appropriate, you know, clothing clothing for this for this climate. So. You know, <laughs> come on, guys. You know, I think you, I think you I think you better just go home and rethink your wardrobe. Yeah. So all, you do look nice, but albeit you're going to be fucking cold. <laughs> just sort yourselves out, ladies. Yeah, all right. Luckily, the pubs that I've been to. Luckily, Bear Grylls <laughs> came with his um uh, with his climbing gear and his um yes. animals. So <laughs> that's pretty much that's that's pretty much it. But yeah, no, I'm looking you forward to me. I'm looking forward to going back in the pub. Me like, too. Watching football and just just being in a pub. It's the 17th. Eh? It's the 17th when we get to go back in. I think so. Oh, that's so soon. That is as well. 17th of May. Oh shit, it's May, isn't it? Yeah. Fuck, this year is, like like I said, yeah, October's going to, you blink and it's October. Oh with the God, tour. I'm scared. This, this, oh my God. You... No, I'm looking forward to summer though. Yeah, summer's gonna be good. Hope, hope, well, this is supposed to be summer now, but it's freezing cold. Like, it's not supposed to be summer or like the beginning of May. May is like the big. I remember May as like just the opening of summer. It's like the kind of hey, we're May, and it's Maybe. like we're, hey, it's May. Maybe we'll get there the next few weeks. Maybe hopefully we'll get there because May is like yeah. I always see May as obviously you won't see this the same as me because of football. Not saying you're not a football <laughs> fan, even though you're a big Watford, Watford FC fan, aren't you? So yeah, I'm a huge, huge, huge Watford fan. fan. Yeah, bloody massive Watford fan. Exactly. Troy Deeney, all those guys. Yeah, Troy Deeney for life. The all the lads, but I think of May like when the Champions League like semi-finals and final come round. It's like nice weather in the evenings to watch it, and it's like. I see. It just gets so like. How you recognise it? Yeah. I recognise May as just a nice, nice time of year because of the football is usually but nice to watch. The foosball. Yeah. The foosball, yeah. I um, I'm hoping to move to London in the next two months. Mm-hmm. So I'm like thinking summer in London. Be pretty good. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Time it well with the all the kind of lockdown restrictions as well. Exactly. Yeah. I'm kind of. I've done my time at home now. You've done your time. It's time to fly the nest. It's time to fly. 
Time to go. For sure. But no, that's not that's yeah. not even that far for you, is it? Really? It's not far, and I do spend every weekend in London. This most my friends live there, but it's just, every 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 weekend when I travel back, I'm like, oh, why? You're like fuck. Like until you're like. Why do I have to go back? You get back and like, how's your night? It's like, yeah, it was brilliant. It was great. It was really, really good. It was really I'm good. Like, why do I live it? Exactly. I can't see myself ever live. I could because I like Nottingham, and that's just like because it's not too big, it's not too small. Yeah. It's just the right size for me. I just can't see yeah, myself. Fair enough. I can't see myself living. Never say never. But. Well, you can come visit me in London. Sweet, that's cheaper. I'll come visit you. You yeah, you can bring Connor and yeah. we'll meet up with Jamie and the four of us can go out. On the lash. On the lash. Get the gang back together. Yeah. Get Ruby to I fly mean, get, over from get, Australia. Get Ruby to fly over. Get Evie to come down from Manny. Get Evie to come down from is it is Leeds or Manchester? She's in Manchester now. She's in Manchester. Um Liam He's still in touch with Liam. He is, yeah. We are. Sorry. Yeah, he can come. Yeah, he's and he's, then the whole crew. He's all right. Yep. Yeah. So the whole crew, the whole gang, the Miami gang. Yeah, exactly. But um, fun. no, but um, anything else? So like, obviously, the tour's coming up, and everything like that. It's been a pleasure having you on. By the way, thanks for coming on again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, anything? I to be on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything you want to sort of bring up, or anything else you want to sort of talk about? I think so. Okay. I think anything that's... else you want to ask me? No, we have to say we can. You can plug like, what what are the tour dates. So can, where can people find Spitfires? Where can people find Gavin um, Kenny Art? If you go on just at the Spitfires UK on Instagram, you shall find them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and at Gabby Kenny Art. And all tour information is on the Instagram page, yeah? On the page, it is, it is. On the page. Yes. Lovely. So do come along if you would like to hear some banging tunes. Lovely. Basically. Well, I've got guest lists, so um, it's going to be... You've got guest lists, so you're fine. It's going to be a great time. Um, you know, it's gonna yeah. Be, it's going to be a free I evening. I've been guaranteed cocaine, hookers and champagne on arrival, <laughs> so... I'm going to have a great time. that day? I think it's... Let's have a look. Nottingham is the... Oh, I'm not playing Nottingham until January. What? Oh, my God. All the other dates are October, November, and then Manchester and Nottingham are January. God damn, that's going to be freezing. Oh, well. It's going to be inside. We'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Inside, it'll be freezing. That'll be cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have to see each other before then, obviously. We will do, yeah, this summer. I'll come down to London and... Yeah. yeah. As soon as I get the new crib, <laughs> um, you will have to come stay. Definitely, yeah. No, yeah, we'll have, um, yeah, pints and... Just pints. Pints gin. on pints on pints on pints. Gin for me. Gin for you. A pint of gin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. Let's live. Let's go for it. <laughs> we've got like so, um, like three years of drinking to catch up. Yeah, we need. Yeah, we've all, we've all got to catch up. We we need. We all need a good time. So I think a pint yeah, of gin exactly. is a good place to start. 
There's just a splash yeah. of tonic just to make sure you're safe, but yeah, you'll be right. Yeah, perfect. Splash of tonic, lime slice, you're good. <laughs> Pint of gin, please, barman. Thanks. But anyway, uh, thank, yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time as well because you've got to go off now and rehearse, haven't you? you got to... Just me. I've just got to practice. I've got a tight deadline of learning all the tunes by Thursday. So, yeah. That's not, a, that's not a bad deadline, is it, to have? Compared I mean, to like, it needs, it's got to be done. Compared to like yeah. uni deadlines. It, yeah, no, it's it's much more fun than that. Yeah, that was Gabby Kenny. Thanks again, Gabby, for coming on the podcast. Appreciate the love and support as per. Um, the next interview, I'm going to hop straight into it without further ado. Is Emily Catherine? She's an illustrator slash muralist slash creative slash just an absolute genius with the paintbrush and the pen. Um, and she knows a hip hop as well. She's an absolute hip hop aficionado. She knows far more than me, um, and she's far more talented than I. Um, it's a theme of the women on this podcast. They're just far more talented than I am. So, um, but um, I'll I'll, ha- I'll happily play second fiddle. But um, uh, Emily was actually introduced to me by Georgina, um, and they're very good friends, and they were on the same uh, kind of program, which you'll, you'll um, uh, which you might have heard on the Georgina interview. And you'll no doubt hear about it on this interview as well. But um, really, really enjoyed this one with um, Emily, like just similar to the Georgina interview. Like she was just so forthcoming with everything. Nothing was nothing was off the table. And she was just a, she was just a delight to be around. So, yeah, thanks again to um, to Emily, not Catherine, <laughs> just to um, uh, Emily. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this one. I think that, yeah, just for all creatives out there and all that stuff, I think this is a, definitely an interview for you guys. Um, and just in general, like someone who's been through quite a bit of bit of stuff in her life, she managed to get, you know, you know, get out of a dark place personally and professionally and be able to, you know, build a career, a really established career in the hip hop community and the um, art community as well. But without further ado, you can stop listening to me talk for now. But Emily Catherine. Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome on on my next guest on the Voice Notes podcast. She's a freelance illustrator specialising in hand-drawn and painted illustrations. She's also done some amazing work around the city of Nottingham. She's also from Nottingham, local girl, with murals and different um, uh, work art galleries. And not to mention, she's done a lot of artwork for your favourite hip-hop artists. Welcome to the Voice Notes podcast, Emily Catherine. Thanks very much for coming. Yeah, thank Thank you. Thank you. How you, how you, how's, well, how's it going? How, how you been? I'm all right. I'm a bit tired, but I'm all right. Yes. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's kind of. I think the weather takes it like plays a little bit. Doesn't it just? I can't even speak right now. This <laughs> is the weather. Yeah, it's how yeah. bad it is. Yeah, but um, no, yeah. Thanks for coming on. It's been kind of a bit of a long time in the making, hasn't it? Because you've been busy with loads of other stuff, and yeah, we had that chat for a bit, and yeah, yeah. it was it was good. And well, thanks to George, we you're, you're yeah. on here, so it was. Because when we, Georgina, when we, yeah, big up. Because when you, because when we finished recording, she was like, oh, "You need to get him. You need to get him. <laughs> she, she's my best mate. She's this. She's that. She's fantastic." I'm just like, "Okay, okay, it's fine. <laughs> like, I'll do it. I'll get you on. I'll get you on. Yeah, it's fine." <laughs> How much did she pay you then? Well, quite she, a lot. She gave me loads, loads of poetry. Yeah, <laughs> and gardening tips as well. Yeah. Well, they're invaluable. Gardening tips and yeah. just you know, act like. A surplus of poetry. So, yeah, yeah. But this is why we get on because I'm also a bit of a gardener, mm. and I don't really like poetry <laughs> apart from hers. And now I know her, yeah, like some of her mates' poetry. So mm. yeah, it's quite good. I get I get to explore her little life. 
Yeah. And she does the same with me. She's not really into hip hop, for example. Yeah. You know. But, you know, it's but best, best of both it. worlds. Yeah, best exactly. of both worlds. You sort of feed off each other. It's yeah. a good back and forth. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's like I mentioned, um, an illustrator is not like, because usually I've never really, I, I can say I've safely never really met an illustrator unless <laughs> when people do it at uni or anything like that. But right. how, like, talk us, talk us through, like, your career and, like, how you got into it and... Because I know we spoke... Yeah. It's really, really interesting what we spoke about on the phone the other week and... Yeah, So, I did a very it. backwards route. So, I didn't actually study illustration or fine art at university as an undergraduate. What I did was, I left school with no GCSEs. I then, as a kind of mini-adult, went to go and get some GCSEs. Mini-adult mini being? Like 18. 18, A yeah, mini-adult. Yeah. Mini-adult, yeah. I don't yeah. want to say, like, young person. Yeah. So, it's more of a mini-adult. yeah. That's an um, old person thing to say, yeah. As a young person, yeah. <laughs> um, so, mini adult went to go and get GCSEs, and then they were like, okay, so you've got those now, uh, but I had a full time job. So, you've yeah. got a choice. You can either go and get two A levels, I think, is what was available to me, but you'd have to quit your job. So, I was like, well, yeah. that's not going to work. I can't wait to pay my rent. Um, or you can go and do like night classes mm. at the Uni of Nottingham. Mm hmm. Now, night classes are what retired people take. Ah, yeah. Um, so, it was just muggins here with a load of, <laughs> shall we say, older people. Older persons. Yeah, <laughs> of a retired nature. Yeah. Um, doing really fun things. So, mm. I just cherry-picked the things that I had an interest in, which at the time was fine art, art history, mm -hmm. uh, English literature. And what I learned was, I hated fine art. Mm because they kept telling me to be expressive and not draw anything that looked like anything. Yeah. And it was all about theory and how I'd got there. Um, and then, but I loved art history, so I was like, mm. well, I'm going to take this through to the diploma. So I was a bit stumped. So by the time that I got to applying for uni-uni, mm. I went, ah, fuck art. I, mean, I hate it. I don't like graphics, because I can't hate computers. Um, yeah. I looked into doing an illustration degree at Loughborough, and it was like, once you've got your style you'll take that style throughout the whole of your career. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to just find one style yes. and do the same shit. That sounds absolutely shit. So I decided not to do illustration. Mm. And I hate fine art, so I did English media and cultural studies. As you do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely flipped it upside down, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, well, I'm pretty good at English. Like, it comes naturally to me. So, you know, I did that. And what I realised is I really liked doing um, the cinema modules. Mm-hmm. Um, and the theory of it. And then I realised that I really liked actual celluloid film and the process of celluloid film. Hmm. So when I left uni, I knew that I wanted to archive. Explain what a celluloid is for people who don't know, i.e. me. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so back in the uh, Dizzle, they used to have cameras with film, right? So you've seen film cameras. Mm -hmm. uh, like your Diana Plus. They were all the rage, weren't they, back in like 2002? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actual yeah. film cameras. Uh, well, they used to use film, which mm -hmm. are on these huge reels, um, and kept in these things called cans, big circular cans. And they're made of celluloid, which is a very flammable material. It's pl kind of plasticky kind of material. It's like old film, like I just remember mm -hmm. from Inglorious Bastards. When yeah, they set, exactly the, they set the whole gaff on fire, yeah. Yeah, exactly. With that, that yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's so flammable that Pathé Newsroom have um, a swimming pool above their archive. Because if it ever went off, they would explode the swimming pool yeah, yeah. and the whole thing wouldn't blow up. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I went to work for BBC and I went to work at Bradford Media Museum 
trying to get a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of running around making teas and coffees, but also doing a bit of archiving. Yeah. And then the Tories came in and they uh, abolished <laughs> all archiving. Yeah. Basically, they gave it to prison inmates to archive film and they privatised it to universities. So East Anglia University got our local archive. Oh, wow. So <clears throat> I didn't really, and, and there were no spaces left at the Beeb because it was like, well, now we've got a team and everything's privatised, that's it. Like, we've got, yeah. unless you go and work in a newsroom or whatever, we don't really want you here. So I was like, oh, crap. So I was just unemployed um, and I moved back home with my mum and that was really hard. And then my mate's mum said, will you illustrate a book for this 75-year-old man that I know? And I went, yeah, all right. Um, and I just realised I was really fucking good at it. Sweet, yeah. I loved it. Like, yeah. it was great. I would, I would go to Bromley House. Have you ever heard of Bromley House? Yes, I have. Yeah, kind of. Private, it's, it's, co- it's coming like, back to me now, yeah. Private members library in town. The mm. poshest of the posh. Yeah. And this sweet old little man, I'd meet him there and we'd like, it, like talk about illustrating the book. He was right from the posh. But I just loved the process of yeah. working really closely with another person and then drawing. And they would always think that my drawings were pretty fantastic even though... They were much shitter. Mm. It makes it more of a personalised situation or yeah. personalised like feeling as well. So that was quite good. So, and that, when you said like you became really good, like you just figured out like I'm actually really good. It was just like a kind of like light bulb moment. No, I've always drawn and yeah. I've always known that I was all right at it and I've always mm. loved doing it. It's just that the education system didn't make it look as if it was a viable option what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like it, I felt very much like a square peg in a round hole. Sounded like they put you off a bit. Massively, it, like because, yeah, that just once you have one style, <laughs> this is be your style for life, and like imagine saying that with any other sort of like field, right? this is a bit strange. So, yeah, you don't want, to, especially with art as well, something so like using. Mm. Like again, I'm struggling to find any words right now. <laughs> it's cool. It's too hard. It's a, it's a great it's a great recipe for a great podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it's especially when you should be using your creativity freely, and you should be encouraged to do that. That's a bit. It is a bit backwards to. I was sort of like you said, yeah, sort of square peg in a round hole. Or yeah, I, I was lucky enough to have learned a little bit about history and some of the theory that went along with it. And I was also really lucky to have had the degree that I had because it taught me about um, high and low culture, mm. high and low art, and the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. And some of the really old school th- theory that goes with it is is basically anything that is taste based, i.e., mm-hmm. something which is opinion whether you like it or not. Often what will happen is you will have people who are rich and powerful hmm. making decisions about what is and isn't allowed in the arts. Yeah. And they will taste make hmm. what everybody else should like. Ah, uh, so you could be used that as an analogy for most things. That's just like exactly. the kind of old fashioned, you know, Billy Bob's just, you know, totally. thinking of what was popular back then. Yeah. Because I remember speaking to my friend about his friend's job, like in banking or something like that. It's mm. like... They were like his bosses were like blokes in like the nineties and eighties where everything <laughs> yeah. was booming, and they still think it's that era. It's like totally. actually no, it's, it's more digital and stuff like that. So yeah. that's like in, a, in any sort of industries like that. But it's mad. It's like with art, especially because it's constantly just kind of refining itself, or mm. like just to have however you sort of um, want to put it. It's just, mm. it's just it, it's, it just seems like a feel for constant just creativity. Like you should, you should be like a room where people are bouncing ideas off each other and no yeah. bad ideas no no ideas a bad idea and exactly yeah. it should be totally um, expressive and you should be able to in the same day make something 
which is about your journey mm. and you should be able to make something which just is for the sake of it looking pretty yeah and it should be valued the same mm. but it isn't yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah I, I think basically I kind of got to the end of uh, my kind of education and thought okay I've got to this point and I'm, I'm unemployed I've done this maybe I could actually do this as a career and just ignore the fact that I haven't had a kind of classically trained education yeah but didn't quite know how to get there that's what most people you hear about a lot of people like doing because loads of people are so concerned like say with like media companies art mm. like all sorts of companies they're worried about what you've done previously like what experience do you have like Absolutely. we want to hire you but you need to have 40 years experience etc yeah. etc and like how do I get it then? Yes, yeah, I know. It's, it's it's really rare when you find like well, like yourself, you've landed on your feet and you know you've done it on yourself, but done it by yourself. But it's it's really rare. Like I, I don't think this will ever be on the BBC or anything like that. Not that I kind of <laughs> want it to be, but it's just yeah. because I haven't got like, years of broadcasting experience or anything like that. But I've got radio degree, and mm. but yeah, I digress. It's um, it just seems like they say that oh we want you, but you have to be oh yeah. oh, really? oh oh we don't want you anymore. Oh, you're only, oh. And I think you're 21 and you've only been here you've only been doing it for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I think there's also like a weird stigma about like well if you haven't gone through the same pain that we've gone through then we're not going to let you in like if you've gone through a different pain then we mm. don't believe that you suffered enough to get here yeah and I think it's like how do you prove to those companies that alright it might not be the same pain but I'm really hungry for it mm. I am different you know yeah and you can't you can't say is because you can say like like to, like you just said to me like and I can believe that but they'll be like almost wanting you to grovel for it almost Definitely. and just kind of yeah. you know, bend and break and do whatever they want you to do which is yeah. which is not the case which is not a good environment to be in but a lot of young people get suckered into that because they want something so bad and mm. I don't know I don't know if that made sense but yeah <laughs> I think that makes sense yeah I think um, I I think the system's a bit fucked at the moment honestly anyway yeah um, but I think there's always been. Mm. A very strange attitude towards <laughs> that. Mm. But like, in also being a woman in like the art world as well, is mm-hmm. that kind of have you felt you know at a disadvantage at times, or have you felt you know because I know, well, because I'm not like coming from like a not a very arty background. Mm. I know because I know a lot of people who I went to uni with they did um, like fine art, and I know a lot of friends who did fine art. But like, it's usually like. When you hear that in your head, you're like, oh, I'm doing fine art. You think like, oh, okay, well, like, that's that's quite interesting. But you don't really think like most people are going to take it any further, but you have. Yeah. And, but you obviously not in a fine art back. Well, you did fine art for a bit, but you've kind of... I hated it. Yeah, you've gone your own way, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think I think being a woman in any kind of creative um, discipline is difficult because you're constantly having to fight against the idea of you're doing it as a hobby. Mm-hmm then if you actually get a modicum amount of success doing it, you're seen as a bit of a ball breaker. Perhaps you're a little bit more of a manly woman mm. because it's like, oh, all right then, you know. Or you've got the opposite. She's one is, of the good ones, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's one of the good ones, yeah. Um, or which is like you get the kind of, I don't know, the, the most amount of kind of obvious, really easily explainable misogyny is when I'm doing street art and I'm literally on the street. Yeah. Because you get catcalled, beeped at, Disbelief. I mean, the guy the other really day. Still. Yeah. Well, mm. Did you do that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this. Yes, I'm just. I'm. Li- I'm literally doing it. I'm standing in covered in paint. Giant tiger. <laughs> yeah. Dressed like a dickhead. 
like Mario, yeah. covered in paint with a paintbrush in my hand. I don't believe you did that. That's and eventually I have to go. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay that you don't believe that. Have a nice day. And then bizarrely, I was painting Mim Shop, and this really surprised me. But a woman came up to me, mm-hmm. and she—I was up a ladder at the time, and she put her hands on my ladder. And I thought, oh fuck, like that. This is—if someone puts their hands on your ladder, mm. they're either trying to kill you, yeah, or they're the pervious pervert. That is a bit. Either way. Yeah, you sort of break. You're kind of you're suspicious and you're like, what the fuck? It's danger. <laughs> it's danger. Yeah. And she was trying to peer up because I had my headphones on. Because what I try and do is block out the noise of misogyny by just listening to really loud music. Because mm. if I don't hear it, I don't get hurt by it. Mm. But anyway, I sort of peered down and she went, it is a woman. And I said, yes. And she said, I'm really disappointed that you are not dressed more femininely. Because what? I want you to represent women. I thought it was a bloke. And somebody had said, no, it's a girl. So I've come to have a good look at you. I mean, yeah. But like, you're painting. You like, what? You not make it. Up, what do you want to wear? Like a frock and a gown and stuff like that. Like, why? She basically, yeah. I my mean, my days, man. I know. So sisterhood's fucked too. Jesus Christ! Like, yeah. a, as if like the balls on that person to kind of like like grab your ladder. <laughs> yeah, by the way, no, yeah. like I'm not sure if she's ever been on a ladder like high up. <laughs> But you know, you can although you you said you got headphones in, you probably felt like, hang on a minute, I did. Like, exactly. hang on a minute, like, yeah. this is this is a bit dodgy now. And you look down, I, was like, <laughs> I know you can't oh, make it, it up, could you? Oh, it is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Just that line itself. Oh, it is a woman. It's like, what the fuck did she expect? Was the target you point out was in was that one in Stenton? Yes, it's been yes. painted over now. Ah, but I fixed it in time because it the paper fell off the wall. Did oh, yeah. I tell you this? They didn't know anything. So what what we did is we did a big um, we did like a big collab, and it was five girls, and we were all making a comment on female safety on the streets, and it was covered by the BBC. It was a really popular one, mm. um, and great, you know, brilliant. But because we'd done a proper production, which is not usual for any of the women involved, yeah, uh, we planned it all out. We each chose something that we were going to do. Mm-hmm. We shared our plans with each other. It was all brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and a, another a colleague of mine, Talia, had chosen to do these paper tigers pa- as paste-ups because we'd never done paste-ups before. Mm. And another artist in, in the group, Stomp the Holy Bone, she does loads of paste-ups. She was like, don't worry, we'll all do it. It'll be great. <laughs> and for some reason, only my tiger peeled off. But it didn't just peel off like, oh, she's put that up wrong. Yeah. It took the wood off. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. So I had to go back to the wall mm. and mend the whole thing. Like, literally mend the wood. Yeah. And then just hand paint it on. That woman who grabbed your ladder must walk past like, oh, <laughs> thinking, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Have, have you got a fanny? Because it's not very Is obvious. Why, why you got a chisel? <laughs> Yeah, mental. Yeah, no, fucking hell. Like that's just that, I'm, that, that's floored me. That that story, of that woman, just. I know. That's incredible. It is. It was unbelievable, and like I. Is that more? I suppose cat calls just. Yeah, it's just very like. Obviously, I, I don't know the feeling. Like it's just kind of. It just must be like so kind of frustrating and kind of like oh, yeah, fuck off. Like just instantly, you're just in your head like piss off. Yeah. But like, was that in a way more frustrating because like she's just yeah. She has an ex- expectation of what you should be like. She knows better. Yeah. She wasn't behaving with solidarity. She knows she knows that 
you've got kind of three types of, oh shit, I'm a woman and I'm in a scary man situation. The first mm-hmm. one is I'm being catcalled. Mm-hmm. So whilst annoying, and some of the things that people say are hurtful, it isn't actually life-threatening. Yeah. Second is, oh, I'm being sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. i.e. people are trying to touch me mm-hmm. and I'm actually in a really vulnerable position I can't do anything about it. And the third one is I'm being violently assaulted, which is, oh, people are pelting me <laughs> or stealing my shit. Like, that's yeah. another thing that we have all the time. So, like, she fucking knows. Mm-hmm. So for her to say, like, I want you to perform more as a woman mm-hmm. was upsetting because she's either never faced any misogyny or she wanted me to kind of say it with my chest more. And I was already doing the best I could. Mm. I was up a ladder on a very, very, like single-handedly painting a wall in yeah. a very male world. Like graffiti is very male. Yeah. Um, and the graffiti that isn't very male is anonymous. The people that, some of the, some of the most famous graffiti artists are actually women, mm-hmm. but they will never tell you that they're women because it's a secret. They mm. paint illegally. Yeah. <laughs> you won't see their faces. So... Spoiler, Banks is a woman. Yeah, spoiler, <laughs> yeah. I'm Banksy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I feel like she she must have known. She was kind of just either asking too much of me or she never had it that herself, which I just find impossible to believe. I don't know what she was It just thinking. sounds like it's just, she's going up there. Maybe, maybe she just knew you were a woman. She's going there maybe to antagonise you. I'm not sure. It's just, it's just Why would you? Bit... She really know, enjoyed yeah. the art as well. She was like, that's beautiful. Oh. Thank you very much. Where are really, these? that's beautiful. It's like, wow. You did that? <laughs> exactly. You, a woman, did that? <laughs> exactly. But no, it's just, fucking hell, that's, that's incredible. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's insane, I'll, isn't it? I'll probably dine out on that story. <laughs> I'll tell, I'll tell some people I know. Yeah. You're well, welcome to. It's, it's for everyone to hear. Oh, now. yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> forgot. Enjoy it. Oh, yeah, we're recording, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording a conversation, yeah. Um, you mentioned obviously when you moved back um, with your mum that was a difficult period as well like mm. and I know you went through a bit of a hard time with that like yeah. I'm not sure how much you want to talk about that but how much is, like it. how much is that because we, we spoke about it on the phone didn't we mm. and obviously in life obviously everyone has these experiences that make you sort of a bit better how what is well just kind of go from there really I think it's because yeah. it is, it's always a bit of a difficult situation going back to, you know, your parents' house. Or, always, yeah. But I've, your situation, it seemed a lot more harder, a lot more difficult <laughs> yeah. because, of, because of the circumstances, yeah. Yeah, so the circumstances were, my mum was an alcoholic and she, now I can't remember that, yeah, no, I must have done. So I moved back home after uni, jobless, um, before she'd gone into rehab, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it was after rehab, maybe it was after rehab. Yeah, it might have been after rehab. Anyway, doesn't really matter. She still was drinking. Um, And we'd got past the point of me being very angry with her drinking. And it got to the point where she really needed help. She needed emotional help. She needed help to try and stay as dry as possible, basically. And so I realised that actually moving home was kind of important. Mm. But as the years went on, and I did, you know, eventually move out and... I got married and got divorced. Life happened. Wow, yeah. It became more and more important for me to essentially be her carer. Mm. Um, And it kind of turned from emotional anxiety into physical dependency, constantly trying to get her help. Then she'd be dry for a bit. Then I'd, you know, go back for a bit. Um, And then toward the later part of her life, she became quite agoraphobic. And she 
started lying about drinking again quite massively. Um, and so she died um, about four years ago and um, three years ago. And yeah, it was, it wasn't, um, it was a huge surprise. Like I, I'll never not be surprised because she just looked like she was always fighting it. Yeah. It's never like she didn't try. She was always trying, but she just failed. Yeah. Miserably. Um, and it's, it's important to know that it's always a kind of constant battle with any sort of constant addict, so they, whether it be alcohol or drugs or anything yeah. like that. So they're always fighting that sort of fight. Like, absolutely. I remember meeting this um, ex-alcoholic once and he was just like saying, because I, 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 when I hear podcasts of people like talking about their alcoholism, mm. I kind of think like, oh, do you, do you, do you still kind of find it hard to go to the pub almost? Like, and he, he said like, yeah, first of all, it was really difficult because he's quite a social person and mm. it's just, that's where you associate obviously, you know, drinking and it's just goes hand in hand. It's just over time, it just gets, but it's just a time sort of process. And yeah, yeah it's just, yeah. Like I said, it's a constant battle with those people, with people like that, isn't it? So it's, yeah. And, and that's, think, that's what a lot of people don't understand. That people no. think like, oh, just oh, go of yourself almost. Or just, oh, it's easy. Why, why, you know? Yeah. And I think <laughs> it's funny because with addiction, the whole thing with addiction is, um, there is obviously the physical addiction to something, and then there's the emotional or mental addiction to something, but you have a predisposition to um, where you're fighting. You're mm. constantly fighting the urge, mm. and it's as much as it is um, a kind of mental illness as well as a sickness. So of course you make a choice every time you drink, mm. but as soon as you make that choice, that's where something else kicks in, and that's where the disease of alcoholism sort of yeah. kicks in. So it's quite important to separate the initial cogent choice of doing it and then what happens once you're in it because once you're in it um for example the people that say i have a drink and then i can't stop once i'm drunk or i make bad decisions when i'm drunk yeah watch that (laughs) yeah because that's something yeah be careful which you're not cogently able to control if you're if your agency of choice is taken away whilst you're drunk Mm. that's quite a dangerous place to be in Mm. um and I, so it's really difficult to explain to people that it isn't just as easy as that or simple. It's very, very difficult. Mm. Um, I often think about like just because I've never really been like, yes, you, 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 everyone knows someone's, oh, well, I want to have a drink, I'm out the window. It's like, yeah. just, you as, when you're younger, you're like, oh, yeah, they're crazy. There's this, that. Yeah. Like, as you get a bit older, you're like, yeah, you want to you watch that? <laughs> you wanna, if, as, as you get a bit older, I'm, I'm, I'm only 28, and you think like, even now when I have a few drinks, like, I'm kind of on my ass now. <laughs> I, could, I, think I know when I've had enough now. Yeah. I like to think I know when I've had enough. Yeah. Um, probably people, you know. I think we've all been in a but... situation where, like, we've gone through a period of drinking where we go, actually, I feel like I've got a bit of a problem with it. I'm going to stop for a week. Or yeah. I'm going to do dry January or whatever. Mm. And because you're being a bit more mindful about your drinking, as soon as you switch that, like, mindfulness on, you realise, oh, actually, I don't really like some of the habits that yeah. are kind of have happened over the years or whatever it is important to kind of wrestle that back because I think it's so socially acceptable um, as a drug of choice and it is essentially a poison. It is, yeah. Nobody really talks, nobody just, because it's, well, it's, it's legal, isn't it? You yeah. Just, like, you know, like, you'd see old fellas at Weatherspoons at 8am. Like, I know. Just, I used to manage a bar and it was kind of depressing, yeah. actually. Mm. You know, 11 in the morning and you'd let all of them in. Christ alive, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, but I think alcoholism is Yes, and mm. obviously one step. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. like, yes, that's mad. Because that's the thing was, 
because obviously during lockdown you think about loads of things like the mm. knock-on effect of loads of other stuff I remember because I used to get the bus into town like just opposite the Weatherspoons in Sherwood yes. and I always would see like these like the same fellas just like at the same time outside having a fag but it was just like before this was like half eight in the morning it's insane isn't it and it's just like I wonder where those I wonder how much those people have struggled and hopefully after this whole lockdown they've maybe gotten better but because they're yeah, at they home, would in. they would have yeah, just ordered in, yeah, just getting cans down. Yeah. And that's what my mum ended up doing. Cans in the garden, stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, or just in your living room or anywhere. Yeah. Exactly, know. yeah. Anywhere's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> as long as you've got a beer, yeah. But it's, um, yeah, that's, that's that's incredible though, like you had to kind of deal with that. Mm. How, how old were you had to deal with that? When you when, when she first started drinking. Yeah, well, how old were you when you, when you had to move home and then like just... Oh God, do you know what? I'll confess, I'm to... really shit with dates, so... We're not looking for exact take time. It must have been like early 20... I was like technically a mature student. So maybe I was like yeah. 25, 26 when I moved back. Still a very young, like just yeah. really young, like having to like look after your parent. Like, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. totally. Like I, I definitely missed out all of my 20s because mm. I started my business in when I was 30. So I divorced, I think 29 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I had about four months and then it was like right 30 I started my business. Yeah. Um, and I'm 36, about to be 37, so I've you know nearly had my business seven years. Oh, congratulations. Um, thanks. Um, so for the whole time mm. of since I was 15, really, I was looking after her. Yeah, and starting you said starting your business like four months, boom, 30, start your business. Was that always planned, or did that just kind no. of like come about like you sort of got up one day and thought, you know what, it's time to do this now or... No, it was mad. I um, I divorced, had no confidence, decided that I couldn't carry on not having the job that I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and a really dear friend at the time had said, do you know what, Nottingham's doing this thing called Real Creative Futures, which is part of the big house scheme, European funded, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Europe. <laughs> and... Um, they're doing a thing which is basically like teaching creatives how to be business minded so whatever you do creatively they can teach you how to make that into a business it's free you should go down and I was like oh okay yeah maybe I will and at the time I was living off a part time carer's allowance essentially yeah so I was like fuck it I've got the time I'll go down and it totally changed my life Mm. totally changed my life that's where I met George yeah I was going to say she she did the same program and this sort of like well proofs in the pudding like both of you sort of very successful um and I met loads of people and uh, I was able to network and I learned new skills and everything that I needed to know, <laughs> they told you. Yeah. Like, this is exactly how you do it. Now, here's your choice. Go and do it. Mm. So, yeah. That's fantastic. And it's like seven years on, you've thriving. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's fantastic. Like, because of obviously looking... Obviously, everyone give her a follow on Instagram as well. We'll plug that at the end. But, like, you're not just like, well you kind of completely went against your old teachers so like one style is your own like you've, you've completely like so many different styles and it's really incredibly talented um, how did the like obviously a passion for hip hop anyway you love hip hop music but how did you did you know some of these hip hop artists or did you just like start drawing and sort of designing stuff and then yeah. they, they just one day just caught notice or it's exactly that yeah it's pretty much that yeah yeah I, I I like I knew I didn't have any content for my Instagram and the only way of creating content was to draw something that I was passionate about because mm. that's when your work's the best isn't it so I was like well I'll do a little bit of like social justice stuff maybe a bit of feminism but really I love hip hop and I love like grime culture and I love you know 
every, the every day, basically, yeah. even food. Yeah. So I was kind of doing that and, it, and didn't realise that what I was doing was kind of like knocking on the door mm. of that culture and saying, hi, because <laughs> I felt like I was, you know, just sort of going, oh, here's a little nugget for you. And mm. <laughs> I like this, here's a nugget for you. But I was rewarded tenfold. Like I can't, you know, I, I can't be happier with the way that I was welcomed into mm. um, hip hop, essentially. So yeah. yeah, I had a little DM from Farrah Munch. I've got a voice note from Erica Badu. Yeah. Um, not a big deal. <laughs> like, exactly, I, not a big deal. I feel so like really blessed. Mm. Really, really very blessed. Who have you, who have you sort of, uh, time for a few name drops, who have you... Uh... Farrah Munch, a voice note from Erica Badu, but I didn't paint for her. Um, I've worked... Kind of for Big Nasty, Blue Cheese mm-hmm. Clothing, Your Old Droog, Matt Homie. The BDL stuff. Fahim, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm friends with Lordy. I haven't worked with Lordy, but we might work together in the future. We've done, we've done lunch. <laughs> we feel we're friends, you know, I don't have to work with it. Yeah, we're just great mates. Um, I did an International Women's Day post for No Lay, um, mm-hmm. and I was sort of in her video, her pussy video. <laughs> it was like a bit of a thing. Yeah, loads of people yeah I'm very blessed and it seems like a bit of a snowball effect like once one comes mm-hmm. like another because like just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and like just your list of contact grows as well like, yeah, yeah yeah and I think um I kind of have always said this but I think it's even more important it, it truly is 90% of the person that you are and then 10% talent yeah like people want to work with you if you're a decent person yeah exactly um and word will then get around that you're nice <laughs> and then mm. people find it funny and you know and all the rest of it so yeah. that's actually how you get work because that's the first thing people say oh you, oh, you worked with um, Emily I see how, 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 she, how she is a person and then like she's actually sound like she's boss exactly. like, she's really, it's like they probably would have think like oh, if, you're, if you're a bit dodgy then it's, well, yeah dodgy not the right word but um, like I've worked in fact recently um, there's a particular artist who's mad talented but he's such a knob I'm, I actually feel sorry for him and, oh really yeah and he loses work over it and he's like mm. you know people are like oh well we would have hired him but we met him and he was really rude <laughs> it's like yeah so we, we met him <laughs> we would have but we met him yeah yeah so in what way is he kind of a bit too cocksure? Is like this? Obviously, we won't name names, but like I've got no idea, mate. I mean, I I, I don't know why people behave like that, and I mm. don't think I don't know whether he's unaware mm. or whether he has kind of had a peak in his career and now he's having a dip and he's angry about it. Yeah, you know that's a classic that happens. Or maybe he doesn't like the new school, or maybe he's jealous and he doesn't deal with jealousy very well. I've got no idea, yeah. but you know, I've had to work with him and. It, he is a really difficult person. Yeah. You know, and you think, what a shame, because he's super talented. Yeah. And he's got loads of ideas, but he's just horrible. Like. Just goes to show, be a nice person. <laughs> just be a decent person, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, totally. But like, um, he's, he's oh, I don't know, it's really strange. You get that with anywhere. Like, just, exactly, I was just about to say. Most, every sort of, everywhere you've worked, like you get the, the knobhead and you think like, Always one knobhead. How the hell, like... Nobbids always seem to find a way. I don't know. Don't I don't. I don't know how. Like it's really strange. I think it, it's like spare socks. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, like a spare sock will turn up. So will a knobhead. Yeah. Maybe like a couple of pigeon eggs because you never see them either, do you? Yeah. I remember once having a job interview for like when I was 
like 17, 18. Like, yeah. obviously, I don't know what to say in a job interview. Like, yeah. I'm fucking 17. Like, I've, I've worked <laughs> at, no I've worked at like Tesco on the checkouts, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and he's like, kind of looking at me, he's like, kind of, you know, they do the pen swirl. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, and he's like, yeah, I see you work at Tesco. And then, like, um, I remember just saying after the, end, the interview, because it was quite awkward. Sure. And I was just like, um, oh, so it slipped out. I was like, oh, when do I start? And he's like, I'll tell you what, son, I like the cut of your jib. Because <laughs> he was a proper no. knobhead. Like, he was just like, you know what? He's a knobhead. Because <laughs> he must have thought, like, this is a cocksure prick. Like, he's hungry for it. Yeah, this is self centered, like, <laughs> assholes. <laughs> just saying, oh, yeah, when do I start? Yeah. <laughs> but as I do, like, you meet, um, I'm just trying to think of, I would just say, yeah, just knobheads in general. You know, a really good example of this is teachers. Yeah. If you think of all the teachers that you had in secondary school, mm. I'm telling you, there'll be a few that are not. Yeah, see, look, you're already rolling. Yeah, I'm rolling my eyes. Just just flashbacks of some pricks. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So mine was Mr. Donlan. Fuck Mr. Donlan. Shout out uh, Biggie D. He Fuck was you. racist. Yeah. Um, he was obsessed with dictating in a modern secondary secondary school. Um, he was obsessed with the Nazis and World War Two. Like literally taught no other history apart from was, killing was, each other. It wasn't on the stimulus. <laughs> it, wasn't, it, wasn't, exactly. it wasn't on the. Uh, like, honestly, we were probably supposed to be like learning about the fucking Vikings or so something. So we're supposed to be learning about uh, history of medicine. <laughs> no, 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 fuck that. <laughs> fuck penicillin. <laughs> kind of, I'm trying to think of other teachers I've I've had. Like who would, I remember this English teacher once. This guy, like yeah. he just did. I remember we were doing this a review of a like an Xbox magazine page. Yeah. And we were supposed to do like creative, like what do you see, like what, like okay. like what are they trying to sell, like what's like in every single facet of the front page. Yeah. I remember writing it, and he was like, "All right, heads down, guys, we'll do this." I wrote mine out, and I was like, "I think I've covered all bases." I was like, "Ah, oh, sir, I've finished mine." And he was like, "No, you haven't, Liam. You've not, you've not finished. You're like, I haven't even finished." I was like. Well, like, does it mean that I'm not done? Like, I've just, I've tried to do everything. Give me a chance, Dickhead. Wouldn't give me a break. I remember my mate who sat next to me. It was like, it was like the classic, you know, um, he was like the favourite child. Yeah. It's like, he goes, oh, yes, oh, shut up. He goes, oh, oh, Lewis, I'll oh, have some caviar. Here's yeah. this. Oh, you're fantastic. You're brilliant. And I was like, I was like, fuck's sake, sir. I was like, what was his name? Shut Mr. Gaskins. Mr. Gaskins. Gaskins. Horrible yeah. name. Gaskins. But he's, I remember bumping into him in a Tesco a couple of years back. Mm. Well, I say a couple of years back. It's been about 10 years since I've left school, so probably the year after I left school, and it's probably... What, did, did you say to anything? I just said, uh, he probably said, oh, hi, hi Liam, I was like, nice oh, to be fucking right. now, aren't you? You bald bastard. But yeah. Like, I remember there's, like, there's so many teachers. There was a teacher we had, he was head of our year, he was like a uh, poor man's Frank Lampard. <laughs> he was a semi-pro footballer, <laughs> and oh, he no. just... I don't know, he just, it, it was just very, he was very, favouritism, like, big time. But haven't we just hit on that thing that makes you evil, which is unfulfilled potential. Yeah. Like, you feel like you were supposed to be dot, 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 dot. Yeah. And actually, you've ended up dot, mm. dot, dot, and so turns you into a dickhead. Yeah, exactly, Poor yeah. man's Frank Lampard. He was, yeah, because he was okay, but he was like, you think like, you know when you think, oh, actually, they're quite sound. They're yeah. Right. And then they'll say something, you're like, actually, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> you're <laughs> like, you prick. Like, yeah. I'll just have to ruin it. Like, when they reveal themselves. Yeah. Because I'm still friends with like um, uh, one of my, like he was a TA when mm-hmm. I was in year 11. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think he was 21 at the time. So safe as fuck. So he was yeah. safe as. Yeah. And I've, st- I've stayed in contact with him since. And I was like, I always talk about this. The guy's like, I was like, this fucking prick. And he, was, he, goes, <laughs> he goes, mate, no, he's sound. You don't. I was, like, I was like, come on. You no, don't understand. No. Like, you don't understand. You weren't in my shit. You weren't. Yeah. There. You, you weren't had favourites. You weren't in the weird. shit, yeah. But, um, 
teachers like in general like a lot of people like housemate like co-host he's a primary school teacher mm-hmm. like my younger sister's a primary school teacher yeah. primary school teachers are just nice like usually just no, like act. I can't agree with you oh wow I'm so sorry controversial yeah I had um, an evil primary school teacher called Miss Blaney who hit children Miss Blaney yeah and she had a hunchback and horrible toes so I know what you mean yeah 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 and particularly like our generation you know teachers they're nice they've been trained properly mm. but actually me experiencing primary school no mm. not a shot teachers now have like a, a really really difficult job yeah they We've do because we bumped into one of our old PE teachers mm-hmm. at a beer fest yeah it was um we just got to, oh hey Mr. Mapp like just got chatting to him because he was he was sound at school and we were just like talking like oh what's the, like obviously he's still at the same school as well like 10 years on because like, he I think he start he he started when I was in year 10 so he wasn't like wow. there we didn't I didn't have him that long um, I think he was my BTEC sport teacher or something he was in charge of that but um, he was like fairly sound he was quite a senior member of school like head of PE and head of sport yeah. but we, we bumped into like, what's the like, biggest challenge now he's like yeah just phones phones and just kids like you, if, if you say anything now he's like it's just really like my housemate I won't go into it fully but like mm-hmm. his school his primary school he's had like so many problems recently like really like big problems that's year six it's really kids. hard I don't know yeah. how they do it Teachers, I really don't and as well like because um, he just good things you met him before he left but like talk about this all the time when you see people I always I always ask his opinion when I see people we know who are like saying oh I'm going to get accepted to be a teacher sort of thing and like and he says they're likely think it's going to be like sunshine and rainbows they're going to be like it Mr. or Mrs. Yeah. You know, Smith like oh my god you know like mm-hmm. the kids are going to love them but like it's not like a easy job you can get into. Like when they say like those who can't do teach, like that's obviously a joke, but yeah, it's a very difficult job. Like yeah, it's those that can't do teach definitely have to teach people who don't want to learn. Yeah, like that is really difficult mm. with mm. no support from the government, no legislative support, funding cuts. So mm. you've got to try and teach somebody something with literally no materials and no support. Teachers have been mental, neglected like more to, like the public services like obviously people in like NHS and stuff like yeah. that they, they were like had their sort of everyone clapped every every week for a month and yeah. then oh yeah they're, they're, they're a part of the problem is and then but teachers especially because well it's been it's it just been seems... so much longer as well like my, my friend who's a primary school teacher she's been going into school and dealing with children who are grieving essentially mm. who are scared who don't know what's going on who don't understand the virus who want to touch each other and they're told not to touch each other mm. It's the social. That's ridiculous. It's the social side of it as well, isn't it? Of course, because it is. you don't, especially for teenagers as well. Yeah. You don't know who the hell you're going through. All sorts of like, you know, adolescence, you know, puberty. Yeah. Like, it's just you're going through all sorts. It's like yeah. just a you know wall of like face of masks or the yeah. room of masks sort of thing. But yeah, the social side of it must be. I'm so glad I'm not a, you know teenager anymore. Like just yeah. in school, but like actually, I had a fucking great time in school. But like. I was still a bit of an idiot, <laughs> but anyway. But um, no, it's, it's yeah, school, <laughs> school man, <laughs> the teaching game. But what would like? Because what advice would you give for people like obviously who studying art and because like the perception because I got from my friends who did art at university. I know they've gone on to different things now, but mm. I can imagine like with me when I said to people like older people oh I'm studying radio production at university they're like oh wow what are you going to do that's, that's interesting like, in the, but like with art mm-hmm. a lot of people just say like oh just a phase or oh, it's three <laughs> years of you know 
Yes, there is a lot of that. Um, Taking drugs and experiments. <laughs> well, you know, let, let's not put too fine a point on it. I think a lot of further education is for people who go at the kind of age that it's supposed to be. It mm. is about socialising and leaving your hometown and taking drugs and meeting people that you've never let, you know, met before. Yeah. And it kind of... I'm not saying it doesn't matter what degree that you do, but... Because, um, of course, it does. But it is kind of less about your education. But what I will say is people who really enjoy their degrees and really do want to learn from the degrees that they've chosen um it's really valiant mm. yeah <laughs> and and grasp it with both hands and don't um you know realize that whether you think that you're paying for it or not just recognize that you you're getting a very high quality of education mm. um but to trust your instincts because if there is something that you don't like doing at uni, yeah. the chances are you'll never do it when yeah. you leave uni. No, exactly. And the chances are you won't have to do it. No. So do the bare minimum to mm. get through that fucking module. Yeah. The bare minimum. Yeah. Just get it. And then once you leave, then you carve out your little life. And I think the thing is, and this is kind of truer, I think, nowadays, because I think we're going to have a bit of a retrograde situation, which is that unless you know the rules you can't really break them. Mm. You can have a go at it and you can probably get so far without mm-hmm. knowing absolutely anything, but you will get to a point where you could be here, I'm doing a high hand for the people at home, Yep. or you'll end up actually just kind of here and yeah. you'll plateau and you'll bottom out. Middle ground and stuff. And, yeah, and yeah. I think um, what's great about getting an education or educating yourself on something which is kind of integral to your craft is if you really get to know it, You'll kill it. You mm. will kill it. People are mad impressed. Mm. Like, because of some of the theory stuff that I did, because I've got a diploma in art history as well as loving hip-hop, my knowledge is is informing my paintings in a completely different way mm. from anybody else in my field. I don't know, maybe in Nottingham. I'm sure there are loads of other people that have had <laughs> education, but I'm talking about it and I'm using it to my advantage. And it does give me an advantage. So... Um, I would say people at uni to trust their instinct. What I'd say to the people who aren't at uni, don't have any money to go to uni, don't want to go to uni, you can still do exactly the same thing. Yeah. You just have to be a lot more mindful about how you educate yourself mm. with what you need to know. And that's fine, like, because a lot of people, there's the, there must, I remember when, I say when I was, when I ran the edge of when I, when I went to uni, it wasn't that much pressure on it from a, mm. from my standpoint because I just um, went because I thought I was going to miss out. Right. I didn't go for um, any yeah. sort of educational purpose. Um, but yeah, like if you don't want to go to uni, that's fine. I think that's that's okay unless you're like being pressured into it. But I think it's fine too. Yeah, I think you could just you know find your own way. And you still like you forget how young like a lot of people go to uni. Yeah. Like you're very very Tiny. young. Like, yeah. Yeah. And. Like you think like it's the classic thing when you that age you think you fucking know it all but you you know you know jack shit yeah because I thought I had it figured out when I went to university but it was just obviously obviously okay. not yeah because I, I I went for the piss up I went for the absolute like you I, did I, the right thing and I don't I don't regret it like because no. when people say because I, I we spoke about this on the phone didn't yeah we, we like, did I sometimes wrestle with like ah oh, should I have like kind of because I look at my friend who's who left uni. Oh, he didn't even go to uni. He left college. He got into like a job. Like he's he does what he does, and he earns very good money from it. Now he's got a house. He's got a very comfortable life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think from what he said, he's like maybe like regrets not going to university because not not going traveling because he did have a full time job, so he had like responsibilities and stuff. Yeah. But 
I don't know because it depends how you look at things. Like if, because most most things are just measured by money. You see those memes all the time, like oh, mm. Frank went to university. He's now in a hundred thousand pounds worth of debt and all this stuff, and he has an entry level job. Like mm. whereas Dave, you know, he's an apprentice plumber now. He's earning X amount of money. It's like it's all like money based. It's never like oh, is who is who's happier though? <laughs> like it's just like oh, because my bank balance is a lot bigger. I think you've got two yeah. choices in life, haven't you? You either you don't really know what you want to do for a living and you don't really mind. So if yeah. that's the case, go and get the highest paid job that you can tolerate mm. and make sure that the time that you have off, you spend it really doing all the things you fucking love. Exactly. Or you can't tolerate very many jobs. Mm. You're happy not to earn a lot of money. Mm. So go and do your hobby as a job. Yeah. Go and do the thing that you love as a job. Mm. Um, and everybody in between, do the in-between. Mm. You know, get the most tolerable job, do the hobby the best you can, but you probably won't be able to make enough money off one or the other. Yeah. You know. Um, but it's just down to the individual. It is, isn't it? It's like, because it, it, also social media does this thing as well, because if you if you feel like you don't have instant success... It's bullshit, Everyone feels it? like, oh my God, I'm failing, I'm doing this, I'm doing It's like, so I'm, much bullshit. Like, what would you... Because some from, like... You've it's been a real marathon, not a sprint, and like yeah. you'll probably say yourself, you're nowhere near to kind of be. You're not done, are you? You're still definitely keep, not. Like I'm at very, very early stages in my business, and yeah. actually, like the reason why I'm doing it full time and taking a wage isn't actually because I've got to the point where I feel financially more comfortable. It's because my mum died, and I was mm. like, oh my god, I got to take a break, and I just obviously don't have a carer's allowance, and I obviously don't, you know. So I had to take a break and it forced me to do the things that I well, didn't want to do, but um, yeah. kind of had to pepper my job and support myself in other ways. So it wouldn't have been a very good business choice to like go, yeah, let go of all of these five yeah. jobs that I've got. You know, I did cleaning, I did teaching, I did workshops, I was a carer and an illustrator. I did, I had five jobs. Mm. So it's like, you know, I would have just carried on doing that for at least seven years. If I had it my way. Would you emph- emphasise like to any young person like starting out doing whatever like, illustration or art or whatever, like just the importance of sticking with it, like because I think I've, I think I've, if you love doing something, you'll stick with it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because I know this guy; he's a, he's a tattoo artist, and like mm-hmm. he was, I remember he was he was on this thing called the Ponder Blog, which I was on as mm. well. Um, and my mate does, and he was like just you know. You, you gather your own momentum by just like going with it sort of thing and obviously he loves he loves what he does yeah so it's just if you obviously it's pointless if you if you kind of stick with something you're like oh, I don't really mm. like this it's, there must be a bit of a weird realisation if you do that but as long as you love it then if you love it then you'll be fine mm. it will be it won't even be a thing you'll be getting up at seven every morning you'll be doing it you know the whole thing will just snowball it exactly it won't be an issue yeah no but um but no, is there anything else you want to sort of bring up or like to sort of talk about like any, we said any plugs, any sort of, <laughs> I don't where, know. where can the people of Nottingham see your great work, like the murals and all that stuff? And because I know the one, the title was in Stenton. It's now been painted over it's now. Been painted over. Like yeah, so you can't see that anymore. But um, if you go onto my Instagram, which is Emily Catherine Illustration, mm-hmm. um, or my Facebook page, which is Emily Catherine Illustration, or my Twitter page, which is EC Illustrates. You will see the pictures of that wall and other things. Or if you just want like a more general overview, then go onto my website, which is emilycatherineillustration.com. Um, and my YouTube has got some like speed painting videos and it's stuff like that. Time lapse thing. Yeah. 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 So, and there's there is really exciting stuff that I can't talk about that is about to drop, which 
if it comes through, then it will be the most exciting thing of my career to date. Oh, wow. I know. Cool. Which is really frustrating that I can't talk about it. That's exciting, though. That's kind of floating on the cusp of something really like... And does that, obviously, without too too many details, was like... Mm. Is that been how long has that process been like from from start to finish? Um, it's been maybe three months from start to finish. Oh, wow. And actually, I didn't know. <laughs> was was that was day. that the deadline we were? It refer- was. Ah, yeah. so yeah, so yeah. three months from start to finish. But actually, I didn't actually know what it was for. Mm. So it's a good start. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting. Mm. Yeah. That's exciting though, yeah. So exciting. You'll have to tell me off, off air. So. I will, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys, yeah. Just, sorry, everyone. Um, but yeah, if you follow you on social media, then you'll find out, so. Exactly. Exactly. So, so follow, exclusive. follow, 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 yeah. <laughs> but no, thanks, yeah, I appreciate your time and obviously um, so for coming for on. And, yeah, I know, obviously, do, do you said like when you get requests to be on podcasts, it's mainly about hip-hop and stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. actually been really refreshing. Yeah, oh, I fantastic. Don't have to geek out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Because, well, I didn't want to, because we spoke on the phone. Yeah, we had a big old geek out. Yeah, just talking about music. And I, I know a lot of people, like, my friends call me a bit of a music snob, like, and they don't really... I know, but what's wrong with being a music snob? Yeah, I, I, I've got good taste. I know that. I know exactly. that's an arrogant thing to say, but I've got good taste. But I, it's not an arrogant thing to say. You might change someone's life with a track that you recommend. That, yeah. That, that is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I love sort of finding out new music. People who yeah. like like recommend new music are so important to like your life. Me too. I thank my shout out dad to um, like my music taste because... Yeah. I'm probably a bit like I'm definitely his son because like he he has the same opi- he has the same sort of opinion because like, <laughs> yeah. if he doesn't like it then it means it's shit like me it's like, <laughs> it's like oh, have you listened to that I was like no I was like oh, well you like no I'll just save time <laughs> I'm, I'm totally the same and I, and I love listening to new music but I get real beer in my bonnet if I don't like something I'm furious about it yeah because you wasted your time and yeah and just... I and sometimes I love the artists that I'm listening to and and if they go and make like a you know a sideways album. Yeah. Well, you're like, what the fuck is that? You should listen I... to you should listen to Neil Young. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because he's like the kind of the master of that sort of thing. Like, right. completely like chucking up what he's known you think for. You know someone throwing away, throwing it away, and then like David yeah. Bowie as well. David Bowie's a classic one for that as well. And you know, if you sit with the albums, then you eventually get used to it, and you then they're the albums that you usually go, oh my god, that was genius. Mm. But on occasion, there are people that just disappoint you, and you just like, yeah. I'm not cool with this. Well, you said about the J Cole thing. You've, yeah. not, listened, you've not listened to J Cole yet. Have you yeah, still not I listened? Can't. No, I can't. two weeks I'm after. Still, I'm angry with him. I'm angry <laughs> with him. You know, it's it's not. You're listening, Jay. <laughs> yeah, can you yeah. just sort it out? Just sort it out, mate. Yeah. I I did get your point though when you said like because he is hyped up to be this like kind of Biggie Tupac kind of character like with in terms yeah. of his music like musical presence and I do I, I must admit I do like his new album I've ne- but that was the first album of J. Cole I've really listened to okay. like back to back so I've never listened I've only listened to like some like bits of him did I ask did you listen to Buster's new album no not yet I would recommend that you listen to Buster's new album I'm adding that because now. if you listen to the original one mm-hmm. then I think you might like this more than the J. Cole album I think I'll, I'll add that to my thing Put it this way, on a Facebook status, I put, Dear Mr. Rhymes, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm suing you for damages, for wrinkles to the face, because I've spent the entirety of your album with a screw face. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I spent my whole, literally, it was me, like, for the whole time. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a screw face. 
Mm. Oh, yeah, sorry. You didn't see that. You didn't see that, but she's screw face, yeah. Everyone do the best screw face. But I, I, there's a band I listen to called The OCs, okay. which I, my dad got me into again. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we saw them live. I've seen them live here in Nottingham. I saw them live in uh, Clapham, I think, last couple of years before COVID, before yeah. we can go to fucking music, live, live events. And I remember afterwards, I was like, just, I don't know, something kind of really weird comes over me when I listen to a black band. Like, just they played, because they've got like this live album, and I think they played like, the same song at the end. It's like 15 minutes long. They've got two drummers. And I was like, I was just like, this, I, was, I remember just like, who's better? Who's the fuck's better? I was like, this is fucking brilliant. I was just like, proper, I was up. proper pumped up. And like, yes. I remember that because I told you the guy, Rob Delaney, sat next to us, the comedian. Yes. And he was kind of like, having a good time, but I was just like, fuck yeah, mate, yeah. So into it. I was like, yes. I was, I was like, proper like, fucking seething forward like that. I was just like, I love it. I love it when that happens, though. It's just you get so into it. And just it's, it's oh, I love it. That is the beauty of music. Mm. Um, there's one song, and it's weirdly, it's it's by a band called Mott the Hoople, mm-hmm. which is an old school 1970s like prog rock band. Yeah. And it's called Sea Diver. Sea Diver. And um, I was listening to a Desert Island Discs podcast or something. I can't remember who it was that was being interviewed. And it was one of those ask, things yeah. that you have like in the background. Yeah. You're not really. And on the podcast, what they do is they just play tiny excerpts of the songs. They're not allowed through licensing. Yeah, I love Design Discs. Like, it's, I actually, I've not listened to it in ages, but I used. To, I remember when an old an old teacher of mine actually like introduced right. introduced it to me. I was like, he goes, oh, as if you don't know what it is. I was like, I was like, mate, I'm only nineteen. <laughs> like, it's great. It's a British institution. It's it's fantastic. But um, this tiny little like, excerpt of this song came on, and I thought. I think I might love that song. I'm not sure. Mm. Prepare myself, steal myself. And I played it all the way through and I really like concentrated on it. It will make you want to do a poo. It will make you <laughs> want to cry. Okay. And then it will sort of, you'll get bored at one point, but you're kind of weirdly okay with it. And then it, you're left at the end feeling really soothed and quite like, oh. huh. like weirdest experience. Just listen to the whole thing. What would you compare it to? What people would know? What, would you what another song? Or yeah, anything? like band, like what they sort of like, or because they have to say like well, prog rockers. God, I don't really know. Should I Google? Google them. You would Google explain them. what the hoop. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of other like I love listening to. Um, I love a good live album. Yeah, absolutely love a good like because I know people are like, why would this? I much prefer to see it live. Yeah, yeah, but I still like love the yeah, sort of like, that's great. what people have. That's what people have missed like li- listening to live music as well and watching yeah. live music. So. I love a good live album. I always listen to The Who live at Leeds. Glam rock, hard rock. Sorry, I'm just I'm now reading the definition for Mock the Hoople. They're an English rock band formed in Herefordshire. Oh, that's where I was born. Mock the Hoople. Mock the Hoople. Oh, Mock the Hoople. And they they changed their name um, to Mock the Hoople in 1969. They released albums throughout the early 70s. They failed to find commercial success. And they're considered glam rock and hard rock. So you want to search for the track Sea Diver. Sea Diver. Sea Diver. When I heard the thing, uh, here we are, Mot the Hoople first, first, first one straight away. But um, you ever seen the film that when they said like not commercially successful? Have you ever seen the film Anvil? Yes. That is a great. Exactly. That's a great film, and they're a great band. They're a re- <laughs> how the hell are they? Well, when you watch the film, you realise how they didn't make it because they're. Like absolutely, like the, well, the lead singer is just completely taps. Like, just, yeah. but they're a great band. Like, and they were like, when you hear Metallica talk about them, they're like, just. Yeah. I'm not a massive heavy metal fan, but like, no, I really no. enjoyed listening to them, and I've got a couple of their albums. But 
also what's another great music documentary it's, oh it's called um, Dig it's about Brian. you know remember the Danny Warhols mm. the band that like, cause the, the band it basically is about is called the Brian Jonestown Massacre yeah they're one of my favourite bands of all time they're yeah. absolutely brilliant I've heard them they're good and the guy Antoine um, oh what's his name I keep thinking Anton Dubeck, but it's not Anton it's Dubeck at all. It? It's Anton something, and it's basically about how many times they've like nearly got there, but like the band is just like really <laughs> capitulated. Like a someone a talent agent would come and see them, and then the fucking the guy would just have a fight with his band on the stage because they're not in tune, they're not like to his oh, standards. Nice. But like they're an amazing, amazing band. Like they'll play like ten hours straight, like with a room for like fifteen people and stuff like that. That sounds incredible. But because they were friends with the Dandy Warhols, they can get all these these connections. Yeah. But they were a far better band than the Dandy Warhols. It's like basically about like the destruction of like what could have been like one of the best bands. Like, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that they never kind of made it because exactly they're not a spe- like they're more special yeah. because they didn't make it and they're exactly. an oddity and like a an intrigue. Mm. Like you get that with visual artists, mm. you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I would re- definitely recommend that music documentary, Dig. Great. Because my dad had it on DVD. I've not seen it. I've not seen it in years. I've got to watch that myself. That's sick, yeah. I can go on and on about music for, I to, for absolutely well, we ages. Did yeah. phone, we? we did, yeah. We just kind of sidetracked completely. But um, no, we'll, we'll finish it there. But yeah, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks like, so um, much uh, for having me. No, you're, you're very welcome. And I love the podcast. I'm really excited about like where it's going to go and mm. I'm sure, I think you're going to blow up pretty soon it's brilliant oh thank you very much really thank you for kind words yeah no it's, um, I've had, uh, recorded another guest last night my friend I'll, obviously I won't tell now but um, yeah like just really sort of the last couple of weeks with like I remember I had like three guests in a row like George and like Gabby and then um, Wade from Donuts yeah yeah like that was like <laughs> that was one thing like oh shit like three back to backs like this is it yeah. a triple so um, yeah just really enjoying it and like the whole I won't go on and on about it, but like, yeah, this basically just came from me losing a job and yes, exactly. Kind of getting that's the kick up my ass that I needed because so these things start. So they start, yeah, Ooh. and hopefully, yeah, to the moon. So it's, yeah. But anyway, yeah, thanks for coming on again. Um, yeah, thanks for your kind words as well, and hopefully everyone enjoys this as much as I did. And you know, I think um, yeah, young people as well, if they're kind of struggling to what they're like, especially in like art background as well, I think yeah, really benefit from it as well. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Um, make sure you follow on. All your social medias, want to plug them again, just in case? Uh, Instagram, Emily Catherine Illustration, same as Facebook, and my website is emilycatherineillustration.com. Absolute pleasure to have Emily on the show. Um, really interesting conversation, and just for a really, really interesting person. So make sure you check her Instagram out, all her socials and stuff like that. And I um, uh, hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I hope you guys enjoyed all the interviews that you just listened to again, um, because, yeah, they were just really fun to do really fun to get different people on the podcast as well like creative like i'm not going to say a fellow creative because i don't know just i run a i, just, uh, I run a kind of rink dink podcast but those these these people are genuine creatives like all three of them and they're they're fantastic in their field so really really um appreciative of having them on and really grateful for it as well so um make sure you guys go check them out on their social media whether it be you know if you're a poetry fan if you're a fan of poetry or the written words or if you're a fan of um, a couple of artists as well, because Gabby Kenny, Gabby Kenny Art as well, and then Emily's, you know, just a formidable, formidable force, and just she's a fucking genius with the like. Ch- ch- I highly recommend checking out her social media because she's a fan. She's a brilliant artist and a fantastic, um, 
muralist. She's, she's, she's fantastic. She's just brilliant. She's fantastic. They're all brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'd like to say another a special thanks to those three for coming on and agreeing to do the podcast because, like I said, you know they're helping me more than I'm helping them. But they were really kind to share the podcast afterwards and share with their their following. So couldn't be more happy. Couldn't be more grateful for that. And um, yeah, hope you enjoy, hope you guys enjoyed part one of the best of the guests podcast um, sort of end of year to sort of a bit of a wrap up um, so I hope you guys enjoyed that and I hope you guys will enjoy part two of the best of the guests with all the men the male podcast the, the male podcast the male um, guests so that will be featuring Reese Chapman film director Tyler Goodjohn bare knuckle boxer fucking my mate Connor Johnny Hucker Wade Wade Smith the um, creator of um, Donuts in Nottingham as well and apologies if I missed any off, but yeah, another big slide. I know this is a big episode to listen to, um, uh, so maybe you can listen to it in chunks and stuff or whatever. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed this one. Hope you guys enjoyed the guests this year. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for following and supporting the podcast. It genuinely means the world. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for part two of Best of the Guests. <laughs>